Well, here we are. It's almost 10 o'clock, but here we are. That was St. Almost Fire by John Parr from the movie St. Almost Fire from 1985. And some of you don't know that John Parr also did a hit song called Naughty Naughty from around the same time. But this was his best-known song. And uh, if you take a look at old videos of John Parr from around that time, the mid-'80s, he's one of the oldest-looking guys. I think he was like 34 years old at the time. He's like one of the oldest-looking early-mid-30 guys you've ever seen. So you'd picture 30 years later he'd look about 80, but he doesn't. He actually looks pretty close to the same as he did 30 years ago. So it's funny. He's one of these guys who just kind of aged really early and then kind of slowed down. Well, what happened tonight? Why are we starting at 10 o'clock instead of 7.30? I'm in a secret location. I, I hope you guys can hear me okay. I'm not on the usual equipment. When I'm at a secret location, I can't bring the setup that I have from my normal location because it's too bulky. So I have to bring this little portable setup, which is not as good. I'm being told the audio is fine, which is great, so... I had some internet problems over here. Well, first, I couldn't start till 9 just because uh, I wasn't available to get where I could do the radio until 9 o'clock. But starting around 9 o'clock, I had some internet problems. And uh, you never know when you're at a secret location how the internet's going to be. Some of you might remember when I was in Mammoth, where I'm not right now. I kind of wish I was because they just got five feet of snow. But I'm not in Mammoth. But over there, I actually had to really go through heroics to get internet at all. Here, I had internet, but it wasn't working, but I was able to adjust some things and make it work. I think we'll be fine for the remainder of the show. I'm not at a ski resort. I, as I said, I, I probably should be. Usually this time of year, in early to mid-March, the skiing is mediocre because it starts to melt already, but they just got five and a half feet in the Sierras. We are going to have Brandon tonight, probably. Uh, he said he'll probably come on sometime around 10.30, which normally would be pretty late in the show. This time is going to be at the beginning of the show. So we'll probably pick him up. No guarantees. I'll give you the agenda tonight. This is not going to be an eight-hour show uh, because we're starting so late. And I, I also have things to do tomorrow morning. So I, I can't stay all, up all night doing this show. But it was either this or no show at all. So it's one of these things where you just got to take what you can get. And remember, I'm doing this for free. I lose money on this site. So I, I try to get this done. I try to really bend over backwards to bring the show to you every week. Once in a while, it doesn't happen. And once in a while, we have to start at an irregular time or an irregular date to get it in. Here's the, well, before the agenda, let me do three, the uh, normal opening stuff. So we have a free roll starting in five minutes. It was delayed twice, but it's starting at 10.05 p.m. Needless to say, it's probably not going to have a lot of people. But uh, 10.05 p.m. Pacific time is the free roll. It's a $60 free roll. It's listed as 50, but it's not going to be 50. It's going to be 60 because we got a last-minute donation from someone I didn't even know named Wombologist. I don't know who he is. He's been registered for about two years. He has two posts total, which is... Uh, Actually, both today. I guess he never posted till today. But great. Thank you. Thank you for the $10 Wombologist. So that kicks it up to 60 So before we just had $50 from Sam Sneed, 
Now we have $60 because one baller just gave $10. It takes place on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find in a tab near the top of the screen. You need a separate account on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. And to read all about the free roll and how you qualify for the free money, go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. Exactly as it sounds, all lowercase. The prize pool tonight, 30 for first, 12 for second. Oh, actually, it's the old prize pool. Let me change it. We will make it... I hate doing this on the fly. No, we'll keep paying three spots. I only made it three spots because we're going to have a, a smaller crowd here tonight with a late start time. So I'll make it uh, 35 for first, uh, 20 for second, and 5 for third. <laughs> there you go. Kind of a top-heavy prize pool. 35, 20, and 5. That's a new prize pool. So you actually, thanks to one biologist, now whoever finishes third place is actually going to get less money than before he had donated. <laughs> so the third place finisher could be angry at one biologist for getting stiffed out of $3. He, he donated and we're actually paying out less money for third. But now first and second get a lot more. Second actually gets $8 more. So 30, 5, 20, and 5 is, is the new price pool. Starts at 10.05 p.m. It's got 25 minutes of late registration, so you have until 10.30 to get in there. If you want to call the show, phone number is the same as always, 775-372-8355, which translates to 775-FRAUD55. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. Mount Charleston is an, it's a mountain that is near Las Vegas. I have an old 70s rotary telephone on top of Mount Charleston that forwards to wherever I go. That phone number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. No matter which number you call, make sure to show your caller ID or you will not get through. You can also chat in the chat room during the show. Click the chat button near the top of the screen. And you need a flash-enabled device to get in there. You need a forum account that's validated and in good standing. Otherwise, you cannot get in. No iPhones and no iPads. They just will not work with the chat room because of the flash. The chat room is populated only during the live broadcast. If you're listening in the archives, don't bother. We have the call to listen line, which is very useful. Very, very useful to listen to the show if you don't have a good internet connection or a good way to listen to the show through the internet. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. If you forget that number, it's very forgettable, go to the radio tab on PokerFraudAlert.com, and it's listed there. 712-775-8162. That's the number you just call up and hear whatever is on Poker Fraud Alert Radio at the time, whether it's live or whether it's our streaming reruns. So... It's something very useful because it does not cost you any data. You don't need the internet. You don't need a smartphone. Any phone, no matter how old, it could be 100 years old, any phone that can dial. If you call 712-775-8162, you can hear the show live. You can also use that number when we're streaming our reruns. We do that when we're not live on the air. We stream reruns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 
where it just picks a random show out of our library of what's now near 200 episodes and runs one as if it's live. It's kind of just a cool thing to catch a show the way it was broadcast in the first place. It picks a random selection for you. And I'm seeing the call to listen line is used a lot more. You can also listen through the TuneIn app. If you get the TuneIn app, T-U-N-E-I-N, you can listen live to the show through the TuneIn app or listen to the archives. Go to episodes individually through the TuneIn app. You can also catch archived episodes through the Stitcher app and through iTunes or just directly from the Poker Fraud Alert server. Just go to the radio page and you'll learn all about it. I like providing a lot of ways for you to listen. I have a friend who does a radio show, a real radio show. When I say real, I mean it's on a terrestrial station. But to be honest, this person doesn't have a very big audience. We have a bigger audience than they do. It's on a very small station. And I tried to listen to her show today when I was driving, and I was unable to because the only thing her show supports to stream live is the TuneIn app. So I went to the TuneIn app, and the TuneIn app, it requires a lot of free space on your phone, and it crashes easily, and it's got some issues. So I, it wasn't reliably working for me. So I said, screw it, and I turned off the show. And I thought, wow, it's too bad she does not have the number of options to listen as Poker Fraud Alert does. And she's on a terrestrial radio station. But we actually have probably the most listening options, both live and archived, than any radio show I know of, whether internet or terrestrial or satellite or any kind of radio show. We, I give you a lot of ways to listen because the most annoying thing is when you want to go listen to a show and there's something getting in the way where you can't do it. You don't have the right equipment. You don't have a good enough internet connection. The, the app isn't working right. The site isn't working right. I hate it. It pisses me off. I hate when I try to struggle to listen to something and I can't. So I don't want this to happen to you. That's why I put a lot of effort to set all this up. And if there's something else you want me to set up so you can listen to it, let me know, and I'll see if I can get that on, too. You can email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, or you can text me. Yes, I didn't mention that yet. You can text me anytime, whether before, after, or during the show, at the same phone number as the main show phone number, 775 775- 372-8355-775-372-8355. And that's also the number to call me. And someone's calling right now. Let's just see who it is. Caller, you're on the air. Dan. Yeah. Uh-oh, turn Blake. off the radio. Turn off the radio. Yeah, I'm turning it off. Turn it off. Have you, like, is your show on a delay or something? Well, uh, the show was delayed. We're, we just started here around ten o'clock. I've been I've been trying to listen to your show, and you spent the last at least ten minutes giving out phone numbers and talking about all the ways I can listen to the show. I'm already listening to the fucking show. Okay. Well, well, who is this? It's Lyman. Lyman, I, I thought I recognized that voice in the 323 area I want code. the actual show to start. I'm ready for the actual you know, I, I, show. I, I hate to say it. Look, I, I've gotten this criticism before that the intro's too long. But uh, I have to say that uh, a criticism from you about the show dragging too long is kind of uh, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough with the drops already. I mean, 
when does it you I mean, I'm about to start I mean, you're delaying you you calling in to complain about the intro is making the intro longer how, how the fuck are you about to start you spent 10 minutes saying that I could dial a number to listen to the show well, well do you, you have that option I, I, you don't have that option do you you don't have that option I don't need that option oh People yes you do my, my audience like knows how to listen to a show. They can actually tune in and listen. No, see, the more options you give to people to listen, the bigger the audience will be. So that's what I'm doing. I'm giving a lot of options. Well, Dan, I want to believe it or not, get the laugh track ready. I actually want to listen to the show, so play the laugh. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to start it, but you realize every second you're on here complaining about the intro, it's delaying the show more. Okay, talk about something interesting. I'll call in if it, 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 and okay. like maybe like I'll, add something to it. Talk about some fraud. I'll, I'll, ma- I'll make sure as I do the show that I, I keep in mind that Lyman's listening and I have to impress him. No, you don't. No, I just want to actually hear a show. Okay, well, it, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It will happen. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. That's Lyman, who's kind of. Uh, I don't even know how to describe my my relationship with Lyman. It's. Uh, I've been on his show before, and all we do is yell at each other. That's really all we do. Like, I, I come on his show, and we spend, like, an hour and a half yelling at each other, and his chat room bashes me. That, that's how it goes when I go on his show. And now, this is the first time he's called into my show, other than the one in, interview we had with him. And uh, he's giving me a hard time for not starting. So, okay. Okay, Lyman, I'll start. Here's the agenda for tonight, and then we will get to the meat of the show. Now, I, I, I feel under pressure now. I feel like if I don't start immediately, Lyman's going to get mad at me, which, which shouldn't matter, but somehow it does, like, a little bit. So, here is the agenda. Poker Stars is going to have a very large free roll. Poker Stars is going to have a free roll where they are giving away... One million dollars. They really are. And this was announced before. This is an act of contrition by Poker Stars because of what they did to the Supernova elites where they didn't give them their promised benefits for the two years that were promised. They only gave them for one year, and then the second year, which is this year, they stiffed them. They, they gave them much less, which was wrong. So this is their one act of contrition, is a million-dollar free roll, uh, which is ridiculous on many counts, but uh, wait till you hear the entry requirements to this free roll. All I can say is when I tell you the entry requirements, I'm sure your response will be... <laughs> I know I couldn't believe it when I read it. Amaya CEO, David Bezoff, you might remember, put in a bid to take Amaya, which is PokerStars' parent company, private. And that made the Amaya stock price, which had been falling, 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 it made it recover. Not recover back to where it once was, but it made it stop falling and it made it rebound somewhat from its low point. And it's kind of hung there ever since. Well, Haley Hintz, a very good poker investigative reporter who writes for FlushDraw.net, has come up with a theory that this was all a big bluff. And I'll tell you about that when we get to that segment. Well, the times are changing. Grinders are no longer valued on poker sites. They are seen now as kind of a nuisance. Online poker sites want fish. They want recreational players. They do not like people who just sit and grind and grind all day. Even though these people pay the most rake, they decided that these people are not good for the poker economy. And as a sign of the times, Tony Bet, which is the poker site owned by Tony G, 
and 888 Poker are separately introducing new loyalty programs which are aimed to benefit the recreational player and get away from traditional rakeback. So we'll talk about what each of these are doing and how that's an indication of where the whole rakeback model is going to go very soon, everywhere. Well, Lyman said he wanted to hear about some fraud. We will get to some fraud. That is, that's going to be about Canadian poker player Shakib Kazimipur. I think that's how you say his name. He's accused of scamming not just one, not just two, not just five, not even ten or twenty, but 50 different poker players. Actually, maybe more than 50. Like, there's a, a two-plus-two thread where everyone's coming out with their horror stories about Shakib Kazimpour. He's from Canada. So if you if you want to hate Canada, if you're just someone who hates the country of Canada, th- this is a reason to get angry at them. This is a reason to put down all Canadians. If you want to hate people like uh, Adam Schwartz and Terrence Chan, the two Canadians who do uh, the 2-plus-2 two two poker cast, this is a good reason to hate them, because one of their countrymen did this. And uh, I'll tell you about that when we get to that segment. There was a bot that was at Harris Las Vegas called the Texas Fold-Up 6-Max Bot. It was a game you could play, a casino game that was in the video poker section. There's only one machine, but you could play a six-max limit hold'em game against five computerized opponents. The rake was brutal, but the five opponents were really, really bad players. So people like me have been trying to come up with ways to beat it despite the horrendous rake. Well, we've talked about that on this show before, but the new development is that the Texas fold-up six-max machine has vanished. It's gone. No more. Not only not at Harris, but not anywhere. It does not exist anywhere in the world. You can't play it anymore. I will give my theories as to why it disappeared. And I'll tell you a bit about the elusive creator of the game that I'm trying to track down, and maybe you can help me. And when I say I'm trying to track him down, it's not, not for anything sinister. I'm not going to do anything to the guy. I'm not going to harass the guy. I just want, I would like to talk to him. I'd like to interview him on this show. I think it's a very interesting game. I thought it was a fun game, and I'd like to know if it has any chance of coming back to casinos. So I'll tell you a bit about what I found about this guy and his obsession with patents. He loves patents, this guy who created the game. I told you on a previous show, I think last week, about a Caesars Buffet promotion where it was actually a pretty good one in Las Vegas, where if you earn 50 tier credits, which is only $500 coin in at a machine, or 250 coin in at a slot machine, then you get a free buffet. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good benefit for putting in very little play. You know, $500 coin in, in video poker, or 250 in slots is not very much. I'm not saying lose 250 or lose 500. I mean just cycle that much through the machine, which happens very fast. You get a free buffet for that. Well, not anymore. Even though the promotion is supposed to go to March 31st, it was ended abruptly for no reason on March 4th, but it's still alive in a certain way. It's still secretly kept alive. Well, this week was kind of light on poker and gambling topics, at least ones I found worthy of discussion. There are some pieces of news about daily fantasy sports in certain states and legalization of online poker in certain states, but I stopped doing those stories. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it's getting boring. 
There's 50 different states in our United States of America, and uh, it gets boring over and over and over to talk about, okay, well, this state now is talking about making daily fantasy sports legal or illegal, or this state is exploring legalizing online poker. Well, that, that, There's so many of these stories, and so many of them actually go nowhere, where even if the story itself is interesting, like 10 minutes, le- not 10 minutes, uh, uh, 10 weeks later, it's, it's a non-story at that point. It's died. So I don't cover those topics unless something really big happens. That's my new rule for myself in 2016. So that's the end of our poker and gambling topics for the week. Thank you for listening. Good night. No, I'm just kidding. We have some general topics. If Brandon comes on, we're going to talk about what he discovered. We had a long argument. I shouldn't say argument. I should say debate. We had a long debate last week regarding whether or not Brandon could take a show on 1400 AM KSHP in Las Vegas and have a hit show on there. And I was explaining to him it has like no listeners. It has literally zero ratings, and he just would not be able to do it. No matter how talented he is in radio, he would not be able to do it. So he told me he thinks he could, given some time. Well, he did some research. I'll tell you what he came up with. He made a discovery. I'm not going to tell you what that is till we get to the segment. A shocker in Michigan occurred. Bernie Sanders outperformed a poll by 23 points to win the primary. He came in 21 points down in the polls released the same day as the election. It's the biggest deficit in a poll that anyone has ever made up in U.S. history. In primaries. Never, never has there been a primary for the presidential election where somebody has made up a deficit in the polls like that. And Bernie Sanders did it. We'll talk about what happened there and why that happened. Marco Rubio, his campaign seems effectively over after a pretty bad showing the last two primary days. And finally, a lot of talk about socialized medicine again. This was first discussed about 25 years ago in the U.S., and I remember debating with people about this in college. I said that I didn't think it was a good idea. Well, here we are 25 years later, and it's really, really a hot topic. And Bernie Sanders is very, very much championing the socialized medicine reform. He wants to have that in the U.S. where all health care will be completely free. Of course, nothing's really free. The government would pay. But that is Bernie Sanders' proposal. I will tell you what I think would happen if socialized medicine came to the U.S. and whether I think that's a good idea or a bad idea. I think you could probably guess what I think, but you'll hear the reasoning when I get to that segment. That's our show for this evening. You never know what else will come up, who will call in, or what we end up doing. Once again, this will not be an eight-hour show or seven-hour show. This is going to be a shorter one. But by short, I don't mean an hour, especially since we've spent about 45 minutes already doing the agenda. (laughs) No, actually, it wasn't 45. I, I think I spent about 20 on the agenda, which is pretty fast for me. I'd say the show will probably be about four hours or so. That's what I'm aiming for. T-Buck27 saying, call Ken Scaler. I'd like his take on socialized medicine. Like, I can tell you he's for it. I can tell you something else about Ken Scaler, though. He, he taught me, not intentionally, but he kind of unintentionally taught me 
about uh, various flaws in our existing medical system, which I, I already knew some of them, but he showed me some loopholes in it that are really not good and need to be reformed. He didn't show me intentionally. He just kind of showed me because he used those loopholes. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I never thought of that before. I saw Ken Scaler a few days ago. And uh, he has a, a, a very big beard now, which I guess he's had before. But he has a, a long beard, and he's going gray now. So you, there's a lot, a lot of gray in his beard. And I'm fortunate that I don't have much gray hair yet. I'm uh, 44 years old, but I don't have very much gray at all. I don't have any gray in my beard. I have a little of my sideburns, and that's about it. But Ken Scaler's got a lot of gray in his beard. I mean, that's the least of his problems, but (laughs) that's the biggest change I noticed when I saw him. I mean, yeah, he kind of looks like a bum, and he, he... he looks disheveled all the time. That, that's his main problem, but uh, that's always been the case. But he has a long gray beard now. It's almost getting to be like Santa Claus. All right, so uh, let's get started here. Poker Stars has a free roll. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing that happened with the Supernova Elites because that's a long story, and I've, I've done it many times before. Trader Ruski wants to come on. Let's slap him on here. Trader Risky, hello. What's happening, Jeff? And you know, I, the uh, the Northern California guy told me earlier that he'd like to come on too. So let's just add him, see if he's around. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. It was perfect timing starting for me. Although I don't know how long I'll make it. Northern California guy, you here? I mean, I it shows he's here, but. I don't know. What yeah, mean. I'm here. Oh, you're here. Oh, good, good. I was, I was going to hang up on you. Sorry, you guys were just a little soft. No, okay, okay. So uh, anyway, welcome to the show. So we have uh, we have everybody except Brandon. We have uh, we have Trader Ruski. We have the uh, the new Daredevil. We have uh, everybody except Trader. Uh, not everybody except uh, Brandon. So uh, have you guys seen? I haven't explained to you. Have you guys seen the details of the million dollar free roll yet? No, I haven't. No, you're you're gonna laugh when you hear this. So, so this is what happened. Uh, Supernova elites on Poker Stars. There was their highest tier on there. That's people got that if they played like an insane number of hands, and then you would get like very very high rake back for being a Supernova elite. And Amaya, the owner of Poker Stars, in an attempt to basically cut the fat out of their budget and uh, stop wasting money, they realized that they're giving away the farm. To players that don't really deserve it. They, they don't really want these grinders because they just take money out of the poker economy because they're winning players. So they realize, like, why are we rewarding the most the people that are taking money off our site? So they, they've been phasing out loyalty rewards that, uh, that are benefiting regular grinders. And w- whether you agree with that or not, uh, that's what they're doing. So the most controversial decision they made, as most of you probably know, was the decision to change the Supernova Elite benefits starting January 1st, 2016. And the reason that was such a big controversy was that when you earned Supernova Elite, it was a two-year thing. So you'd get benefits for this year and for the following year. And the following year, you just had to maintain a very minimal amount of play. Well, minimal compared to what you had to do to earn it. 
uh, to maintain those excellent benefits. So it was seen as like a two-year thing. And uh, so, so what the player's point was is if you want to degrade the value of Supernova Elite for those that have already earned it, then at least let the full two years pass, and then on January 1st, 2017, then you can change what you want, and then at that point it's, every, it's up to everybody if they want to re-earn it. But it's not fair to those that spent all this time and effort and maybe money earning it just to have their promised benefits be taken away midstream. I, I totally agreed with that. That was a, a big blunder on the part of PokerStars, and just about everybody outside of PokerStars itself admits that. Even Daniel Negreanu admitted that. Well, Negreanu went to bat for the players and tried to get that reversed, or at least delayed for a year. And uh, at first he was talking about maybe even resigning if he wasn't successful, but ultimately he was not successful. Ultimately they told Negreanu, sorry, we'll agree to disagree, we're not changing it. And they basically released a big FU press release to the players, even mocking them for their attempt at a player strike that didn't really harm poker stars at all. So the only concession that was made, the only concession, if you want to call it one, is that Poker Stars said, in order to pay back the players who are going to be getting less rake back as a result of our change on January 1st, we're going to ha- hold four different free rolls during 2016 of $1 million each. Now, the laughable thing about that right away is that this is not a free roll for the people who are Supernova Elite that got screwed. This is a free roll for everyone on PokerStars. <laughs> so that, that doesn't make any sense. So, so a small group of players on there get screwed, and then they hold a big free roll for the hundreds of thousands of players on there. That, that doesn't, or maybe millions of players. That doesn't make any sense. Why, why everyone should share in these million-dollar free rolls. If anything, these should be for the people who are affected by this. But they're not. So, uh, of course, these, these players, uh, many of whom were high-limit players, or high-volume players, uh, laughed at a gigantic free roll, where a million dollars sounds like a lot, but not when you, you, you have many, many thousands of players, or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of players. That's a, uh, the equity for each person is tiny. So, of course, that was a laughable act of contrition, for everything that happened. It's a joke. In fact, it's pretty clear that they're holding these not to make up to the supernova elite. They're just doing this as a promotion and claiming, oh, this is to make it up to you. So it it would be like you go to a restaurant and they screw you in some way and you complain. They say, oh, guess what? Uh, Next week we're going to be having uh, 10% off everything on the menu for anyone who comes in uh, to make up for how you got screwed. Uh, you say, wait, wait a minute, why are you doing that? Why not just give it to me? <laughs> if you give it to everyone, then it's a, it's a promotion for you. It's not something you're giving back to me. So that's what the players said, and they were right. But that, that's not the funniest part. That's not the dumbest part. This, this, so at the time this was revealed, which I think was like, I don't know, November, December, some, sometime they came out with this. I, I forgot exactly when, but sometime a few months ago. So this is old news, but here's the new news, is that the first free roll is actually going to be taking place. And the details about it were uh, beyond laughable. Okay. So, here's how it goes. On March 19th, well, before I get to this, did you guys ever watch, uh, you you probably didn't, uh, Northern California guy, because you're pretty young. 
I mean, the station still exists, but it's not the same as it used to be. Uh, Trader Ruski, did you ever watch WTBS in the early days, like in the early 80s? Uh, yeah, that's what the – is that the Cubs uh, channel? No, that was WGN. That, that was the Brave, okay, the Brave channel. Okay, that's the Atlanta channel. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta right, right. Yeah. So, right, and they, they were the first station that was uh, – they would run like a lot of reruns of old sitcoms and old dramas, and uh, and they were like a kind of a national channel, even though they were a local Atlanta channel. Uh, most cable systems were carrying them, so they called themselves Superstation WTBS. So yeah. the the weird thing about WTBS was that all of their shows didn't start at the top of the hour or the bottom of the half hour. They started at something oh five or, or thirty five. So it's like. Okay, Sanford and Son, this evening at 7.05 p.m. Everything was 0.05, which is so weird. So that was that was when they started all their shows. Well, Poker Star seems to be taking a cue from old WTBS, which now is just TBS, by the way. If you see TBS, which everybody has on their cable system, uh, that, that was old WTBS, the same thing. But they don't start anything at 0.05 anymore. They dropped that. Uh, Poker Star is even outdoing them, because on March 19th, at... 104 Eastern Time. <laughs> yeah, 104. I don't know why not 1 o'clock. It's 104 Eastern Time. Because this is not complicated enough, as you're going to hear. Uh, they will allow up to 100,000 players to take part in this free roll. Now, you would think that means you just register and up to 100,000 thousand players can register for this giant free roll and if you're lucky enough to finish in the top few spots you get paid pretty well no and you would think that when they say free roll that just means if you have a poker stars account and you're in an area where you're allowed to play on poker stars that you can just play without any money no <laughs> so here's how it actually is first of all in order to gain entry into the million dollar quote free roll you have to qualify via a special satellite tournament. (laughs) So these satellites are 90-player sit-and-goes where the top nine finishers win seats to the free roll. This is already getting complicated. So you can't just enter the free roll. You've got to to play the stupid satellite first, whether you want to to or not. This is what you have to do to get in there. You can't even buy your way in. You have to, to get in this free roll. You have to be the top nine in a 90-player sit-and-go. And what happens if you don't? Well, let, let me I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, what if you just want to play the satellite? What if you say, okay, fine, I'll play the satellite, and I'll, hopefully I'll finish top nine and get in the free roll. Can you do that? No. In order to get a ticket for the satellite, you have to play at least one hand of real money poker. <laughs> so uh, Yes you can sit at the very lowest le- level game Fold your blind And leave So you could sit at like a one cent two cents And fold your big blind for two cents and leave But but if you don't have two cents in your account You can't do that So it's not a free roll You've got to play at least one real money hand In order to get into this free roll Which is weird I guess they. I guess they want to make sure that uh, you've you've had money on the site at some point. I, I just don't understand why. Not, if they want to do this, why not just make it like 
that you have deposited or, or played real money within the past uh, one year or two years? Like, why not make it like that? If they want to exclude the people who've never, ever put real money on the site, fine. But, like, why, why make someone go sit down and play real money b- before they can do this? So apparently, once this was announced, like, you have to do this. It's not like if you've been playing for the last month, if you just don't play between now and the free roll, you don't qualify. So between when this was announced and the free roll, you actually have to go play at least one real money hand, which is dumb. Well, what if you don't cash? Or what if you don't uh, finish the top nine and don't qualify for the free roll? Do you have another chance? Yes, you do. You can enter the second chance. You, You can get a second ticket to the satellite. But to get a second ticket to the satellite, you can't just go play another real money hand. No, you have to deposit at least $20 and you have to do it with a special bonus code. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, come on here this is, this is getting so convoluted So if you want to try again You have to deposit $20 minimum With a special bonus code Not even to deposit $20 But you have to deposit 20 And make sure to enter that bonus code Or you can't play the free roll a second time The satellite to the free roll a second time If you brick it on the second try Then you cannot get in You just cannot play the free roll So you've got two shots at it Which to be honest is not that easy now, these are not going to be great players in these things, but still, finishing in the top 10% of any tournament is never easy. It, it requires some luck, no matter how good you are. Like, if you sat me down in these tournaments, even though I'd probably be against the number of fish, I'm not sure if I would be able to qualify in two tries. I could very well not run well enough to do so. So, if, if you get, uh, if you just don't get the cards, don't get the luck, take bad beats and brick both times, even after depositing your $20 to try a second time, that's it. You don't get to play this million-dollar free roll. So why are they doing this? Why? I don't understand this. Uh, so now that you guys have heard all the different requirements, uh, Northern California guy, how, how do you feel about this uh, free roll? I feel your equity would be much better in the PFA radio free roll. <laughs> you know, you're not even kidding. It is. We we have fewer than 100 people in the PFA radio free roll. You don't have to deposit. You don't have to play one real money hand. You don't have to do anything except uh, listen to this show. Or email Todd and say, I like show, show good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you trick me into believing that you've been listening for three weeks and you can qualify also. That's all you got to do here. And you have a real decent shot at winning the money. Yeah, I mean, this is a joke. The, the heroics you have to go through. This is totally defeating the purpose of holding a free roll like this. I, I kind of see what they're trying to accomplish. You know, encourage deposits, uh, encourage people to play real money, but they're just they're creating a headache for everyone. So what, Do you think a, they have so much traffic that they would really get more than 100,000 spots signed up for if they didn't narrow it down through satellites? Uh, maybe, but uh, what, what they could do is they, they could hold... Uh, Two, where, where the top half qualify or something like that. That would make sense. Like a, a satellite where the, the top 50% qualify and, and hold two of them or something. Or doesn't seem like it need to be narrowed down this much for 100,000 spots in this day and age in poker. Yeah, that's, that is a good question if they get more than Or they could say that, well, well hey, it'll be a free roll, just first come, first serve, 100,000 people. They, they could, I wouldn't complain if that was it. If it was just like... First come, first served. If first served, and if you're too slow to where a hundred thousand people beat you to it, then tough luck. I that makes sense. But <laughs> this whole thing with the satellite, and you get two chances, and you have to play one real money hand, and you have to deposit. Uh, 
it's it's absurd. And then, then why this weird 104 p.m. start time? Like, what does that even mean? What, why 104? The, what were they doing when they're sitting around discussing this? What were, what were they saying? So let's start it on March 19th at 1 p.m. No, 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 no. Not 1 p.m., 104 p.m. Oh, good idea. Let's make it 104. Like, what, why the 04? What's that even accomplishing? I don't get it. It's just weird. The whole thing's weird. So I don't I'll, get bet it. It, I'll bet it's some special code to, like, steam those players that went there and uh, had their meeting. Maybe they started that meeting at 104. <laughs> yeah, just trying to... yeah maybe, maybe it is to piss off the... Uh... Yeah, maybe it's something like they were supposed to meet with those uh, player representatives at 1, and then they started late at 104, and one of them made a comment like, oh, I see you guys started on time at 104. Like, ha-ha, okay, well, exactly. our free roll is going to be at 104. Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, it probably is like a needle on someone. If that's the case, I kind of respect it in a way. But uh, other than that, this whole thing is such a freaking mess. And, and keep in mind, this is what's supposed to be compensating the, the VIPs Daniel Negreanu actually wrote this with a straight face, right? I, maybe not. Maybe he didn't have a straight face when he wrote it, but he, he was trying to imply that he was writing it with a straight face when he said that these free rolls, these exciting free rolls, are going to be making up for what happened, at least partially. But I'm sure I'm sure he didn't know that all this was going to be part of the. No, free I'm sure rolls he didn't. He he, he probably feels a bit humiliated by this too. Like I'm sure people are giving him crap even more. Like he got a lot of crap over trying to help and not succeeding, which I thought was unfair. I thought that he tried very hard and he put a lot of time and effort into it and just because he's not the one who can ultimately make the decision he made a lot of effort to get poker stars top brass to change this and ultimately he it was not his decision he could not force it through but people got so mad at him just because he told a few people privately that he'd resign if he couldn't get it done and then he didn't resign well you know, well, they would have they would have got mad at him if he just sat back and let the company do their business anyway. So it was kind of like a lose lose for him. It was a huge lose lose, and like like I felt bad for him because he right he didn't have to do anything, and then when he did, he put a lot of effort into it, and he just got kicked in the ass for it. And like if you want to be mad at Stars for this, that's fine. I understand it, and and I think they did something crappy, but don't be mad at Negranu who who tried very hard just because he didn't walk away from his million dollar contract over over something like this. Uh, if he didn't walk away from the contract when they were like super using people or something, if they did something like that, then I would understand the bitterness in Negreanu. But this, this was something unethical they did to their Supernova Elite players, which I, I think was uh, not good. It wasn't honest what they did. It wasn't nice. But uh, it wasn't to the extent of cheating or anything like that. It wasn't something where someone would walk away from a million-dollar contract because this happened million dollar a year contract and you you can say oh he should have well let's see you receiving a million dollars a year to represent poker stars and and walk away over something like this you wouldn't you you can say you would but you wouldn't even i wouldn't like i i, I always like to say that i'm i'm someone who really would want to stand by any i'd stand by the players if they're being screwed if i was representing a site but like, I would have handled it like Negreanu. I would have really raised hell with the company over it and really tried to help. But I, I ultimately would not have walked away over something like this. Now, the only thing I wouldn't have done that Negreanu did do is I wouldn't have written a blog like, everything's okay and you guys should be okay with this anyway. Like, I, I wouldn't have written a blog with a tone he did where he was making it look like that uh, no one should really be that pissed off. Like, w- once he dipped his toe into that pool, he should have just 
kept swimming with it. He should have, if he's going to write a blog at the end, it should be something like, well, I tried my hardest. Uh, I personally disagree with the poker stars did, but there's nothing I can do. Sorry about that guys. And just end it right there. Like don't, don't, don't try to rationalize to them that this million dollar free roll is making up for it or, or nonsense like that. That just gets people angry. So that was the only thing I didn't like that Negreanu did, but everything else he did, I, I thought was, was great. I thought he really tried to represent the players there and went above and beyond the call of duty to try to help people. And a lot of people kicked him in the ass for it. I just, and I know some people listen to this show regularly are not going to agree with me and are, are really angry at him for it, but that, that's, that's my opinion on this. So, but, but this is, this is a ridiculous free roll. This, I don't know who came up with this, but unless this is being done to like needle everyone, this is a really, really dumb free roll. Uh, Trader Ruski, how, how, what's your opinion of this whole free roll? This whole <laughs> no, I agree. And, and it seems like it's just more of a way to convert free money players to real money players. They they obviously don't care about these players because they're, you know, making all the money and chasing away all their players and they're not making any money on them. So, Yeah, and, you know. and, and, and I don't understand. If that's the goal, why not say something like, okay, deposit a minimum of $10 or or have at least, either deposit this much or, or have this much in your account at some point in the last two months and you qualify for the free roll. And then just have it be like a, a free roll that everybody can enter, and if you win, you win. Like, what, what's the satellite crap? I don't get it. Like, what, why have right. people get well, shut out? Well, because they're trying to bring people up from, from, from play money, right? I mean, that's why they want people to deposit $10, and they're probably promoting it on the play money side and trying to move people over. Well, no, but I understand. Like, well, why not say, okay, you do that and you're in. Why a satellite? Why not just have it directly yeah, that, be in? Yeah, that's a whole other level. Yeah, that's, that's just, yeah, the whole thing's just so poorly done. So it's 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 laughable. Like, when I read about this, I couldn't believe it. Like, every aspect I couldn't believe from from start to finish with this thing. I, I Much worse than I ever expected with this. Was there a number put on, like, how much they saved – if they had done things correctly and given proper notice? Um, no. No, there was. No, I, I don't think it was ever put on. But it was probably over $4 million, I'm assuming. Oh, I'm sure it was, yeah. So maybe it was $10 million or $8 million. And also it wouldn't benefit. Like this, They think this free roll here is benefiting them. They're, they're just lying that this is being done to make up to the players. This is being done to, as you said, to convert play money people into – Real money people. Or, or if to, you're a yeah. supernova elite, it's probably not even worth their time to get. That's what I'm saying. Nonsense. I wouldn't do this. I, I would never play this. I like there are free rolls that I I get from playing on Bovada. I don't bother with them. They're 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 very small potato free rolls. It's it's not worth my time. If I'm going to spend that much time playing poker, I'm going to play my regular games. I'm not going to waste the time with a with a free roll where the uh, the chance of me winning anything is very small or my equity is very very small. Like like literally a few dollars. Like why would I do that? It's uh, I, like I don't fault anybody who's a recreational player that doesn't want to risk much money and just uh, wants to play things like that. That's fine. But for a, a serious poker player like I am, like these supernova elites are, that's no one. They're not going to play this. So anyway, that's uh, that's one thing that's happening with poker stars. Another thing that's happening is our other topic. Amaya CEO David Bezov. I think. And, and Haley Hintz thinks, that's, that's where I got the idea from reading her article on FleshDraw.net, that David Bezoff engaged in a bluff. A pretty good one, too. Are we missing someone here? Do we have, let's see, do we have a trader risky with me? I'm here. You're here. What about the Northern California guy? Are you here? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I, I heard like a silence. Like the, the silence scares me. I, I prefer to hear like a quiet background noise or shh. 
Like I hear that normally, and I'm like, okay, cool, everyone's here, and then it just goes silent, and I get scared. I feel like I'm alone in the dark. I feel like I'm. Five well, sometimes years... I mute myself when ah, you're talking okay, if yeah. I'm getting up, so I don't make it. I see. So you're the one scaring me. I, like I feel like I'm five years old, and and uh, the door to my bedroom is closed, and it's dark, and and it's just so quiet. I'm afraid a monster's gonna come out from under my bed. Like that's that's what I think when you when you turn off that background noise. So, but I, I hear it again. I'm I feel feeling confident again to continue. So, David Bezoff, the CEO of Amaya, made a pretty shocking announcement on February 1st that he is going to put in a $2.8 billion bid to take Amaya private. And that had a nice effect on the stock. And the reason it had a nice effect on the stock was that this bid was based upon 21 Canadian dollars per share. So people assumed, well, if if the takeover is going to be at 21 dollars per share, then and if this is going to happen, then if I owe it, if I own shares for less than 21 dollars per share, I'm going to make money. So of course the stock shot up. The stock had been collapsing. It had a very bad year in 2015. I'm uh, looking at the chart right now. And, uh, for example, on uh, June 23rd, 2015, right in the middle of the World Series of Poker, it was right around at 30 American dollars. And I, I'm going to do this in American dollars just because uh, the Canadian dollars jumping around everywhere. It's, it's a Canadian stock. And it's a Canadian company, technically, and it's uh, based in Toronto. But uh, I'm going to do this in American dollars just so everybody can uh, – and it's on the NASDAQ so everybody can get a better reference of where it was really going. So it was thirty dollars, almost twenty nine ninety one on June twenty third. It then kept falling, 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 falling. September twenty ninth hit all the way down to seventeen dollars eighteen cents. Then it popped. Forgot the reason why, but it popped back to uh, around twenty five bucks in early October. But then it started going down, 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 and the real fall occurred in uh, between November 9th and November eleventh, when it fell all the way down to a low of fourteen eighty. And this was because they admitted that they were not going to make the projections for what their profits were going to supposedly going to be. They're falling way short. And they they had this really weird, and we talked about it on the show, this really weird excuse having to do with exchange rates and the U.S. dollar. They weren't blaming the Canadian dollar. They were blaming, like, the euro. It was really weird because it, it didn't add up. It sounded okay if you didn't think about it too much, but it did not add up. And it, it turned out just to be an excuse. So... That did not fly with investors. It fell from what on on the ninth twenty three fifty six all the way down to fifteen uh, down to fourteen eighty on the eleventh. So huge fall in stock, and, and then it continued to go down. And its low point on January twenty eighth was nine dollars and eighty nine cents U.S. It got it was worth under ten dollars U.S. per share. So January 28th was when it hit low point. February 1st is when Bezoff made his announcement regarding taking it private. And, of course, it popped up immediately. And by uh, by the end of February 1st, let's get to this here. The end of February 1st, it was at 1293. 
So it went from 989 on the 28th to 1056 on the 29th, all the way up to 1293 on the 1st. Then uh, by February 3rd, it was to 1354. Then it went up even more, at uh, a little bit more. By February 22nd, it was 1407. So it's, it not only stayed up, but it went up a little bit more. And it got as high as 1484 on March 1st, just uh, eight days ago. That's a pretty good comeback. 1484 on March 1st, the Amaya stock, when it was down under $10 on January 28th. It's slightly more than a month. Very slightly more than a month. So that's almost a 50% gain. And this is all thanks to David Bezoff saying that he's going to that he's he put in a bid, and he did put in a bid, but it's it's not a binding bid. He put in a bid to a two point eight billion dollar bid to take the company private at twenty one dollars Canadian per share. Uh, twenty one dollars Canadian today. Let's see, it's right around where the stock is right now. Let's see, twenty one dollars Canadian is fifteen eighty four. Yeah, so you you see what I'm talking about. It's kind of hovering a little bit below there. So to where people you know, bought it when it was around ten dollars, people snapped it up because they think if this is going to be worth fifty uh, percent know, more very soon, we want to have it. Once it starts getting close to that, what what, what they'd be uh, buying it at in this uh, takeover bid, then at that point, it's, it's not worth uh, loading up on it anymore. So it, it propped the stock up. It, it basically raised the floor for Amaya. It was not going to go down, down, down anymore with everyone believing that it's going to go private and that it's going to be worth 21 Canadian per share very soon. Well, that was February 1st. Now we're on March 9th. So what the hell's happening with the takeover bid? And Haley Hints of FleshDraw.net thinks it was a bluff, which is very interesting. She thinks it was a very clever move by David Bezoff to stop the bleeding. Bezoff tried all the excuses about why the stock was falling, why their revenue was going to be less than projected, blah, blah, blah. Nobody was buying it. Everybody's saying, no, 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 this is a sick company. This company's not not doing well. This company's headed downward. People were shorting the stock. So this is Haley's theory, which I think is correct, is that Bezov never had the intention to actually do this. It was just to prop the stock up. And then they're just going to let this... They're just going to kind of let this uh, fall off. They're just going to let this kind of go away and let the stock sit for a while and, and let everyone get used to the stock uh, being worth that. It, it stopped the bleeding. And it did. It's been hovering over... $19 Canadian ever since he made that uh, bid of the $21 per share in the takeover. So, pretty smart. Pretty smart that he has to, he can make this offer that he's not required to see through, prop the stock up, and then just let it hang there and stop the stock from bleeding. And if, if anything, at least buys them time to right the ship. Very interesting. So... I'll say one thing. David Bezos definitely not an idiot. Definitely uh, has some clever ideas to keep this company afloat. Uh, Northern California guy, do you, do you think that uh, you think this theory is correct? That sounds as reasonable as any to me. 
But I don't really understand. On so on a private like takeover like that, once it becomes public, what does he have to do? Does he have to get everybody who owns stock to sell to him? Yeah, well, they well they're basically yeah buying up all the stock and uh, and also they don't have to get every every single. Uh, um, I'm forgetting all the exact rules of this, but uh, maybe the chat room can help. But uh, but basically, uh, w- once they buy up uh, most of it, then they they then they, then they basically have the ability to uh, to buy everyone out. So something like that. So uh, maybe the chat room can help with the exact details. Let's see what the chat room's saying. Um, Bobby Orr saying, I think what you're suggesting Amaya did is illegal, manipulating the stock price. Well, yes and no. Uh, it would be illegal if, uh, if, if this was revealed to be completely phony, then, then probably yes. But if he just said, I'm putting in a bid, but now I'm changing my mind, he has a right to do that. So too hard to prove. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bobby, you are saying that uh, once you acquire 33%, you have to declare your intentions. <laughs> Lloyd saying, Druff's honestly doing a decent job pretending the stuff he's talking about is interesting. I think it's interesting because uh, be- because this is a company, and you guys should care about this because this is poker stars. In fact, they're coming to the U.S. Uh, this month in New Jersey that that was really going down the drain. Their, their stock has... Fallen big time from in the 20s to under 10 in less than a year. In about uh, seven months it did that. And there were some predicting it's going to go under five. And, and there was no way to stop it. It was going down, 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 and every excuse they put out there and every claim they made was not affecting the stock price at all. And people are going short, 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 short on the stock, bringing the price down further and further. So... I thought it was an interesting move that was done here. And I, I wouldn't be talking about this if it was some random company. This is Amaya, the owner of Poker Stars in Full Tilt. So if you found it boring, then I, I guess it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Druff's honestly doing a decent job pretending the stuff he's talking about is interesting. <laughs> I guess that's good. I, I guess that's better than saying that I'm making a, an interesting topic boring, which some people can do. Some people can take something really interesting and then explain it in such a boring way you, you, you just fall asleep. Okay, here's someone who will keep you from falling asleep. Brandon Drexel Gerson, hello, right uh, around the time you said, sometime in the 10s range at 10.55. Welcome to the show. Are you, are you still streaming the Fraud Show? Yeah, yeah, still streaming the L- Fraud Show. And uh, Listen, uh, I'm sorry I got delayed. Uh, I was playing in a uh, sick bow free roll with that Hanson kid and he showed up late and then there was a big brouhaha where they eliminated him after the first sick bow had been rolled and then and then I got caught up because uh, Mario Rubio claims he's sending me emails from his living room did I tell you Mario Rubio he's been emailing me lately yeah I know Brandon has been sharing with me he's actually on the the, the Marco Rubio email list and I, I should get on it too because it's a funny it's email it's so fucking it, it's it, the funniest things that and, and whether you support Marco Rubio or not uh, the, the, the email no I did it for the lulls I yeah, mean, yeah it just... uh, whether you're on the, supporting him or not being on his email list uh, he's not writing this personally but he's writing some some funny things here I'm gonna 
I'm going to read the email that Brandon texted to me. This is a brand. I, I, I'm not getting these emails, but Brandon is, and he showed this to me. And I have to admit, this is this is comical. Like who's who's writing these things? I mean, okay, okay so this like is the average American read this and not laugh. Like, <laughs> is this effective? So this was Go sent. Ahead. This was sent on. Uh, let's see, I think it was on Monday or something. Well, something uh, yeah. The day I sent it to you was right when I got it. Yeah, it's around Monday, Sunday, something like that. So. This is from MarcoRubio.com. This is from supposedly from Marco himself. Brandon. Brandon, he's writing to you by name. It shows you how important you've become. Brandon, I am typing this email from my iPhone on the way back to headquarters from CNN, and frankly, I'm angry. (laughs) CNN just aired a completely 100% made-up report on anonymous rumors so as soon as I saw it, I made my way to CNN and demand to correct the, rec- the record on air. <laughs> so so just, just think about this. Marco Rubio is, is emailing Brandon and, and others on the list, obviously, in his car as he's zooming down to CNN headquarters. He's typing this up on his iPhone. He actually says this in the email. On the way... You know, actually, he's... Uh, I guess he I, no I'm sorry this is on the way back. I guess he had just done this. And on the way back home, he was so angry he had to type this on the way back home. He couldn't wait to get home to email Brandon from his iPhone. He said I told Wolf Blitzer that it was utter nonsense and frankly irresponsible for him to continue repeating the reports. Here's the truth. Marco just won all 23 delegates in Puerto Rico. Right, and then he starts talking right he, he the email starts with him in first person. Like <laughs> uh, you know you know what I'm saying and then yes. it's Mark yeah, and it's the truth. Marco, he says, I just won. But he said, Marco just won all 23 delegates in Puerto Rico. And a new poll today shows that Marco has a big lead in the critical early vote in Florida. So so the person typing up this email, obviously Marco did, doesn't send any of this stuff. This is this is all from his staffers. So I mean, do you agree, and I've sent you at least, I think, three of these, that it's it's almost insulting to an intelligent person to read it and believe it's true? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah he, they've sent out a lot of ridiculous emails, and this is probably one of – this is obviously not the main problem, but there's there's been a number of campaign missteps by Marco Rubio. So what, just to make it clear, what that actual email was referring to on Monday, uh, CNN had a report that stated that there was infighting from within the Rubio campaign. And some were suggesting he needed to call it quits right now just to potentially save his political career, that if he went any further – uh, it was just going to keep doing damage to, to him possibly being a governor one day, a vice president, you know, nom- nominee, or even running for president. And if he lost Florida, which he's going to do, by the way, uh, in yeah, six days, uh, then it's a ba- basically a, a death sentence. And he will just basically – his choices will be like you know, hosting a CNN show. Like he'll just be done you know, politics-wise. He'll never be able to hold a, you know, an office again. Um, if he gets crushed in Florida, which I believe the last poll I saw, it was like he had lowered it to about eight or nine points. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see him winning in Florida. Well, because so. he had such a bad showing uh, on this uh, past Tuesday, where he was just he got crushed this past Tuesday. This is, wor- this is his worst showing this uh, yesterday than anything he's had so far. Uh, that that does not bode well for Florida. So yeah, he's uh, you know w- when you lose a primary, it's not like losing the general election where it's very hard to come back from that and run again and win. Once you lose the general election, you're basically done unless your name's Richard Nixon. So uh, so 
I mean, he's won Minnesota and he won Puerto Rico. Yeah, so Minnesota was a caucus too. Yeah, so so if he does not, so what they're saying here is if he if he backs out now before getting humiliated in Florida, if that's what happens, then then maybe in, in four years and eight years, and of course he's still young. He's he's forty four years old. Then he can easily run again, and and have a better shot next time, especially being a bit older and, and wiser. Where, uh, but but he's forging on here. So that so yeah, I agree with Brandon. These these emails are are pretty insulting, especially when they can't even keep the person straight. Where it's it's starting off as him, and then it becomes oh, Marco this, Marco that. So, so they're just, they're just screwing up all over the place. They, they are funny emails. So anyway, getting back to the the t- we'll talk more about the. Who, who do we have on the line? I see that Trader Ruski on the. Oh, uh, and, and we have hey, buddy. We have the whole game. Hey, right? what's happening, Brandon? We have the whole game. I look at you again. You're all hopped up tonight again. <laughs> coffee at uh, 10 p.m.? No coffee, so it could turn into a fade, but I Uh-oh. am still going strong. <laughs> well, just don't make the herbal tea. That's that's the killer. And we have the Northern California guy? We, do. we have him. I.e. Uh, Daredevil 2? Yep. How are you, buddy? Oh, life's good, man. How are you, Brandon? Just like I said in the text earlier, Daniel Shriver of a goddamn subscriber. <laughs> Well, if you must, uh, if you must bring that up. Uh oh! What did he do? If you must bring that up, I, this wasn't scheduled, but uh, I'm going to have to. Well, I'll tell the reveal. We we got a, a new sponsor on, on uh, Poker Fraudulent Radio. Oh wow! Hero Poker. Hero Poker. Pickup, Gavin Griffin as a sponsor, bro. We've got a crooked cock, but he's straight as an arrow. When it comes to poker, on hero, poker. Terrence Chan won some tournaments at the same time. It doesn't make me think there was cheating involved. And now you got David Ewing, Daniel Schreiber. Who the fuck are these people on Hero Poker? What up, James Mackey? He's old enough to play. I don't care what you say. It's on Hero Poker. With the Lincoln shooting off for 30. Five, thirty-five percent rate back. Oh. I like how he just—he uh, doesn't even do the actual uh, sound editing. It's just thirty, thirty-five percent off. <laughs> but you know, they actually paid five hundred dollars a month for this crap. That's the amazing thing. It was they—they uh, they didn't get uh, production quality out of that five hundred. What was that guy's name? The owner, uh, uh, David, David Jung. Yeah, David Jung. Yeah. What happened to him? I don't know. He's a nice guy. I I've, I talked to him on the phone a few times. Uh, yeah, he was a very nice guy, and he he put a lot of effort into hero poker. And he just was fighting the fact that when you're a skin on a network, the profit margin is so small, you just don't have much of a chance. You mean skin like gang member? Uh, you know what skin? A skin on the network. Oh, so listen. Let me ask. Uh, I'm remiss for being late. What have we done the last uh, three hours? Oh, we we're talking about this. Laughable poker stars million dollar free roll and then the Amaya stock maybe manipulation and so now here's here's the next topic. Uh, I know Brandon, you've uh, you've played a lot of online poker over the years and and the yeah. the model you've seen for rakeback when it is, has existed is very simple: is that you have a certain percentage of rakeback and whatever you rake, 
whatever rake is taken out of the hands you win. Usually it's that way, or sometimes a percentage of the rake paid at the table. Uh, you get back at the end of the month. So if uh, I used to play a lot on that site where you just pay the monthly fee and you never have to pay any rake. Oh yeah, yeah, that was I like that site. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so there's so the traditional model was like what I just described. So if you raked a thousand dollars in the month and you had thirty percent rake back, they'll send you three hundred dollars. So it was a nice little bonus to get. And there were some people, in fact, who were supporting themselves just on rake back, where they'd break even in the poker games and then survive on the monthly rake back payment, which is pretty crazy to me that people were actually doing that, but they, they were. So, that model has existed for many years and uh, I've always thought it was kind of foolish. I, I always thought that Rakeback it developed in a way it kind of shouldn't have in the first place and that was that uh, Rakeback came from affiliate payments being made to those who would promote the site and at, in the very early days of online poker they were giving lucrative payments. You know, They say, okay, we'll promote the site to new players and we'll give you 40% of whatever rake they generate. So those affiliates were cleaning up until there was such competition, they started offering some of that commission back to the players. And then you know, started... uh, at its height, Full Tilt was such a mess. I mean, I'll be honest and, and admit I did this, that when I first signed up, as many others did for Full Tilt, I didn't have any rake back. And uh, then later on, you know, it, it almost became laughable if you didn't have rake back on Full, full Tilt. And there were so many sites... I don't remember the highest percentage I ever got, but I remember I closed my initial account with Full Tilt, which had my name, my you know my real name, the address I was living at, whatever info info they needed. Create another account, and they never caught on. I never, you know, you would think I know others that did this too that just create. Do you remember this? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I remember. In fact, I, I had the same problem except I, I had to pull strings through an insider to get my rake back added to my account. At first, they didn't want to do it, but they, they I finally got an insider there to help me. And, but I had the same thing. I was almost about to close it and like open it in a relative's name. I, I wasn't going to just open it. <laughs> you, you were pretty brave to do that because they could have closed it or something. But I guess you got away with it. So I, I did the same in, thing as you, Brandon. Oh, you, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people that did. That that's kind of what gave me the confidence to do it because I, I had others. I'm like, aren't they going to find it and either close <laughs> one or merge them? I'm like, nope, they haven't done anything. I've been doing this for a year. I'm like, fuck. Why am I not getting rake back? Now, granted, I did play much more heavily on. Uh, stars than I did on full tilt, but I did start playing heavily towards the end. Uh, not as much of tournaments, but I played a lot of PLO. Uh, back then, I think the limit hold'em games, they were mostly like, you know, the mid to higher limits. They were mostly short-handed or heads up. They weren't like, stars had more of like, I guess, the grip of the six Mac, yeah, they six did. Macs and like even four or five-handed games and full tilt seemed to be more, unless you're playing like 5, 10, 10, 20, those stakes had you know, like six max a lot, but I never really saw, you know, 30, 60 or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it didn't run as often. You were, It ran, but it wasn't as much as stars, you're correct. But, but yeah, uh, the, the what I always found ridiculous, like if you got in a situation like what Brandon had and Northern California guy had and even I had at one point, I, I found it was so unfair that if you clicked an affiliate link to sign up, then you get 27% rake back. If, if you didn't and just signed up directly through them by responding to their ads that they had on TV or wherever – you don't get rake back. That's just not fair. So, so the whole rake back model was flawed, and, and the truth was, it kind of it, it got born in a way that it wasn't supposed to in the first place, where just affiliates were oversaturated and they were competing with one another and just giving more and more back to the players. So it, it was only a matter of time, and I'm surprised this didn't happen earlier. That that finally someone said enough is enough, and we're going to kill this whole model. And and if we're going to give loyalty rewards, we're going to give them to the players we really want to have on the side, and those are. Mm-hmm. 
the recreational players, the fish. So there's two different sites who are independently doing new promotions that have nothing to do with rakeback. Or I shouldn't say nothing, but are not uh, directly about rakeback. So first of all, 888poker, which is a, a large site, they are going to be ending their loyalty program on March 28th. There will be no, lo- no longer status levels, status points, and rakeback. And in their place will be what they call challenges and gold tokens and some kind of points. Now, 888, they have a casino, too, and a sports Isn't that similar to what the WSOP is doing in Vegas with the tokens and levels and things like that? Uh, I'm I'm not familiar with what they're doing now. I I thought they had a a traditional program. Maybe they changed it, too. But uh, they they are using 888 software, though, so maybe maybe that does have something Mm -hmm. to do with it. I, I haven't really kept up with what they've done. I haven't played much on that site in a long time. But but what 888 is doing is, like, these challenges, like, you'll get uh, certain kind of rewards for if you play a certain number of hands of poker, then play a certain number of hands of blackjack, then play a, then bet a certain amount of sports. Like, the challenge is, like, we challenge you this week to bet at least $50 on sports. We challenge you this week to, to play... Five hands of ten dollars or more on blackjack. It'll be things like that, where you where you have to do these things to earn your points. And it's not just if you just sit there and grind poker, you're not going to get very much. Is that you're never you're not anymore just getting rake back. You, you you're getting points. You're getting gold tokens for things. You're getting challenges, and that's what they're doing now on eight eight eight. Now, and they've admitted they they've directly admitted that uh, this is going to hurt the grinders. They they admitted that if they if you're a grinder who just plays poker and plays a lot of it, you're going to get a lot less. Than you used to, and one thing they are doing that's better than what Stars did is that they are grandfathering people for anything they've already earned. So whatever you whatever you've earned to the old program, you're not going to lose that value. But as far after March 28th, the new points you're going to earn are going to be uh, everything's going to be much less if you're a grinder. So that's what they're doing. And then there's a site called Tony Bet, and uh, Tony Bet is owned by Tony G. At least last I heard, it was the uh, the coach of the Lithuanian basketball team at one point. No, he's a member of the parliament now. No, I, I said at one point. Now he's a member yeah. of the parliament. He's done, a, he's done a lot of things. It's amazing. He's done a lot of things. That now, night. my question is, whatever happened to Michael Mizrachi's gaming saloon uh, poker site? It probably did about as well as everything else he's ever been involved with. Mm. <laughs> so, so uh, I just, you know, the room I'm in, I just broke a printer. I just broke a piece off a printer. I was like, I was, I was so animated talking about this, kind of like waving my left arm, and, and I smacked something off the printer and it broke. Oh. Now, when does this uh, Poker Stars thing kick back off in New Jersey? I know it's coming soon. I think March 21st. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, anyway, Tony Bet, what they're doing is, is something not too different. Tony Bet is, uh, what, what they're doing is they're rewarding. Uh, based upon winning and losing. So this is how it works. If you sign up, you, and even, even, now they're kind of confused over Tony Bet. Like there's been attempts to figure out exactly what the terms are here and nobody can figure it out. Even their support is confused. But, but basically this is how it works. Uh, if, you, uh, if you deposit with a certain code, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to, uh, to 1,000 euros and you get 25% rake back. Uh, then you can earn more rake back depending on how you do. So if you lose 100 euros or more in a given day, you will receive 
an additional 55% rake back, meaning you're going to get 80% of your rake back if you lost 100 euros or more in that day. If you finish somewhere between losing 100 euros and winning 100 euros, if you're in that range, you'll get an extra 25% rake back. So you'll get 50% rake back total. If you win 100 euros or more in that day, you get the 25% rake back, but no more. So it's a tiered system. 25% rake back if you win 100 euros or more. 50 if you don't if if you lose between uh, 100 euro and, and winning 100 euro, and if you lose more than 100 euro, then you get 80% of your rake back. So that's that's the new win loss based rake back at Tony Bet. Now the exact details connected to this, like about you know a new player, an existing player, like oh, what if you don't deposit? Like this is all confusing, and, and Tony Bet can't really answer this. They're giving a lot of different answers to those that are asking, so I won't bother to go over that because it's not important. But I thought the concept is interesting that what they're doing now is tying rakeback rates very much to whether you're a winner or a loser. And if you're a loser, you get much more. And Bovada has been doing this for years. Bovada doesn't give rakeback, but what they do is they've been giving a lot of nice deposit bonuses and, and other really nice perks to those who deposit often and lose and those who play a lot and cash out all the time. People like myself, people like Brandon, uh, we, we don't get anything. So... Uh, Brandon, have you gotten any kind of uh, nice promotion on Bovada in a long time? No, nothing at all. No. The only thing the only thing they'll send is for casinos or sports betting offers. There's never anything. Oh, I never for, even get sports uh, betting. I only get I only get casinos. But it's 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 it's. I mean, it's like uh, cycle through for fifty dollars and win five dollars. It's not. It's awful. Oh, it's, it's awful. Nothing. Okay, it's like that. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing. It's. I mean. It, yeah, it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, they, yeah, they don't they don't want players like us there. So they tolerate us, but they don't want to attract us. They want to attract the depositors, the people who are always losing and whipping out the credit card and putting more in. Not the people. Who like are they'll losing. send me offers to try to get me to play the slots. Yeah, I get that too. But yeah, but I I mean that's just. You know. I only used those when I had to when I had to deposit back in October to come back to the site. Now listen, I'm getting this message. It's sent to the. Uh, Oh, look at this. But a lot of people don't realize I have my own home box office. It's actually Well, here, give, give the phone off. number. Yeah, I, I meant to put this in the agenda. I just didn't. should because I'm getting actually a lot of messages these yeah, days. Fact, I'll, put it, I'll put it in the uh, agenda this week so this way this way, yeah. next week when I copy and paste it, it'll be in there. It's 203-299-2436, and, and I do my best to respond. Right now, just incoming, I got a text. This is no lie. It says, would, you tell, would Druff tell Scott from the East Coast? Tell him what? About the code. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah, text me right now. He's asking me. Yeah, no, I met, I met Scott from the East Coast uh, during the World Series, and I even uh, – we, we even had a meal at that fail uh, deli thing at the in the Rio in the lobby. Mm. I'm getting it also – what's the 914 area code? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. Nine, it's a 941 area code. Anyhow, no, they want no, no, that. No, no, 941. I know that's Florida. Can you ask Druff to address the money that – Bunket bucket donated for this week's free roll that you didn't use. I'm starting to think that Druff is using free roll money for all his Pacific Northwest escapades and African safaris. Uh, 
I as That's far as I've seen, I, I didn't get any money from a Spunk Bucket. If I did, he can tell me how he sent it to me. Okay. Maybe, so he rolled maybe, you? Well, maybe I missed it. But he, he's not required to send me any money. He doesn't owe me money. But if he if he don't if he claims he donated, so apparently he said he sent you a hundred dollars. I, I I don't remember receiving that. If it, once in a while I, I missed the email or something, and then I really did get it, but I, I don't think he sent it. But if you look, if you sent it, PM me and tell me how you sent it and when you sent it. And I'll go look it up again. I'm not gonna. And they don't have to be nice? Um, they have to be, like, moderately, moderately nice. Even if they're giving you money? They can't just be like, <laughs> fuck you, here's $100? I guess they can. I guess they can be as abusive as they yeah. want. They're if giving they're me money. giving it to you, they could tell you to eat a dick and give you I, I guess they can't. depending on what they're okay. giving you. That's a good point. I guess but they for 100 bucks, they should be able to speak their mind and tell you to fuck off. No, I guess even for $10, they can do that. I mean, All I'll right, take their money. True. It's fine. I'll, I'll take abuse to receive money. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's a good point. I should I should make that a promotion here. You can be okay, as abusive as you want if you want to give me money. So anyhow, yeah, put my uh, dedicated number into the uh, the system there. Okay, so you said 203-299-2436. 203-299-2436. These are just some random uh, – I don't know if I want to say people's names, but just to give you an idea, these are all truthful. Listening today's, to today's show on the train – and you're right about having a Vegas Deals news show. Probably much larger, uh, probably much larger audience than PFA. And by this message is referring to last week's show, which we'll get to in a minute with the AM radio station. Maybe a big hit. Not sure if radio or podcast is best, but maybe a V blog. And then it just goes on to, you know, say how he enjoys the show. Uh, let's see. I get a lot of these calls. Uh, who just once in a while sends me a message and it just says, I just pulled a 40-foot pipe from my ass. Yeah, I get that from him too. He, I guess he wants what to does that us. mean? He, just exactly what it says. He wants both of us to know that he pulled a 40-foot lead pipe from his ass. And for some reason, that's important for him to tell not just me but you too. Here's another one. It's a long, here's one more. It's a long story, but the short of it is I'm done with poker, I'm done with poker fraud alert, and I'm done with the radio show. Oh, no, that was Daredevil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, uh, yeah, put the number there in the intro, and then you know people can uh, continue to text me at the, the home office. Okay, I, I just you know, I, I updated up the Traderuski next, right? Traderuski. Uh oh, Traderuski, really? No, I think he's still there. He was so vibrant. I, I, I was on mute. See? Oh, yeah, yes to whatever you said. You know, I always feel like you're sitting there and you're watching like an episode of Law and Order. Or something real serious that you're getting involved, in, and then you just hop back on when you hear the keyword "trader ruski." Yeah, what do you want? I know you're watching. No, I think something. It's, no, it's probably worse than that. He's probably actually sleeping until we wake him. I was probably trader ruski, trader ruski, and we I'm hear that. All this right now on the cusp. Trader ruski, were you a Law and Order fan? Yes, a Law and Order fan. I, I am. I am making terrible tea, though. So oh, no. that could be coming. Soon. Oh, so How many episodes? Of, I mean, have you seen? Now, I'm not talking about the spinoffs. Talking about the actual first one before the victims unit and this unit and that unit, the original Law and Order. Have have you seen a lot of those shows? Probably have not missed too many. Wow. Okay, let me ask you. Who? who I'm going to make sure now. What is the name of the long-running district attorney on Law and Order? Oh, he was, on, he was on more than anybody else. The, the, yeah, there you go. The, the, the angry old man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great sound. He was a uh, what do they call the Jews with the long rat with the long beards? Druff, uh, acidic. Yeah, acidic. Yeah, he was like he was. He wouldn't work on a Friday during the 
you know, the, the Jewish holidays and the, yeah, like, it's been so long. I, I don't need. He was always pissed off. Do you remember? No, I know who you're talking about. I just have All, right. All right, Adam Shift. That's right. No? Adam. <laughs> All right, what was who is the the, the star DA that uh, the district attorney that was on for like. 13, 14 seasons, then he got promoted to district attorney. And he would fuck all his assistants. Mm. Mm. Come on, you gotta this one. No, I know. I'm so spent right now. It's been a long day. God, Bobby Orr is already like, I just click on his screen and he has the names on it. No, Bobby Orr, he's, he's, he always has everything. Yeah, Sam Watterson, a.k.a. Jack McCoy. Oh, that's right. Where's, uh... Where's Daredevil when you need him for all these uh, yeah. quick answers? Yeah. Okay, so here's here's some t- texts I got uh, from nine seven nine. When does the free roll start Central Time? You have it set for military time with no clarification which time zone. The time zone is uh, Pacific, so that's where the show is based out of Pacific Time. Whether it's in Las Vegas or L.A., same thing. So that's the time it is. Uh, from let's see here. From the 410 asking show tonight. I think you have that answer. From the 709, ask Brandon to tell the Carrie Packer story, the Carrie Packer stories that he never got around to a couple of weeks ago. Peace, love the show. From the 510, I bet no one bets on Nate, Nate Diaz. Y'all probably were riding the bandwagon. And Todd, I hope you bet your Lakers to beat my dubs the other night. You're welcome. Gift to Kobe. Yeah, no one could have expected that the Lakers were going to beat the Warriors. Well, I will, I will say this. There are at least three people that I know of 100% on the fraud site that did bet Nate Diaz. There was no bandwagon jumping. But who But who bet the – do you think, like, anybody bet the Lakers to beat the Warriors there? Like, who was the – I mean, well, there, there's – you know, it's funny you say that because I actually was listening to, uh, of, all, of all things, 1400 AM. I'm not making this up, by the way. <laughs> Um, and when I guess this had, this was a day after that game. So when was that game? Was that game Monday? I believe it had to be Monday. Yeah, it had to be Monday because yeah. everyone. No, it was Sunday. It was Sunday. Sunday. Sunday yeah. So yeah. So I, I was driving around doing some errands on Monday, and I was listening. And uh, they actually, I don't know how they did this, but they actually had uh, the. I don't know. I guess he'd be the manager or you know whatever. Some guy of a high position for William Hill. For those who don't know, William Hill is uh, a sports book. It's, I guess it's based in England, straight on the stock market. But they've become a pretty prevalent company here. Basically, any uh, casino that outsources their sports books, which is now a common uh, thing, which I kind of don't really understand, but uh, that's not Cantor, is basically now William Hill. Meaning like the Venetians, Cantor, Tropicana is Cantor, and then places like uh, – See which uh, most of the places downtown. Uh, I know uh, the Plaza, uh, the Four Queens. Um, what are the other ones? Hey, yeah, there, there's a number of them. But anyhow, they're done by William Hill. So this guy from William Hill's on the air, and the first thing he talks about, they're talking about this game, and you know the hosts are always asking these guys, you know, who put in these bets or who won this, and you know they never obviously mention names, even if they're celebrities, but. Uh, you know, they, they, they will tell you numbers. And I've always kind of wondered how accurate it is. But anyhow, the guy from William Hill claimed that somebody bet $60,000 on Golden State on the money line. Not the cover, the money line. 
which I don't, I don't. What, do you remember what it roughly was? I, I know I heard them saying it was like you can get 20, 20 to one on your money. Well, at the I, I don't remember 24. what it was. Yeah. Well, I think it was twenty to one if you bet the Lakers, and I think yeah. it was. Oh like, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Thirty-five so, or something to one. Yeah. I, I just can't remember what the number was that, that he would have won by betting sixty thousand. Uh, it was a couple thousand dollars. It wasn't much. It was maybe two thousand, three thousand. Yeah. Uh, you know. So anyhow, he did say that that somebody bet sixty k that walked in there and bet it. Wow. And then he also mentioned that uh, what he calls ten twenty dollar betters games like this get a lot of, where guys that are just ten twenty dollar betters will come in and throw ten to twenty bucks on a team like the Lakers on the money line when this when the money line's that high. And just kind of hope, you know, because these things happen. Like, just think about, you know, Buster Douglas, you know, winning. And, you know, and then, uh, I don't remember. There's one Kentucky Derby. I'm not that big of a horse person, but where it paid, like, like 37 or $47. Or, you know, I, just, I, have, I have an example. The uh, And this is one, I, if I only knew the odds, I would have totally bet it. When Holyfield beat Tyson in that ear-biting oh. fight, it was 35 to 1, and I had no idea it was 35. I actually went to that fight. I didn't look at the odds. I just thought, I think Holyfield's going to win this one. And I didn't bother to look at the odds. And, and after that fight, I found out, oh, it was 35 to 1 for, for Holyfield. I'm like, oh, my God, I would have totally done this. Well, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's not as high, but when uh, Ronda Rousey lost to Holly Holm, I mean, you could have gotten pretty decent odds. Yeah. I think at some point you could have gotten almost like 8 or 9 to 1 on your money. Uh, you know, but anyway, the point I'm making is this guy from William Hill said that there are always what he calls these 10 to $20 betters, meaning they'll bet, you know, $10 or 20 every time that there's some sort of, you know, event where it has this ridiculous odds. So obviously that 60000 even, you know, if they had any problem, covered any losses. But I think he said that in Vegas alone, they ended up paying out uh, middle five figures. So that's going to be like thirty, forty, fifty thousand at the most in terms of like payouts on because the Lakers won that game. Hmm. But you know, if you think about it, just you know, just a like hundred or two hundred in the city that are putting ten, twenty, then the occasional guy that puts a hundred, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, but in the long run, I mean, it's definitely not profitable, and I never do those things when you know I see something like you know. I think the Lakers are done playing Golden State again, but, you know, say they played them again in, in two weeks. I wouldn't bet it. And, you know, next year, you know, or when Philadelphia was awful, you know, they're still awful. They're still but when awful. Philadelphia started the year like 0-25, you know, you could have gotten at times, you know, some pretty high numbers on their money line. But I still think if you just keep always doing it, and then the, the very few times it's going to hit, it's still, it, yeah, it still is lose, yeah. negative EV. And I yeah. think my – Esteemed co-host would agree with me. Yeah, the only reason... It's win the one time, but it's not going to make up for all those losses that you chase trying to get yeah, that Yeah, I, I agree. The, the only reason to have done that one is that uh, the Warriors weren't quite looking right for a number of days, including, of course, that game. But they, the, the games coming into it, they were looking worse for the most part, other than those uh, Thunder yeah, games. Yeah, they're worse. It normally should be enough to win by 10 to oh, 12. Of course, of course. but I'm saying if you, you're getting long odds and you go, okay, the Warriors are not quite doing as well right now. They're looking a little bit worse. And the Lakers yeah, are at home, so, that, so I'll, th- I'll throw it on. Like that's, that's, that, obviously, right, I get it, but listen, if you look at the stats of, of that game, they had their worst three-pointing shooting as a team in almost three years. Okay, Curry had his worst three-pointing uh, three-point shooting night in four years. Yeah, I know. Clay Thomas didn't make a three-pointer for the first time all year. Curry only had one. So I, I'm just saying. And, and besides all that, they played with no energy, no defense. And, you know, they weren't hustling. Yeah, they for just didn't balls. have it that day. 
yeah, it just it just was you know a perfect storm. Um, yeah. But uh, I, you know, I don't think that that changes the fact that it's still obviously a bad bet, and you know, just things of that nature where they're just that high, they they very rarely pay off. And yeah, uh, so, so here, hold on, we have, we have a minute. Yeah, I mean, and that was eighteen points too. I mean, yeah. it's not yeah. like you're betting a team that was favored by nine or something yeah. and betting yeah. the dog. Yeah, it, it was it was a shock to everybody. So here, a message from our sponsor once again. Only until June first. Sign that shit up. They're playing great. Snap it off clean with Hero Poker. Yo, it's Mikeon. Gonna bring you the Hero Rap, yo. Not seriously serious, but I may be seriously delirious. Yo, Gavin Griffin, his cock is crooked. His cards are not tarot on the felt. He's straight as an arrow, and he's not afraid of it. He's got a triple crown like Secretariat. Yo, Terrence Chan, the irony is grand. America is not a fan, but he's good at limits. He'll roll your H you in a minute. James. James, yo, it's James Mackey. He's not a lackey. He looks like he's eight, but at poker he is great. And let's face it, he's got a bracelet. The rest of these guys, I just don't know. But hey, David Ewing, what are you doing? Julian Powell, throwing the towel. And Daniel Schreiber, he gets all the Asian bitches. Like hero. Wait, he, he missed the opportunity there. What the hell? Yeah. His best line, he doesn't say it. He th- he threw away. It, w- it was like a softball. He threw to himself and then swung and missed. This is fr- that was the uh, five one two was requesting I play more of that, so I had to I had to do it for him. Uh, well, for if they're gonna play it, find my uh, Daniel Schreiber one. That's a favorite. <laughs> That's the best one that there is out there. Yeah, the six one six area codes uh, sent the following: uh, Daniel Schreiber, I'm a goddamn subscriber. Mycon <laughs> back. I guess he kind of came back with that. The, that's the most we're going to get of Mike on in this show is uh, Hero Poker ads from him. So, Hero Poker is like a play money site now, I hear. That's a shame. That's a shame. So, so okay, uh, this is the fraud show, and mm-hmm. Lyman called in before you came on, Brandon, and was demanding I cease the long intro and do the fraud show. He, he said he wants to hear about some scams. So We hadn't talked about any scams until right now. But there can't always be a scam, though. There can't be, but I think Lyman wants... Like he wants me to encourage people to scam others so we can talk about it and keep him entertained. I think that's what he's doing. Can, can I just say one more thing before we talk about the scams? Yeah. This is something that's starting to annoy me. You know, it's it's in Trader Ruski, Northern California, i.e. Daredevil too. Tell me what you guys all think as well. You know, it's two thousand sixteen. We we've had a black president in office now for, for almost a, you know, seven years, it'll be eight years and, and five or six months, whatever, maybe seven months. We're going to probably, in all actuality, have a female president. I think it's time that people just stop with this, like, the first black to do this, the first black to do that. I I, I mean, I'm sitting there. It's ESPN, and they had some article, and not even an article. It was like a documentary on the first black, like, I think it was college baseball coach in the SEC or something like that. And they made a real big deal about it. And I'm just thinking, it's 2016. Like, we have a black president. Like, you know what I mean? Do you remember, like, and I'm not saying this to, to be racist at all, and, 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 I mean, I'm not, you know, and, and that's not my point, but you all, everyone can attest to how it used to be. 
you know, like, say, circa 2000, or especially in the 80s and 90s, and every time, like, there was a first black GM in football or the first black, this would always get pointed out, and that person would get, like, okay, here's an example. The first black head coach in SEC football is a guy named Sylvester Croom. Um, I don't remember exactly. It was either Mississippi State or Ole Miss. I think Mississippi State. I could be wrong. But it got a lot of news. But I, the point I'm making is don't you think now in a time where there's, there's – Definitely, you know, people can claim there's still racism in this world, and, and there is. But I think there's more equality than there's ever been before. That you still think something like that should be any kind of newsworthy, like the first black person to, you know, coach this or to be hired as this, like especially when we have a black president. What are your feelings? Yeah, uh, I, I think there's at this point it's getting redundant to point that out. There's just uh, there's been so much more equality with uh, people of all races that have uh, accomplished things that you don't you don't need to keep pointing out for every little thing that gets done. And yeah, you're right. The president's the, one of the biggest things to, to be as the biggest thing to be in this country. Of course. So so once you've gotten that, then everything else is kind of anticlimactic. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. But I actually I'm thinking of doing a documentary since you bring this up. I, I've been concerning for a while to do a documentary on the first black poker fraud alert radio listener. <laughs> we, we have we have at least two. So okay, uh, the, the I don't know. It just annoys me. Like it just shouldn't even be pointed out. Like you, said, I think they've reached the black people in general have reached the epitome of like the biggest office, the most powerful, recognizable person in the world. So like it shouldn't just be pointed out. I don't know. It just especially I don't know. It just kind of annoyed me okay. saying that. Well, but I think it also they you know it emphasizes that a lot of these positions that are open and a lot of people get excluded because of the color of their skin still even though that the president you know that we have a black president but we, we also should, you know it's like i, I think we also have think people think excluded that, oh, though we have people excluded also the opposite where they there's such an obsession with proving they can hire a minority well that's someone who's, who's literally yeah that utterly fucking annoys me every year and I guess I guess we kind of just passed it because it's normally done right after uh, what's called, known as Black Monday, the day after the last. You know, do either one of you know what Black Monday is? Oh, it, it, it's it's, it's uh, after uh, no, that's Cyber Monday. Wait, is it Black. the first day after Black History Month? No, <laughs> no. Black Monday. <laughs> it's the Black Monday is the first Monday after the seventeenth week of the NFL season when. Traditionally, tons of coaches, usually at least three to five coaches each year, get fired. Um, you know, after week 17, the last game on Sunday, that's when all the firing started on Monday. And what has gone on now is over a decade in the NFL. It's called the Rooney Rule. Do you, any of you know about this rule? It's been going yeah, on. They, a long they time. have to interview. What do they have to interview two uh, black candidates before they can hire a coach and, or something? Yes, or a GM or anyone in in a major, you know position of, of importance not just it's gms i don't know if it's like you know assistant gm i don't think it goes that high but i know gm i know if you're you know ceo and specifically obviously a head coach and everyone blatantly breaks this rule like to me it's almost embarrassing like like for years and you know he finally got his his, his first job with the bears they'd bring in like lovey smith every year and then they bring in like this token black guy like the miami dolphins had to do it this year they hired a guy named adam gaze that's that's yeah, it's kind of gay, but um, 
So every team has to do this, and it's still going on. And, and the majority, I think, one black coach got hired this year, Hugh Jackson, for yeah, Cincinnati. And, they should never have just, a requirement, but there should never be racial quotas. Who you have to? Interview. I agree. I agree. Yeah, 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 to do it that way, you just you just interview who, who you think is going to be the best for the job, and and whatever race they are, you shouldn't you shouldn't hold I, it against right, them, or you sh- it shouldn't help them or hurt them. It should I agree, be, but just, I think it's equally embarrassing that that they had they bring. Like these token interviews, because yes, that's really that's what, what they, they are. are. That's what they are. Yeah, I, I'm I, surprised I, they don't have like a position. Gaffer, huh? They should have a position at the NFL, like an interviewer. You know, I'm sure they have somebody that gets paid like millions a year, and he goes on all the interviews. You know, and I don't know anything about him, but it's actually probably ironic because probably back. I'm just taking a guess. In the 40s or 50s, probably Art Rooney was probably one of the racist people around. I mean, I don't know that, but I'm just saying, like he's old school, and a lot of those guys, you know, he's not even alive anymore. Uh, but anyway, that's always bothered me, that stupid rule. I don't know yeah, why I went on this. Yeah, I guess maybe okay, let's, let's, let's get to the scam show, though. Let's get back to the, the fraud okay. show. So, well, Black History Month is over. So, okay. Uh, Canadian player Shakib Kazimipour, who is uh, probably Arab, uh, is accused of scamming a lot of people. Not Not just one poker player, not just two or five or ten or twenty, but... Over 50 poker players have come forward on 2 Plus 2 saying that they were scammed by this guy. This is what happened. Um, is he the Bill Cosby of scamming? Pretty much, so. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening here. Everyone's coming forward. So uh, this, this is what happened. About a year ago, uh, a Reddit post was written, and uh, someone wrote details about uh, what Shakib did. And I guess Shakib sold uh, sold this guy uh, six thousand dollars to poker stars, and it was a traditional scam where where Shakib gets the six thousand dollars and then doesn't give the guy any cash and says, "Oh, I'm having bank account problems." It, it's like the worst once you trade money with someone and they're supposed to send you money through the bank and then they quote have account problems. That's the absolute worst because you know you're being scammed, but if you're afraid to say anything that they're scamming you just in case they're really having account problems and then they're going to get mad at you and you're afraid they're not going to pay you at all. So like you don't want to piss them off, but as soon as they say bank account problems, your heart just sinks. So that's that's what happened here and and this guy uh who was posting on on uh Reddit as a uh, Harley 30040 got ripped off. This is a year ago. Uh so I guess that was solved about a year ago when uh, a friend of uh, Shakib met with Harley 30040 and, and paid him off and said, sorry, I'm, I'm paying on behalf of Shakib. He's just having too many bank problems. So that was that. So a year later, uh, a, a Facebook account, a Facebook post was written about uh, Shakib saying that there's a Canadian player who keeps asking for money without paying. So, um, uh, apparently, he's been doing this to many people. He keeps buying money from different players on PokerStars that he wouldn't pay. He would also sell action from his tournament and, uh, and, and from other players' packages, and he would uh, um, he, he'd, he'd get the money, you know, he'd sell pieces. People would buy pieces of him, and then he just wouldn't play. So he would... Uh, uh, he, he just stiffed that way as well. Uh, then he would also buy action from different players. But amazingly, uh, he wouldn't send the money 
to buy action, but then if they cashed, he'd say, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I was having trouble sending it earlier, but I was going to totally send it to you. Uh, can you please still give me the piece that I, I, that I was buying and just didn't send the money for? <laughs> can you imagine that? Like someone says, say, I'll, I'll buy 3% of you. You say, okay, send me the money. You don't receive anything. You play. You cash. And the guy's like, hey, where's my 3%? You're like, wait, no, you never paid me. What? I didn't? Oh, something must have happened. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you please pay me anyway? Like, you know, uh, trust me, I was trying to. It didn't go through. I, I didn't understand. I didn't realize it didn't. So he pulled that as well. And so some idiots actually paid him. So everything really hit the tipping point. When uh, a few weeks ago, when, when Shakib asked uh, Chris Simesco, who recently won uh, some small some side event at, at uh, EPT Dublin, when he asked him for money, and uh, I guess uh, I, I guess what happened was uh, he asked him for money, and then he said he wanted to play a juicy cash game. He said there's a really really good cash game. This is what Shakib said. And uh, can you please give me some, you know, loan me some money so I can play in the cash game, and, and you know, I'll, I'll pay you back when uh, when I'm done. So Shakib actually sat in the cash game, but uh, he didn't play. He just sat down and he pulled a Skolansky, just walking around, walking around, walking around, and didn't play any hands. That Skolansky was known for that in Vegas, where he just like sit in the. I don't know why he would do this, but he'd sit in the game and just walk, 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 go to the sports book, walk, 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 and you almost play no hands. So, but Slassy wasn't scamming anyone. This guy, uh, the reason he did this is because he really he didn't intend to play the game. He just had to put on appearances of playing, sat for hours without playing a hand, somehow was able to keep the seat, and then uh, finally uh, he was kicked out of the game because he didn't play any hands. And so Chris uh, Semesco said, okay, well, give me the money back now. You didn't play any hands, so give it back. And believe it or not, Shakib said, no, you can't have the money. So that was that. Uh, Semesco, when, you know, he went and wrote this post on 2 Plus 2 stating uh, what happened. He couldn't believe this. It was, it was called, uh, it, it's official, uh, Shakib N. Jaguar Kazimpur is the Chino Reem of Canada. And uh, he says several notable figures in the Albertan uh, poker community have exposed him for the amoral, gutless scumbag that he is. He's also scammed several notable figures in other communities, such as online and even European poker communities. I want the word to be spread that he's vermin and needs to be scrutinized for his shameless practices. This is posted on 2 Plus 2. There's a very, very, uh, there's a 14 page thread already about this. And uh, more than 50 players have come forward of different ways that he has scammed them, and they've been adding up the debt, and so far it has exceeded $300,000. So, and keep in mind, this is not, most of these are kind of like four-figure debts, four low fig, or low five-figure debts here. So this isn't like he's scamming one guy of 200000 This is He's scamming a bunch of players for four or five figures. <laughs> And over 50 people got scammed. That's that's pretty impressive that he got away with this for this long without the word finally getting out. As, especially when there was a Reddit post about him a year ago, and he somehow talked someone else into paying his debt and shutting the guy up. So uh, this is once again proof that if you call a scammer out, you're more likely to get paid 
than not. People are afraid to call out scammers thinking that the scammer will pay them if they keep quiet. But the scammer will never pay you for keeping quiet. The scammer will only pay you if you make a big deal because they're afraid of the word getting out. And the, the right thing to do, actually, if someone's scamming you, is first let them pay you. you know, for, call them out. First let them pay you. And then after that, speak really freely about the whole thing, saying, I think this guy is ripping everyone off. And, you know, I got the money because I made it public, but nobody should loan him anything. Like Kobe that, Yard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, th- th- he's referring to Neverwin. Uh, Kobe Yard was call- calling out Neverwin for uh, owing him $10,000. And Kobe Yard even went to me. I-, I met him once in person at the World Series. I mean, we didn't hang out or anything. He just introduced himself. But you know, I felt bad for Kobe Yard, and I believed him. But uh, I-, I said, look, there's nothing I can do about this. This doesn't involve me. You know, it's not like Neverwin is my son. He's uh, uh, He was kind of loosely involved with the site, uh, as I was. But... Uh, there was nothing I could do. When I asked Dustin about it, he gave me some convoluted story I didn't really believe. But, uh, but yeah, Kobe Yard brought up Neverwin. But people people always referred to that thread. Like, it, it reflected badly on me because, like, people would refer to that thread and say, oh, why is Todd fighting these scams when his buddy Neverwin's doing this? And I go, look, I I said, look, I don't approve of what Neverwin's doing. I like, I don't have, I, I hardly even see him. It's, he's not like my best friend. But, you know, I was associated with his site at one time, but... That, that that can't be a black mark on me if after that he's he's not uh, behaving responsibly. So uh, that was a case of Peter DC uh, Peter DC thing would have had you tarred and feathered. Yeah, really. <laughs> so I, I, I'm in contact with a lot of people. Some of them are going to end up being scammers, including ones on this site. And that's it's unfortunate, but it it happens. You just always got to watch out now, here. Now, who's in the early lead for the scam contest uh, for 2016? Yeah, I know there's a guy keeping Templar. track of that. Yeah, uh, 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 Zealand Donk likes to keep track of that. He likes to call it the PFA yes. Rookie of the Year. And there was a Templar in 2012. Uh, I think Claw was 2013. It was 13 or 14. I'm losing track now. Jason won in 14. Oh, no, Jason won in 13. Uh, let me see. 14. Was it 14? Was it? it? it was 16, no, 15? No, it was 13. Is that long ago? It was, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 13. Templar, and then wasn't there like CLA or C something? Yeah, Claw, yeah. Yeah, oh, Claw, okay. Yeah. That was like from sports betting. I want to say there was another Yeah, here, here it is. Something. Here's the list. The Templar's 2012, Jason was 2013, Claw at the very beginning. We kept having it happen in January. Like, January is a bad month. It was like every year was January. Uh, Claw was $600 and 14 The funny thing was we got some of these guys on radio, too. And they, was, of course, claimed they were going to pay. Then there was a, uh, this one was uh, Micon's GoFundMe legal defense for uh, begging for a hundred k for seals. <laughs> uh, these are all by Zealand, Don, not me, by the way. And then uh, he said honorary mention Crypt trying to scam Druff out of two hundred dollars in July. Yeah, user Crypt on the site. Uh, he made a bet with someone and and escrowed it. And then when he lost, he tried to charge it back on PayPal. I remember, I remember, that. I remember, I remember like that. I'm like driving through like kind of the middle of nowhere in some farmland, and I get this notice: PayPal chargeback. I go, "What the hell?" And it, it was like charged back as if it was fraud. And I go, "What a fucking asshole! This guy's trying to charge back a bet he lost, not not against me, against someone else that I was just escrowing." So I, I got really pissed, and I was like, as soon as I got home, I I I posted about it and said that Crypt must make this right immediately, or he's gone. And uh, so he made it. He, he canceled the uh, the objection to the payment. So that was that. And so so I, I he didn't get the money back. And 
it was over, but I was still pissed he did it. But the, the funny thing is he was claiming that uh, he just had a very, very brief lapse in judgment and wasn't thinking right, but then he decided, decided he felt guilty and decided not to do that. I think the fact that I said he's going to be banned and I'm going to give out his info, that probably had more to do with it. <laughs> that, that's what I said. I said, look, you know, I have the guy's name, and I, I – you know, even though he, there are people who like to troll him on there, and he says a lot of stupid things that deserve the trolling. And I would never give out his name. There's a lot of people on the site I have their name for whatever reason. They, they gave it to me. I'm not investigating users, but like PayPal transactions or whatever, I have their name. And I'm never going to give out who they are unless something like that happens. So if, like, if he scammed us for $200 through a bet, of course I'm going to give out his name. So, so I think it was probably the fear that I was going to give out his name and ban him that he decided uh, to not do that. So he he's still on the side. He hasn't messed up again. And technically nothing was stolen because he reversed the reversal, but that was that was obnoxious. And then 2016 he put uh Marty and Robert Pickering combo with the uh with the, <laughs> the, the, the He already has that now? Yeah, the, the web design business. Yeah, something it's always January. It's always something in January. So okay. Let's uh let's see what else we got here. Are you going up and down the list? Yeah. Okay, so then we have the Texas fold up bot six bot. max. Yeah, bot. yeah, this is this is a topic. You'll I read your little uh, post, by the way, in the casino part of. Yeah, this. yeah. So, so as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's a six max limit hold'em bot, or shall I say, there was a six max limit hold'em bot that was at Harris. It was the only one of its kind in the world. There's a as the only casino anywhere that had it, and it was it was in the video poker section. <laughs> You had to kind of know where it was to even find it, unless you just happened to. I mean, it was right. It, the way it was explained to me, and I had no trouble finding it. Keep walking to the buffet, and it's right on the right hand side. But it's but it's not like prominently displayed. It's kind of just in a bank of video poker machines. You've got to kind of you're not going to notice it really unless you're like happen to be in the bank you know, of video poker. I was machines. thinking about this today. You know, we were talking about what we were trying to come up with a theory as to why it was removed. You know, we could always call Harris. And ask for somebody in the slot department. I mean, doubtful they'd give any information, but you know, there's yeah, always I, that shot they can yeah, tell we, you. We we can. When I've tried this before, I usually get kind of non-answers. But we, well, we you can try, say though. you're the good colonel. You know, you're a seven-star player coming in from over the pond. Yeah, maybe we want to play that game. Yeah, maybe after we talk about it, we'll try to make a colonel call. See what we can uh, we can find out. <laughs> but anyway, the the Texas hold-up bot. It was where you play fold-up bot. It's where you play. A six-max limit hold'em game with you versus five computerized players who are all using house money. And, and then there was a very high rake of uh, up to 25%, which is really, really brutal. And But the players were very bad players, and they never, never bluffed. I mean, they absolutely never bluffed. They'd sometimes semi-bluff if they had a draw. But, but you could not bluff them as well. You couldn't bluff them, yeah. You, you, you could never bluff them because uh, they were calling down with a – I even saw six high calls one time. I, I was the winner of the hand, of course, but I, I actually saw six high call after several callers called me behind. That's how bad those uh, those bots sometimes were. They they weren't always calling that light, but uh, so so the players were really bad, and and there were a number of ways to strategize to beat them. But the question was, could you beat them badly enough to where you could overcome that horrendous rake? Uh, that was never determined. I, I wanted to give it another shot. I played about six hours on it one time. I, I was just about to go back and play it uh, very very soon. And and I got news that the six max Texas fold up bot. And they call it Texas fold up because when the bots fold, they turn their cards up. The fold up bot is gone. 
And I know you're shocked to hear this when Brandon just said it about three minutes ago. But yeah, it's gone. They just removed it unceremoniously. I want to address Jay's stat real fast in the chat because this is he he had just stated well maybe the game was being beta tested. This was something I originally thought as well, and I brought up the Druff, but Druff told me that he had uh, he knew factually that it had been there for over two years. So if that's the case, Jay stat, then that theory would well, not. It wasn't over uh, two years. There, there's a guy who uh, who posts on this site occasionally, and he listens to every single show. He really likes the show. He listens to every every time. And uh, I don't think he's ever called in. I've never met him, but he's—he's uh, he's like not him. an attorney out of San Antonio. No, is he? no, he but called he, him last week. He, he's a uh, here's a post he made on January seventh. His name is Nerakil. He's from New York, and he's—he's uh, he's an advantage player, and he's someone who's very, very knowledgeable about all the video poker games that Caesars has to offer. And, and he's a seven star, and he does—he does all the advantage play stuff. He's a very bright guy. So I've never seen him be wrong. Every time he's reported something or corrected me with something, he's always been right. So that's why I don't doubt him here. This is what he said. He said, this is on January 7th. Drexel also man- mentioned the maximum field test period on the January 6th show, which per Nevada gaming regulation 14.080 is a period not exceeding 180 days. So he's trying to say that uh, the, the, the test period of these games, the beta test period is six is, months. Is six months, right. So he said, regardless, I believe both of you are incorrect. The installation of this machine at Harris Las Vegas was the summer of 2014, and it was first unveiled at G2E, the uh, I think it's the Global Gaming Expo, uh, in October 2012. I was vacationing in Las Vegas in 2014 and visiting the casinos up and down the strip. At Harris Las Vegas, I stopped in to play $10 Pi Gow tiles by the high-limit slot section. They just finished installing a bunch of new IGT machines nearby. I tried them all, including Texas Hold'em Fold-Up. Stack and poker, multi-win, draw poker, etc. I believe they also put a shoot-to-win craps machine in that section, did not play. Obviously, the trial period has expired, so gaming must have determined Texas Hold'em fold-up fits their minimum standards. So, uh, also, what's interesting, unrelated to this, he said he listens to this show in the archives, but listens at one and a half times speed. <laughs> so he, he likes, what does that mean? He listens fast? Well, yeah, you, you can do that. You can actually play where it plays at one and a half times speed. And I, I guess what it does, it, it doesn't play like, it doesn't make our voices higher. Like, it's not like playing a, a 33 record in the old days on 78 mode, and here you go. It's not like that. What it does, it, it does it in a mode somehow to where it skips spaces in the conversation. Something like that, to where it just well, speeds the whole thing up. we should... Talk slower <laughs> and fuck with him. <laughs> so I think uh, so. Someone else is saying I am professional talk. Who I know likes trolling that Hanson kid. He said that he actually runs it at higher than that. He runs it at one point six to one point eight times as better. But that when he runs it at two times, then it's too fast and he starts losing parts of the speech. So that's, he found that's about as fast as you can run it. But I guess it uh, it speeds up the show because whatever times you run it at, you, you divide the running time. So of it the only show. takes 48 minutes for the intro then? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so he said that he listens at uh, one and a half times, which is interesting. Uh, and he said on the iPhone it has that feature. I've never even tried that. I think I've done it on YouTube before. It just, it just felt weird. In fact, I'm going to just find a random video on YouTube and I'm going to play... Something. Wait, but do you sometimes listen to the your own podcast, your own fraud show? Well, I'll tell you, I used to never do this until 
I put in the call to listen line and I put in the streaming reruns. So now sometimes like if I'm on the toilet or I'm, I'm, I'm just, if I've got just some kind of idle time and I've got my phone with me, which I usually do, I'll just call up 712-775-8162, which is so easy. And the show just comes right on and I'll just hear like now, whatever random shows. Now Northern on. California, when you're out there tending to the crops and whatnot, do you ever listen to the, the, the fraud show? Yeah, all the time, but usually in archive form and not on uh, the call to listen line. But but you, do you listen to the streaming reruns or no? Uh, only like once okay. have I actually done the call to listen line when you are off air. Okay. Trader Ruski, are you still with us? Oh yeah. Now, Trader Ruski, if you just hammered at the assistant, turn on season eight, episode five of the Fraud Show. Would they know what to do? <laughs> Oops, sorry about that. They would, but I normally don't go back that far because, uh, you know, I try to listen. I also like to listen after I fall asleep, see if I woke up in the middle and blurted something out. So do you actually hear us when we're later telling you, Trader Ruski, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? I okay, usually hear that after the fact. I, I'm going to play this person. Uh, it's like a stand-up uh, comedy thing. I just picked it randomly. This is at 1.5 times speed. Let's hear it. This is the bad scene. Just walking around. This is normally how nights work. Um, normally what happens is when people are telling you a story, halfway through their story, it suddenly reminds you of the story. So the whole way through their story, you're not listening to a word they're saying. You're just thinking, hurry up and finish that stupid story. So that's 1.5 speed. Now I'm gonna, and they make one, them sound like they have an accent, too. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, I wonder what it does to our accents. Okay, let's go to this, – this is the same thing with him speaking normally. Normally what happens is when people are telling you a story, halfway through their story, it suddenly reminds you of the story. So the whole way through their story, you're not listening to a word they're saying. So, so it's the same content, but you're, the, the, the spaces in his words are removed. So that's, that's what uh, Nerekil does. I, I can't stand listening to the sped-up speech because it, it just sounds very stressful so what, to listen So to. what is he stating is the case then, since he was saying that, uh, my theory that possibly, I don't know, I just made a suggestion because we just heard about this. Six Max bot that it could be under beta testing. He's saying that's not the case. Yeah, it's been there since he went and played some ten dollar tiles. So then what? 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 So it's what we probably so thought. Saying, which yeah, is he, he's saying? You're right. So he's saying that it's definitely not that it was beta testing because it's been there for almost two years, and then the, the beta test would have to be over after six months. So so there's no way it's that. And this guy is never wrong with these things. So and he he personally played it. So. Uh, so for sure, he, he played it back then in 2014. So, so we've been trying to figure out why they took it because Brandon noticed that more and more people have been playing it. Brandon was actually going down to play it and running into a number of people hogging up the machine for a long time. It was hard for him to get a seat there. Well, let's let's just say this: from around New Year's up until the Super Bowl. Uh, so what is that like? Maybe a month and change. Yeah, uh, I went down there six times when I was on the strip to attempt to play it at all, I guess never early in the morning, but in the afternoon and the evening and the you know late evening and in the middle of the night, five out of the six times it was being played. And you could just tell the person was camping out there. There's a couple of empty drinks and they, one person had like their feet on another machine, you know, just to indicate, you know, he was tired. He'd been there a while. And then a few cases, uh, and, oh, I'm sorry, and everyone was using their car, too, which is a sign that, you know, they know what, what's going on. In a few cases, I looked at the tiers, and they were all, I think, like, the, the lowest I saw one guy had was, like, 600, meaning tiers. He had accrued during that session, indicating that they had been there, you know, quite some time. 
Um, so then finally on the sixth, and that was the last time I attempted to play, uh, I played, I don't know, maybe four hours or so, three hours. I earned, uh, I don't remember, maybe 800 tiers. And I wanted to go for the 1500 for the higher bonus. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was tired. And, uh, I think my session was somewhat like Druff's last session. I, I was up at one point, almost $500. I was up quite a bit. And I think I ended up winning like 150. So I think I'm stuck like 350 lifetime. I mean, I only played it twice. But, uh, you know, the one thing I could think of, or I guess the two things I, I, I could think of in regards to why it's gone would be that uh, even though – I well, okay, Druff had another theory that possibly people were winning and that alerted them. I don't think that's true. And if people were winning, you know, which I don't doubt, I don't think it could be anything – I mean, the highest limits were one dollar, two. No, I'm not saying that. So, I'm not saying anyone was killing it. My my theory about this, and by the way, just to just to tell people why we're discussing the traffic on the machine. There's a lot of video poker machines that just sit and sit and sit and barely get played, and uh, and same with slot machines. So a machine that is fairly actively played, you can just say, well, Brandon only went down six times. It could have just been a coincidence. There are people there. Uh, he saw enough play coming into these machines to where, compared to other video poker machines in that bank, it it had to have gotten enough action. It couldn't be from inactivity. But so so this leaves, uh, and it's not from being beta tested because of what we just said about it being there since fourteen. No, if anything, most recently because of the attention of the McAfee guy <laughs> the and McAfee then the fraud guy. site, it, it probably has gotten more attention. Yeah, it has. That, no, yeah. I never would have played if I hadn't heard about it. Right, recently. I, I, I have too. Right. right, so it got much more attention recently. It's gotten much more play recently. So I thought either one people figured out how to either beat it or come very close to even with it. Or, or two, they just didn't like how people were running up tier credits with this that they felt uh, were not that they, they weren't getting enough money out of these people compared to the tier credits being generated. And I think I, I have another theory kind of related to that. Uh, Brandon, aside from the fact that this is kind of fun to play this thing, I, I found it kind of fun. Did you find it kind of fun? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it in yeah. the sense that I knew I could play it. And you know, my own my own goal was to enjoy it and to get some tears. And I yeah, didn't, you know. Right. Anytime you don't have to really stress about you know winning or losing thousands of dollars, right? Okay. You know, that, at a that, time, that, that's you what I was going to say. Sit, chill, and relax, and you know, look at your phone, play a little bit. And it's, yeah, it, it, it's it was fun. Yeah, it was almost that, like a uh, like an Xbox version of poker, but one that you'd want to play. You, you know, like who's going to you know in our position? I mean, everyone on the fraud site. You know, remember. Uh, Daniel Negreanu came out with like an Xbox poker game once. Oh yeah, that's such a You know, you like who would buy that? Like unless, <laughs> especially after playing for real money. So you know, you did have the incentive that you could win a little bit. It, it was you know competitive that you were trying to beat it, and you'd get tears, and you never really had to sweat. Okay, if you lost three hundred, four hundred dollars, what does it really mean in the big run? It's not yeah, so, you know, so over that's, hours right. and hours. That, so that's that's the point I'm going to come to here. You're right, and and so I found it fun, and it was uh, it, it wasn't very stressful, and I, I found it of course interesting. From a standpoint of trying to come up with my strategies on how to beat the thing, with how to, understanding the way the computer plays, and I posted my report on on my findings of it, so that part was fun. And but Brandon, what he said is is very true. You can kind of play stress free poker on it. it. It was fun. It wasn't just like it was more fun than video poker, where you're just kind of mindlessly pressing buttons and uh, according to a preset strategy. This one actually has some real thinking and strategy to it. And you earn tier credits. But the big point is, as Brandon said, you're not going to lose a whole lot of money while doing it. And I think that could be it, too, in that it didn't have high enough variance if you knew what you were doing. So 
they may not have liked the fact that you could run up 2,500 tier credits. If you play fast enough, you could you maybe run it up in, what, eight hours or something. And you could do that without really risking a lot of money. Whereas if you run up 2,500 tier credits in video poker, you're probably risking losing um, over $2,000. Well, their first mistake, and I mean, I don't know if this was done, uh, you know, like the, the, the heads up Texas Hold'em, you know, I've said this before, that we that we first started playing, the highest limits I've ever seen uh, were 200, 400. At, and this was at in the high limit room, the only one machine they had at MGM. Now, the problem with this, and I never played it that high, was that any time an accumulated pot was 1,200 or more every single time the machine would lock up. And you had to do a hand pay. And, 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 and so, right. So even if you wanted to play, and I never did, uh, you'd have to have somebody behind you. And what they would do is they put you on what's called a log. And what that means is every time you have a jackpot, the machine would still freeze and lock up. But you wouldn't have to fill out the paperwork and all you'd have to do at the end of your session, they'd accumulate all of them for you. So, but you still have someone behind you that have to reset, you know, with a key, yeah, key the pain, machine yes. every single time. So I don't know why they had it that high. Yeah, but, now he's talking about know, for the listeners here. He's talking about the the Texas Hold'em heads up bot that we used to have. They're not not this fold up machine. We go, right. go on. So, so the highest you know they had uh, it was like I think ten, twenty, twenty, forty, forty, eighty. 100, 200, and 200, 400. And the highest I played was 4080. Even with 100, 200, it's quite easily possible to get, you know, a jackpot. Um, so the thing that I thought about the, the machine at Harris was I found it kind of odd the highest limits were 1, 2. Um, even somebody that's, I don't know, I would, maybe a poker donk, but still somewhat knows how to play poker and you're going to get lucky. You could play at the lowest stakes for a hundred bucks and reasonably play for a couple on or a couple hours at 25 cent, 50 cent. And that's, that is that right? It's 25 yeah. cent, 50, yeah, yes, yes. 50 a dollar. Yeah. So that was the first thing I noticed. Like you're not that machine, even, even though with, with the rake and the hold, it's not going to make a lot of money. I mean, you know, the machine next to it and the machine to the right of it, to the left and to the right, both had video poker games where you could play, uh, up to, I think the highest was they had two dollar limit, so you could bet ten dollars a spin, and you could easily go through you know a couple thousand dollars over a couple hours running bad, but you couldn't in that kind of game. So that kind of struck me as odd. I mean, if there were higher stakes there, you know, then you know you'd have the chance of a donk coming by, right. or even a you know a professional poker player that was inexperienced and wanted to learn and would lose you know a couple thousand dollars. I once told the story how I watched. Uh, Carlos Mortensen, this was back at the uh, the old bot at Caesars, easily lose like six or $7,000 playing 2040 at Caesars, but he wasn't playing, I mean, he wasn't trying to lose, but he was more concerned with getting the seven-star card, which I assume would be just for the rooms. You know, I can't imagine him like, you know, showing up for shell gas cards or things like <laughs> that, but the perks of you know, the fact that Caesars are in, you know, many different states and he travels a lot, and you know that that's a great perk to have for a traveling pro. Imagine if you take off, you know, just lodging everywhere. That, that's a good chunk of of you know yeah. what you're spending. So anyway, I thought it was odd that the limits were low. And then the other thing that's really really interesting about those kind of machines, and I learned these from the Bally's roulette machines, is that they could easily open up the machine and within a, just a number of minutes change the limit to anything they wanted to. So it's not like a question of 
you know, they have to build a new machine or, you know, when, when you see a machine like, for example, like I said, the Bally's roulette, which sometimes are a quarter of the highest, sometimes they're a dollar. They can go, I've seen them as high as $10, which means in theory you could bet 10, I mean, you could literally bet about 30000 on a spin. And this is, you know, a little video roulette machine. So I found that kind of odd. The limits were so slow, low, meaning that like the, the, the casino wasn't going to make a lot of money off it. I mean, it's very hard to lose a lot of money in that game. Uh, I think what probably happened, because the, the second time I was there, it was around, I don't know, maybe 9 or 8 p.m., and I had a number of people walking by, uh, you know, just not bothering me, but just there were a lot of people in the air, a lot of employees, a lot of slot attendants. I think they noticed that it was getting more play for some reason than it had the first two years. And then I think what it's, what it's going to come down to, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't think we can ever prove this, but I don't think it was because people were uh, winning too much money. I just think in terms of the amount of money the machine was taking, I think overall the machine's profitable. Uh, I think in terms of what the machine was taking, the amount of tears people were getting, it was not what Caesars had in mind. Yeah, I, th- the- I think you're very close with that. I think I think it is something like that. And I, I think a, a, one big problem is if you think about why – remember what, when they changed the seven-star requirements where they give these bonus tiers and they, they did that whole thing and they upped the tier credit requirement for seven-star from 100K to 150K? Right. And they did that to stop the locals who were showing up and playing low-limit games every day, 365 days a year, and slowly grinding up to seven stars without never without never risking too much money. So even if their theoretical loss is the same over 365 days, uh, that wasn't what Caesars was intending with the seven-star program. That's supposed to be geared towards high-limit players. And the reason they want high-limit players is they want players who can go off for a lot of money at once. Because uh, re- gamblers, human gamblers are not machines. And, and human gamblers can let their emotion get the best of them. So if you're a high-limit player and you're running badly, uh, you may start playing more and more higher and higher and just go nuts and shoot off a lot of money at you know, once. Where if you're, one... if you're a guy who shows up with, with 100 bucks in your pocket every day for 365 days and plays low limits, you're never going to shoot off. They're, they're never going to make that much from you. They don't want that person accumulating seven stars. So, so this, I think, is a form of that. I think the reason they didn't turn this up to a higher limit – was because they they still weren't sure about the machine. They wanted to make sure nobody could really beat it. They they didn't want to take a lot of risk with it, uh, and they probably just didn't pay that much attention after that about what the, what they did about ever turning it back up. But I think the problem with this is similar to the seven star low limit grinders. Is that they didn't like people earning a lot of tier credits without really the ability to lose a whole lot of money at once. That the, in the best case scenario for the casino, other than a complete fish who doesn't know what he's doing. No one's going to sit at that machine and walk away a whole lot poorer, and and yet they're going to earn a lot of tier credits and get diamond and seven star uh, a lot easier than than they will everywhere else. Right? If you think well, about I mean, it, you know, look at it from this perspective: if you were playing at a machine to the left or the right of it, uh, we'll just say double double bonus video poker, and you put in a hundred dollars, okay, and you're playing dollars, how long could, could you reasonably expect to play? Do you think? I don't know about expect, but you could easily lose the hundred pretty fast because that's just... well, well. That's my point. I mean, yeah. It, okay, you know what? Let me rephrase it. W- would you say it'd be uncommon to lose that hundred in less than thirty minutes? No, not at all. Of course, I mean, you could be lost in ten minutes. Yes, but versus playing that game, it, you know, especially if you're playing a lower limit, it's it's very unlikely. You know, it's, it's very unlikely. Yeah. Now, the other thing you need to account for, which I just kind of thought about now, is the impact of this show. 
you know, and maybe we're at the point that when we talk about things that we enjoy or that are plus EV, maybe we shouldn't talk about them. And I, I know people are, you know, are going to hear this and get upset, but you can't <laughs> discount the fact that somebody that works at Harris could be listening. Somebody that's a gambling enthusiast, a poker enthusiast that has, I mean, Harris is a big company. I, I don't mean Harris just, you know, I mean, that specific casino employs thousands of people. They're located in Las Vegas. Who's to say somebody hasn't heard us talk about it, hasn't heard the things that we said? Who's to say we haven't caused this? I mean, I'm not saying it's likely, but it's definitely no, Brent, possible. Brent trying to, to give us the blame for this. But, yeah, no, there are people who hear, in fact, uh, even though these are not uh, direct employees, uh, the full-time employees of, of Caesars, dur- during most World Series, at one point, some dealer I, I don't recognize – at least one usually every year, sometimes more, will tell me that they listen to this show and they enjoy it. And people I don't even know, I've never heard of before, that listen and, and even, in fact, sometimes, sometimes tell other people at the table that they like my show. So uh, I'm sure there's employees, several employees of Caesars Properties that do listen. So it could be them. It could even be that we influence more people to go down and play it and that uh, they saw more activity on that and looked into it and said, whoa, 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 look, no one's losing a lot of money, and they're earning a lot of tier credits. But I'm saying, do you think it's preposterous to think that somebody in probably the 200, 300-man slot department or maybe even in media at Harris has heard about this? No, easily they could have. Or maybe it was Googled, you know, so you can't discount that no, either. there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways it could have been done. I, I, so we're going to try to call up, and this is after midnight, so... Uh, there definitely will be somebody. There will be just, somebody there for sure. What, but but how knowledgeable you want to do is you want to ask if you can speak with a supervisor in the slot department. You don't want to speak with anyone in table games or yeah, any other department. Yeah. Just say, can I please speak with a supervisor in the slot department, and I'll give you the number right now. Yeah, uh, the number is going to be. Hey, when they give me this eight hundred crap. No, of course not. I see a seven zero two eight nine two seven five seven five. Is that it? Yep. Okay. Believe so. All righty. What do you think uh, Harris is rated on Yelp and Tra- Travel Advisor? Like just in terms of the hotel? Probably three stars. Yeah, Thank you for so. calling the Visitor Information Line for the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority what? and our official website, lasvegas.com. That's not the right Please thing. Please choose from the dial? following menu options. Hold on, if maybe you'd like to book hotel, I hate when they keep trying to direct you to that 800 number because you never reach the hotel that way. Let's see. Well, no, you know, that, you could it, probably call Caesars and ask to be connected to them. Yeah, that was that was the wrong phone number. Here, I'm going to try. Uh, let's try three six nine five thousand. I think. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I hate when they make it hard to find a f- local phone number of a hotel. I understand they don't want you bothering the front desk to make reservations, but if you sometimes you just want to reach the front desk or, or the hotel itself. Yeah. Thank you for calling Harris Las Vegas. Ah, got it. For room reservations, please press one. No. For restaurant reservations, please press two. No. For box office, please no. press three. For all other inquiries. No. What are you doing? What am I doing? Thank you for calling so pre- Caesar's Entertainment. That? I didn't do anything. Our reservations oh, office it. is currently closed and will reopen at five a.m. <sighs> So someone someone messed with us and pressed one. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Northern, Northern Thank California you. guy did you do Harris, it? Las Vegas. For room I haven't reservation, touched the thing. Okay, Thank you for calling Harris Las someone Vegas. Your here. call may be recorded. 
Okay, I'm gonna try one more time. Don't don't do it, people. Don't whoever's doing this, don't do it to me. I have to admit it was me the second time, but it wasn't me the first time. No, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up on everybody. Thank in a you second. for calling Harris Las Vegas. For room reservations, don't, please press no, one. No. For restaurant reservations, please press two. Keep your hands two. off the keyboard. For box office, please press three. Box for all office. other inquiries, please remain on the line, and you will be connected. Inquiries. We're another inquiry. Inquiries. What is Lloyd getting all upset in the chat about? He's, he's, been, he's, been, a bad, he's been in a bad Thank mood you for tonight. calling Harris Las Vegas. Your call may be recorded for quality assurance. Lloyd's been complaining the whole night. I don't know what his problem is. saying that we're an embarrassment to the podcast community. That we're not, shouldn't, hello? 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 <laughs> you gotta be kidding. They, they hung, okay. <laughs> I'm just no, shows us, I see it's still being connected. No, someone hung up. No, thank I, you for no, calling Someone, someone, hung, someone hung up, I, I had to call back. They thank you up. for calling Harris I think they heard Las you talking Vegas. About Lloyd and just hung Your up call us. may be recorded for quality assurance. Thank you for calling Harris Las Vegas. Toka speaking. I'm assist you. I had a good Nigel Fabersham here. Um, I'd like to speak to a uh, a supervisor at the slot department, please. Absolutely. All right. Give me just one moment. I'll gladly connect your call. Make sure it's not the blackjack or the you know, the craps department. I don't want to speak about Baccarat either. Just, it's, it has to be somebody at the slot department, if you can do so. Certainly. All right. I'll gladly connect your call with our slot dispatch and they will locate management to assist you for alright tally ho pip pip let's go on with it thank you have a good evening slots dispatch this kid how may I help you uh, hello Ken and Nigel Fabersham here uh, I'd like to speak to a supervisor or manager in this department at the moment this is the slot department is that correct that's correct and yes. may, may I know who's calling, please? Uh, yes, my name is Colonel Nigel Fabersham, and um, I've, I've traveled all the way from uh, from London, UK, to uh, to play okay. over here at Harrow's. And I, I have a question about one of the games I cannot find here that I know was in this right. casino a few weeks ago. All right. Hang on for a sec. Uh, hello, can I know Nigel Fabersham here. Uh, are you the, um, the the slot supervisor? I am. All right, so let me tell you what's happened here. Um, I- I'm visiting Las Vegas at the moment. I flew all the way out here from London. And um, I-, I have a friend named Lloyd, and um, he- he's a local here in Las Vegas. And uh, he-, he was mm-hmm. coming to, um, to Harrah's quite regularly to play what's known as the Texas Hold'em Fold-Up Machine. Are you, are you aware of what that was? I think so, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's where you play a, a Texas Hold'em game against five computerized opponents. This is a, a machine, like, with the video poker machines over there. It was by the sure. buffet. Yeah. Um, so I had never played it before, but I, I'm a big lover of, of Limit Texas Hold'em. So so Lloyd told me that, that I should come out and play that. And I actually arranged a special trip to come from uh, from all the way from London, all the way to Las Vegas to, to play the game. So I came here, and I came to the buffet, yeah. and I, I looked around, and the machine was not there. This This was a few days ago. And I said... What the bloody hell would it go? I, I came all the way out here, and I, I asked Lloyd, did, uh, were you pulling my leg? You know, and he said, no, 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 it, it was really here. And he swore to me it was there. Yeah. And I, I spoke to some of my other uh, some of my other mates, and they said, yes, yes, um, it was there before, but um, we can't find it anymore. So do you have any idea uh, why the machine was taken out and if it's going to come back anytime soon? Uh, I know the machine is removed. Is it going to be coming back? No. As to why, that's uh, above my pay grade. 
But do you do you not know? Or you you can't tell me. You just don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, so do you know what date it was removed? I want to know how close I was to um, to missing the whole thing. That I don't know, sir. No, sir. Yeah, because I, I heard it was something like at the beginning of March. I, I just missed it, and I came all the way out here. And I can do other things. You know, like while I was over there, I ate at the buffet, and I got some indigestion like I usually do at buffets. And, you know, the, the prime rib, it was kind of like eating shoe leather. And, you, know, you probably don't want to hear about my problems with the buffet. But, you know, I did some other things. But, uh, you know, I, it's just – you know, it, it's just – I was hoping to do that. You know, yes, I can go to the, one right. of these, these garbage strip clubs that's between the Stratosphere and, the, and Circus Circus and, you know, get a lap dance for $10. You know, yes, I can do that, and I can't do that in London. That's true, but, but that's not why I came out here. You know, I didn't come out right. here to get a lap dance from a, a woman who's 26 years old with a beer belly and a C-section scar. I can do it for $10, but I, it's not why I came out here to do it. I, I came out here to play the Texas fold-up bot, and I, I couldn't play it anymore. So, I, but you're sure it's right. never coming back here? You're sure it's gone for good? As far as I know, yeah. Um, I know we only had one of those machines in the past. We had up to three of those machines. But um, to my knowledge, yeah, I don't know if it's going to come back. I mean, nothing is definitive ever, but there's absolutely no way to tell what's going to happen in the future. I mean, that's basically slot operations, so, so, and they, they dictate all that. Uh, one other question. was: Were any other slots in that section removed or changed, or was it just that one? Hard to say. We're always moving machines around. I mean, a casino is kind of like a video store. Um, they're always moving things around. And sometimes you might start, you know, if you go in a video store back in the day, you might have 20 copies of a movie, and you go the next week, and there's five copies of a movie, and then you go two months later, and there's only one copy of the no, movie. I, I Plot machines are kind of the same. Yeah, this happened to me every time I tried to go rent Ernest Goes to Camp. It was never there. I didn't yeah. think it was that popular, but everyone wanted to see Ernest go to the camp, I guess I guess because <laughs> I liked him talking to that Vern character that we never see on the screen. So so anyway, yeah, back I, here, I, I, yeah. I, what, what um, you know, the reason I was wondering this, is that Lloyd also told me that every time he was going down there in January and, and in February, yeah. um, he was having a hard time even getting a spot at the machine. There's always someone there playing it. He said, this is so popular, and you, you've got to have right. to make sure you know, keep going down to play. And he said it was one of the most popular machines there in 2016. And I thought, of all things to remove, they removed the one that's getting the most action. So I thought, this is just so strange. And you know, maybe someone was learning how to beat it. I, I didn't know what it was. But uh, all right, I, I guess I've um, picked your brain for the most information on this topic that can possibly be done. So uh, thank you for mm-hmm. giving your time here. And what did you say your name was? Uh, my name is Matthew. Matthew, all right. Well, um, you know, hopefully uh, at some point it returns, and maybe uh, what I'll have to do is I'll have to send uh, Lloyd back down there like the day before I get on my flight next time right. if I hear it's there. So it yeah, yeah, and, and we look forward to having you come and visit us again. Uh, just keep in mind, you know, even if you were to call a friend and say, is that machine there? You know, with machines, there's always that chance that, you know, a machine could be moved for any reason. So, you know, know, you always want to keep that in mind, especially if you're planning a trip around playing a specific machine at a specific location. It may or may not be there. Yeah, Hopefully it is. But, it's, it's a yeah. problem. It's, it's like gambling within gambling. It's like gambling about gambling. And, and so I gambled right. about being able to gamble, and I lost. So, it, you know, that's, that's how <laughs> right. bad my luck is. I, I lose before I even play the machine once. All right. Uh, so, anyway, thank you very much for your, for your information. Natalie, hope, pip, pip, and let's go on with the whole thing. All right. Very good. They never know how to respond to the Talio Pip-Pip. That guy's like the act, absolute personification of walking the company line. He said everything <laughs> he was supposed to say. He was as polite as he was. I mean, you know what I mean? That yeah. guy is what everyone wants in a company to how to handle a call. They got to give the guy credit. He was nice. Yeah, he and was. Of course, he knows 100, 100, 100. 
100%. He knows more than he's telling you, which he's not allowed to tell you more what the reasoning is. But he definitely knows why it was taken out. I mean, in fact, he knew that there was three of them, which which is very strange. That's really the only thing we learned from this call, that apparently there used to be three of them. Yeah. Um, so I think more likely than not, that because of our show, and, and, and even if it wasn't our show itself, it was the article by that uh, McAfee guy and the – you know, then the amount of people that kept going and playing it, it made them do some research. And I'm sure, like, all those... They're not, listen, not everyone's a fucking idiot, even if you work for, for Caesars. I mean, there are people that work for Caesars that are still smart people. So I think it's very reasonable to assume someone said that, you know, someone thought, well, I mean, we've had three of these machines, now we have one. It's been a ghost town for years. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, people are here all the time. People are playing hours. What is it? And then someone took a closer look. I mean, do you agree? We can't just assume everyone is incompetent. It doesn't, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's, you don't think they have one smart person in the Harris? Maybe Matt, maybe Matt. Yeah, maybe Matthew maybe. is. So I'm just saying, you know, it, it definitely, it, I am not going to believe, although nothing could be proven, that it was a coincidence that we talk about it and people start playing it. No, I think they both go hand in hand. The fact that it was being played more than it had in the past, um, and now it's gone, and it sucks. Um, I, I mean, I would not have used it to get seven star. I mean, it would have taken a lot of time. Um, definitely would have gotten diamond that way. Uh, but you know, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. It does suck, like you said. Special. Seems like you always miss out on these things. I right? do. I, I always changes I always... or something's taken away or something. Uh, a year or... ago, a year ago, I went to Harris Rincon. And played a very good game, the double super times pay bonus poker, which is like 99.67%. And it's kind of a fun machine, too. It's more fun than regular video poker. Uh, but I, I played that. I, I fortunately got six Royal Flushes, which is just getting lucky there. But uh, um, I, I was going to come back the very next week and play it again and finish off my seven star. Gone. Now, fortunately, I found this out uh, before I before uh, I went there. I, I found this out. Because I, I checked. I was a little paranoid. What if it vanishes in the week? And sure enough, it vanished in that week. So they, they, for some reason, stuff always disappears. And I, I didn't, like, advertise that machine, even, which had been around forever also. But, like, I didn't advertise that either. That wasn't my fault. It vanished. But, like, it always seems to be, like, as soon as I get interested in something, it t- gets taken away from me. Hmm. It always gets ta- – things always get taken away when I notice them. So, all right. Uh, I'm looking at the website now, but it's very, very strange because I'm on. It's Forward Thinking Inc. is the name of the company. Well, that's what I was going to get you next about who, who made this, who made this box. And, so. and but the thing that's so strange is it promotes everything about the game, but it gives you absolutely no way to contact right, anyone. Right. So we're going to give the people the address. If you go to TexasHoldemFoldUp.com, not exactly the best uh, website address, but Texas Hold'em. That's H O L D E M. Fold up, F O L D up. So Texas Hold'em Foldup.com. You will get the website for this game and for and about the company that made it called Forward Thinking and about the guy who really is behind the company, Forward Thinker, whose name is Michael Baker. And as Brandon said, there is no way to contact them. There is no contact us form. There's no phone number. There's no email address. Nothing. You just you just read and that's it. That's all, all you can do here. There's no there's no way to get a hold of them. So this is what it says about Michael Baker, who made the game. Michael Baker, the creator of Texas Hold'em Fold Up, earned his undergraduate degree from the University of Alabama. At only the age 23, he received his MBA in corporate finance from Mississippi State University. 
He spent 15 years in New York City in the financial services industry, working for a Fortune 100, working for Fortune 100 companies, and was named Man of the Year for his r- regional metropolitan life insurance office. <laughs> uh, he, he was named to the company's president's conference for the top 1% of earners and was promoted to MetLife's New York office within two years. Who cares? Uh, the inventor enjoys watching the World Poker Tour on TV and is thrilled to see the poker is fast becoming a spectator sport. Hobbies include coin collecting, chess, swimming, and, of course, poker. So that's there's no picture of him. That's just the description of him. So I was curious about this guy. I figure maybe he knows the answer to where it went, why it was taken down, and just even to get the history on the game and how he, you know, how he got IGT, the company that uh, ended up manufacturing it, how, how he got them interested in it. I, I thought he'd be a good interview, and I'd love to get the insider information on this game. So I, I spent some time last night trying to find Michael Baker to contact him, not not to bother him, not to uh, harass him in any way, but just to ask him some questions. If he didn't want to answer, that's fine too but to see if he'd be, want to come on the show, to see if uh, he could give me some more information on this. And I honestly was a fan of the game. I, I enjoyed playing it, and Brandon did too. So I tried to look for him, and I could not find him. Now, the fact that his name is Michael Baker made it tough because it's a very common name. The only thing that's not common is that he calls himself, not on the website, but I found on some patent applications he submitted, he calls himself Michael. Wait, you looking at the dude's patent application? Yeah, no, I got I Jesus, dug deep. You dig deep. Yeah, so I found his. He calls himself Michael D. A. Baker, which that part's unusual. So, well, I, at least it's not David Baker. Yeah, well, maybe the D stands for David. Hopefully not. Michael D. A. Baker. So, Michael D. A. Baker. If you go to Poker Fraud Alerts Casinos in Las Vegas forum and then look at the new six-handed limit hold'em bot at Las, at Harris Las Vegas thread, the very last post on that thread, you'll see my link to the patent that he filed from uh, regarding this game. And the date that he filed it was November 20th, 2007? So this thing's over eight years old in a way. So this is I, I found that Michael Baker actually files for a number of patents about a number of things, including uh, uh, like toy invasion. Do, do you have any idea, by the way, where he lives, where he's based out of? Uh, at one time, I got a, I got an old address for him. I think it was old in in Maryland, but I don't know where he is now. I had a hard time finding him. So actually, this was not. It was granted November twentieth. This was filed in on November third, two thousand five. So this is actually more than ten years ago. He filed a patent for Texas Foldup, but not for this machine. Yeah, it actually had his address in this uh, this two thousand five patent application which was uh, uh, in Kensington, Maryland. and so I'm just looking at Hendon Mob, and there's a Michael Baker. I mean, I know it's a common name, but still there's a Michael Baker that... Is it from Maryland? No. It's probably not him. But, but anyway, uh, this he, what he would do, he, he'd come up with a concept for poker, and instead of just saying, oh, you know what would be cool if we did this, like he'd file patents for every little variation he came up with for poker while everybody else just kind of like comes up with an idea for a game and either it goes nowhere or or maybe they get a card room to spread it after after some review uh this guy patents everything so he patented texas fold-up not the machine the machine is pretty interesting that i can see being patent worthy but he actually patented the idea of a texas hold'em game where just everyone turns their cards up when they fold that that was the whole that was the whole patent which is kind of 
crazy if you think about it. That, that he comes up with the identical game to regular Texas Hold'em. Well, you know what? The next thing would be to call IGT, which you could easily. Well, that, do. That's what I was thinking of doing. We can't obviously right now, but uh, but uh, yeah, he actually patented, which he was granted in 2007, a variation of Texas Hold'em where everyone folds their cards face up. Which you think is such a small change. I mean, yeah, it changes the gameplay somewhat, but it's it's not a major new game in poker. Well, think about the bot. In the beginning, everyone's, you know, the, the heads-up bot. Everyone's thing was, you could see his cards, you know, because when, when whether you played Delian or folded, you could always see what the bot had. Yeah. So so he actually ta- patented Texas uh, Hold'em Fold-Up, and sometime after that, he came up with the idea of, well, now that I have a patent for this, why don't I make this bot based on this? And I don't know... At that point, how much work he did personally. I don't know if he actually programmed it or if he just conceptualized the game or he brought it to IGT, who then developed it. I think it would be interesting to speak to IGT, which is the, they make a lot of the machines in uh, in Vegas, IGT. It's called uh, Interactive Gaming Technology. They've been around forever. But uh, I, I would like to speak to them about this, but that was the only thing I could find about Michael D.A. Baker was all these different, different patents. I think he's filed at least like seven patents. So that, that's what this guy does. He comes up with little modifications to poker, little ideas having to do with poker, and patents them. But he actually got this one machine made. As I said, I don't know if he programmed it. I don't know if he developed the whole concept of this or if it's just like, kind of like a, an offshoot of his fold-up idea. Uh, but, uh, but I have to think he's mo- had more involvement with it than just this original fold-up idea, which he came up with in 05. So that's all I found. If anybody can find him, as I said, he lived in uh, Kensington, Maryland in 2005, but I don't believe he lives there anymore. This is, reminds me of War Games, trying to find Dr. Stephen Hawkins. He probably changed his name, and now he lives off off some island off the coast of Seattle, You're Washington. right. I knew this sounded familiar. It, it, it's exactly Remember like him? Yes. It's exactly like War Games. So, and, and maybe if we find him and I go to an island to find him, then I, I, when I'm trying to run away, I won't be able to swim. Okay. I'm looking at his patents, too. It's just actually chip earning for prolonged. These are other things he had patented. Chip Earning for prolonged player interest. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing he patented is that that like if you stay at a game for a long time, stay at a poker game for a long time, that they they give you special chips for being there a long time. Like that that's patented. Like you'd think, okay, like I guess that's an inter- like a semi interesting promotion for a casino, but is that worth the patent? I don't think so. But that's that's what this guy does. He likes to patent everything. Then he has another one called Texas Hold'em with additional features where you get three hole cards and a player gets to discard one. And new winning <laughs> possibilities are provided, but that's basically that's, that's pineapple. pineapple. I was going to say it's pineapple. Yeah, additional features. <laughs> so what? I think this guy just likes to patent everything. Oh, but basically he was trying to get – okay, no, the, yeah, it's pineapple, but it's basically pineapple for limit hold'em on, on a uh, slot machine. Okay, so maybe he's filing these patents so he can. So when it says, how do you know if it's been approved? I see a priority date, a filing date, a public and a publication date. If it if it says patent number whatever, if it has a patent number and it says date of patent, then it's uh, it's approved. No, this wasn't approved probably because they told him it was pineapple. <laughs> but like this is already pineapple. This is already there. He's like, okay, well, how about uh, Texas Hold'em with additional additional features? It's where you get four cards and you have to you can only use two to match with the board. You go, uh, that's Omaha. Well, can you patent it anyway? So anyway, he got he did get the patent for fold up though. It's, it's patent number uh, seven two nine six seven. You think that DA stands for? Does that mean anything? I think that means something. Yeah, maybe uh, dumbass. No, I shouldn't say that. He won't. He won't come on the show. 
District Attorney? <laughs> I'd rather dumbass. Okay, so if anyone can find this uh, Michael D.A. Baker and find a contact info for him, preferably an email, I, I feel I, I think I'd call him on the show if I had his phone number. I feel a weird just like calling him not on the show, but if like we got his phone number, I would call him during the show, during like the earlier hours of the show and, and see if we can reach him. Otherwise, you get like an email address or a Facebook page, something like that where I, I, I put most of my time into finding this patent stuff and I, I didn't spend as much time tracking down personal info, though I did spend a little and drew a blank. So if you find him, let me know. Just make sure it's the right Michael Baker so I don't bug the wrong guy. Think of, Look for Michael D.A. Baker, preferably with a connection to Maryland. And uh, if you, you you can just mess, PM me or email me. Wait, okay, I found, I found this other website. This is something else that he had approved. And on, on October second, two thousand twelve, it's called Trailer for a Livestock Shoot. A trailer for a livestock shoot with a trailer having a horizontal dis- disposed frame with a forward end, a rearward end, and a first side and second side. Wow, he's really branching out here. So he goes from from poker to to livestock. And this then is- here's another one: an animal container that he might. Yeah, <laughs> this is really strange. You, you think you think he just wakes up and he's like. I just thought of a good idea. Patent time. Like he loves to patent everything. This this guy's hobby is patenting things. It, it shouldn't say his hobbies are chess and coin collecting. It should be patent collecting. That's really what he's doing. This is really strange. It's, it's very strange. But, I but found there's nothing else that you could find about him. Yeah, he's just the he's just the patent master. Okay, so let's let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's go back to the agenda. Oh, the Caesar's uh, buffet. Uh, uh, this is not going to be a long topic, but we announced on a previous show that there was a promotion at Caesars where if you earned 50 tier credits which in a day, which you could either do playing $500 worth of uh, coin in, in video poker, which is not very much, or $250 coin in, in slots, which is not very much, you get you would get uh, 500 tier credits or sorry, 50 tier credits which would then qualify you for a free buffet. And you just have to go to Total Rewards say, hey, I played my 50 tier credits and they give you a coupon to go take to a buffet within two days. And you get in free. Pretty good promo. It's not super lucrative, but if you want, if you like the buffet or think it's at least worth eating, then uh, and you're going to gamble anyway. Fifty tier credits is not very much at all to earn. Well, this promotion was supposed to go to March 31st, and in traditional Caesar's fashion, despite all the promotion of this, they inexplicably ended it on March 4th. <laughs> they, they didn't say why. They didn't give any warning. It's just they took the web page down that was promoting it, and just anyone who came to ask about it, they said this is till March 4th. After that, it's gone. Well, I guess some locals, who I guess were the main ones taking advantage of this, and that's part of the reason they killed it probably. Some locals were really outraged about this, saying, look, your website said March 31st. What the hell? So why aren't you honoring this? Like some of them, I guess people came down there after March 4th, like say March 6th, ran their 50 tier credits, came to Total Rewards, and they sorry, folks, <laughs> you, you can't earn your tier credits. And people got pissed. They said, look, we read on your own website March 31st. Yeah, well, we changed it. People got really angry. So they made a compromise, but a secret compromise. It was a secret handshake with the locals. Basically, Total Rewards was instructed that if somebody is local and they saw the March 31st and they can present a Nevada ID, go ahead and honor it and give them the free buffet. If they, if they earn 50 tier credits. If you're not a local, if you have an ID from another state, tough luck on you. 
which, which is kind of strange because if you saw it, you saw it. Like, let's, uh, it doesn't matter if you live in Michigan and you saw it and you started playing it. You, you should have just as much of a right to it as the local. But it is secretly still available for locals. But if you try to redeem it when you're not a local, they'll just tell you it's, it's off, it's gone. If you are a local and you know that they're still honoring it for locals, then they will give it to you. So if you have a Nevada ID, and I haven't tried this myself yet, but if you have a Nevada ID and you've run 50 tier credits at any Caesars property in Las Vegas, try going to Total Rewards and ask them for the free buffet pass and heard that the, say you heard this is still for locals because uh, I was told they are still honoring it for locals, and uh, I think that's reliable information. If it's not, no big deal. You just don't get a buffet. But that's, Maybe Fabersham should call up and, and ask if he can show his passport to get his buffet. <laughs> he should say he lives in, like, uh, Nevada, England, and see if they'll let him. No, I, he can't call, unfortunately, because they've closed total rewards after midnight or after 11. So, Okay, so that house in South Kensington is owned by someone named Alicia Martinez now. Yeah, that's not him, obviously. It's 1,900 square feet. I'm, I'm going to research this. Okay. Something smells fishy. We're going to find Michael D.A. Baker. What if Michael D.A. Baker was really David Baker? What if, what if it leads to David Baker? And then I have well, that was really strange because when I did Michael Baker, and I, mean, I know that's a random name for poker, the ad or the city of the person it said was Katy, Texas. <laughs> Google Michael Baker. And then there's four of them, but the, you know, some one of them is from Ireland, so you can eliminate that. One person has like five hundred dollars in lifetime winnings, so eliminate that. And the other one has like two hundred thirty thousand in winnings, and he's from Katy, Texas. Well, who's Michael Baker by itself, or Michael Baker Poker? I just put in Michael Baker Poker. Okay, Poker. Let's see. I mean, it's possible it's David Baker's dad or something. I don't know. Not not this guy, but the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I see Michael Baker, Katy, Texas. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird. Maybe it is David Baker. Maybe David Baker has like a secret life. Okay, so uh, if anybody can find Michael Baker, even if it is David Baker, uh, we'll we'll try to get a hold of him. Maybe that'll be the way David Baker and I uh, bridge the gap and and uh, get on good terms. Maybe we'll bond over this, or probably we won't. Probably probably I'll think it was him, and then I'll say it was him, and then he'll get even madder at me. So what was the story now? You can get a free buffet only if you're a local? Only if you're a local and play 50 tier credits. But if you play 50 tier credits, someone was actually PMing me during the show. Please don't reveal this to everybody, uh, how you get the buffet. Just say, just tell me privately. I'm like, no, 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 it's not going to work for you. You're not from Nevada. And I was like, damn. So, okay, let's let's get to the general topics. But seriously, if you can find Michael D.A. Baker, let us know. Yes. Um, Brandon, tell them what you found. When you researched about 1400 AM KSHP, which runs the well, Mark Hoke show, and I'm just going to set it up and then you can tell them what you found. Yeah. Last, last time, Brandon and I had a, a spirited discussion where I said to Brandon that I think 1400 AM is such a fail station with such a tiny audience that no matter how good of a show you run on there, Brandon, Brandon said if he ran his own show on there that he could eventually build up a following and have a, a, a pretty good uh, audience. Uh, and I said you never would, not not anything because of you, but because it's just a fail station. No one would find it. No one would listen just because the station uh, has has no marketing, no audience, and you just won't get any new listeners. So he disagreed, and uh, we discussed it a long time. Since then, Brandon has done some research on 1400 Well, my disclaimer also, everything you said is accurate and correct with one thing I want to adjust that it was also kind of under the pretense that it would be a middle-of-the-night show. 
because all the other times, you know, time stamps or time spots that were like in, during the day were already taken. So that was part of it that, you know, I said, oh, at four in the morning, I can get people to listen. So it wasn't as much research that I did as I just happened to be out and about two times last week, uh, late at night. I think one time was around two in the morning or three in the morning, and then the other time was at four in the morning where I was in my car. And uh, both times I, I actually tuned into 1400. I wanted to hear what was on. I was thinking of the fraud show and, and whatnot. So both cases were the same. Now, the problem wasn't, or at least in my mind, still isn't the fact that I couldn't put on a good show. I couldn't attract a market and get people to listen. The problem was that this station apparently broadcasts so weak I could not hear them. I heard stations coming in both times from Arizona and as far away as Washington State over the local Las Vegas AM station. So, yes, at evening times, like I guess I'd say you know, the first time was around 1 o'clock or so, and the last time was at 4 or 5 in the morning. Uh, I mean, it's impossible. I, from the strip, and I actually, it's funny, I, I purposely kept tuning in and out just to see. And I don't know where this station is located. I should have, I guess, looked. But from Las Vegas Boulevard on I-15 and then on 215, and anyone that knows Las Vegas, that's a pretty good stretch of of roadway. I mean, we're not just talking, I'm in a garage or a parking tunnel and and I can't pick up a signal. Uh, So from Las Vegas Boulevard going up Spring Mountain to I-15, I could not hear it. I heard stations coming in and out from Arizona, heard stations from Washington, Washington. then again, when I got on 215, closer to where I live, could not hear it, nothing. And then I thought, oh, this is really, really odd. And, you know, I checked online, and there was the sports byline show that should have been on that, that you know, so I wanted to make sure, like, it just wasn't, you know, something was wrong with their transmitter or whatever. So then I tried again, I think maybe two or three days later, same thing, couldn't even hear it, nothing. I mean, I could hear, like, fizzling in the background. Now, if anyone obviously knows AM radio... Uh, and I, I know a lot about this because I used to be involved and in, in, in very interested in, in radio transmission. The, the thing that's very common with AM radio in general, um, and this is why the FCC limits the broadcast power specifically at night, is because of the frequency wavelength that AM radio stations are on. It's very common that you could pick up oh, – okay, well, you know, to make it easier, I'll say it like this. It, AM, the AM radio – band, which is stands for amplified modulation, is what's known as being in the shortwave radio band. Uh, you know, remember when you were kids and you'd see, you know, like, a, I don't know, a Radio Shack or other places that have shortwave radios and they, you listen to, like, the Colonel could listen to the British broadcasting news and, you know, things like that. So AM radio at night, because of the moon and, and you know, I remember all this when I was young, I'm sure someone... That's more educated about the uh, radio theory can explain it better than me. But it's a very common occurrence that you can hear stations up to 400, 500, even 1,000 miles away. Um, you know, just with a normal radio and antenna, even inside your home. So I thought this may be the case, but the fact that these stations were so loud and drowning out the AM station, uh, I mean, it's unbearable. Like, there's no, I don't even know who's paying for these stations at night because you can't hear them. Like I literally covered. I'm going to try this too uh, when I'm back in the area. The uh, I was looking while you were talking. I was looking up. There's a a website you can look up uh, predicted 
radio station coverage areas where they show the main coverage area and then then uh, an area that's kind of like uh, extended where sometimes you can hear as long as you can, and then fringe where once in a while uh, you can get lucky and pick up a signal. Uh, but the entire Las Vegas Valley, including Henderson, is covered in, in the daytime part, but even the nighttime uh, map. It, well, it, it, and, it, and I'm it, sorry, it, here's it, a good point. Jay Stat just said this. He can hear in his car, okay, from Las Vegas in San Francisco, he can hear 700, 720 KDN, which is a Vegas station. Wait, is he saying San Francisco? He's saying he can hear uh, AM radio station in San Francisco. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Um, it, because 720 KDWN is a 50,000 50, watt station. And that's why it's it's fifty. The uh, the station KSHP that you were trying to get is only a thousand watts, which should well, that, still, yeah. but but it should still be listenable because there's some stations that are forced to power down at night. Once it becomes nighttime, they are forced because to power of the down. phenomenon of what I said before. Yes, because, that because, was because, well, a shortwave radio band. Well, yes, be, uh, no, well, it's, it's because of the clear, the clear channels. What a clear channel is, it's when uh, certain stations have the right to not be interfered with. And if because of the the bouncing around of the signal, uh, you at, can't control that. Like I said, I heard right. a station clearly, and I you know I was listening because I wanted to know where it was from when I deed itself. One was in Washington State, and then the other was in Arizona. What, what, what I'm getting to here is when there is a clear channel station, then in order to prevent interference to it, all other stations that could possibly interfere with it are forced to power down at night. But fourteen. Hundred is not a clear channel frequency, which means no station has that right to to force others to power down. That's why it's still at a thousand. I thought maybe at night it powers down to thirty-five watts or something, but it doesn't. It's a thousand all day and all night. But as well, that you said, be there, enough to hear everywhere. There, 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 but there must be strong stations elsewhere that that are overpowering it at night, and, uh, and so, so it's probably just unlistenable at night. And I, that's, I didn't even expect that because it's a thousand watt station yeah. at all times. And the, the 50,000 watt stations, those at night can travel very, very far, as you might imagine. Uh, whereas a thousand watt station, and that's why J stat all the way in San Francisco, 600 miles away from Las Vegas is picking it up because it's 500, it's 50,000 Watts and it might even be a clear channel. So, uh, but well, yeah, I mean, if your audience can't even listen, I mean, then that's, that's just, you know, and maybe it's in. I, I you know. I, I don't know. I, maybe their transmitter is broken. Maybe they were using lower wattage. So I think if that's that's accurate, what you're saying, a thousand watts, you should easily be able to hear it all over Las Vegas. You should. I mean, it not. might be inter- interference. Uh, have you tried turning it on during the day and seeing what you get? Yeah, I've heard it fine. I've listened to it before. Okay, so that must be what's happening at night. It must be get clobbered. So during the day, there's no problem at all. So, so poor Mark Hoke, um, he, he's about to come back into the light, but during the winter. During the uh, November, December, January, he was in the dark after 5 p.m., and that meant that no one was able to hear poor Mark Hoke's show unless they listened on the Internet. I, I feel a little bit better now because Mark Hoke has made me so jealous. I, I'd go to bed at night, and I, I'd, I'd sit there with my eyes open, and I can't fall asleep, and i go, damn it. He has a real radio station, and I don't. He has a real radio station, and I don't. He has a re- he's broadcasting to people. They're just driving around in their cars, picking it up on 1400 AM, and I'm not. I'm on a stupid Internet station. Damn it. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I wish I had an Internet station. What's wrong with me? Where'd my life go wrong? But last night I slept so well because Brandon told me this, and I realized that during the winter, no one could hear Mark Hoke on terrestrial radio any better than they could hear me. And I thought, wow. I may have no station, but he has a station with no signal. 
but this might change now because it's uh, it's getting lighter and lighter after 5 p.m. And soon, in fact, on Sunday is daylight savings time, and then 5 p.m. will be light the entire hour from 5 to 6. But yeah, Mark Mark Hoke is. Uh, if you're listening, Mr. Hoke, I think you should switch your time slot. He now, doesn't listen, but we got that Hanson kid in the chat. We do. You know, I, we picked up the Hanson kid as a listener, and I, I appreciate that. That's that's good. So, so that's so. Let's get to the the what's going on with politics right now. That's uh, Marco Rubio, uh, bad emails and all, is is really cratering. Uh, there's been two primaries of note since the last show, and and both of them did not go well for for Marco Rubio. What do you mean of note? Well, okay. Consider of note, like you don't consider. Well, Puerto Rico is not of note. Okay. I mean, two big primary days since the last show. Wait, when wasn't there another primary? No, I think you're wrong. Wasn't there was also primaries on Saturday? That's what I'm talking about. That was one, and then the other one was on Tuesday. Oh, I thought you meant two two primary states, meaning no, 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 no. Two primary days. Yeah. So you're discounting three million Puerto Ricans. Yeah, unfortunately, I am. Yeah, All right. even though I, even though I'll be going there later this year, I'm still discounting them. So, uh, the, the the biggest shocker from all this was Michigan, and this was uh, the Sanders versus Hillary Clinton race, where it was considered a sure thing that Hillary was going to not just win but win big. She was ahead twenty one. She's still going to win overall in the polls. In Michigan, and and this is not old polls from a month ago. This was polls in the days leading up to the election. In fact, one even released on the day of the election. So these were very recent polls showing a 21-point lead in the history of primaries since polling was taken. It has never once occurred that someone who had an 18 more than an 18-point lead in the latest polls ended up losing. Never. The the biggest was an 18-point lead. In 1984, where Gary Hart ended up losing New Hampshire after he had an 18-point lead. That that was the biggest choke job anyone ever had versus the polls. So this was unprecedented territory for Bernie t- to possibly win that. Because he was 21 down in, in all the average of polls. Now, guess, real fast, the Gary Hart thing, that wasn't... Uh... That was before the affair. The yeah, Donna, before, whatever before the affair. Thing. Yeah, it was two years. Where's her name? Donna what? D- Donna, Donna Rice. Donna Rice. Oh, Donna Rice. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was uh, you, you got softer for some reason. I, I had to uh, switch Skype. Okay, I'm gonna actually. For a I'm going to turn you a little bit louder. I had to okay. turn you down because people were complaining you were blowing out their ears. So, okay. But now yeah, I had to switch for a minute. Again, so I'm going to turn you back up. So, so yeah, uh, it was it was considered a, a done deal, especially because Michigan, of course, has Detroit. It has Flint and has a lot of other cities that are largely populated by black people. And black people just don't vote for Bernie Sanders. They they always go for Hillary Clinton. So it, it was considered this is going to be another South Carolina, another Mississippi. Uh, it would be like the southern states where Hillary just completely would clobber Bernie Sanders. So not Now, only- it, it is – hold on. I mean it is interesting what you're saying. You know, and, and I know you could probably explain the phenomenon in terms of the polling – Miss Q better than I can, but still as a disclaimer, it doesn't matter. She still ended up winning more delegates than him, you know, throughout that day. Anyhow, she picked up more because of Mississippi. Because she of Mississippi, Mississippi. Yeah, she killed Mississippi. She killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she did. And and uh, so how did, how did the pollsters get it so wrong? Well, uh, that's that's one theory. Is that uh, 
a lot more young people showed up to vote than expected because they say about the same number of young people showed up as old people, which never happens. So the young people showed up in droves to vote, and young people overwhelmingly go for Sanders. So that's what wasn't expected. And that's, that's what is thought to be one of the bigger factors of how he went from a 21-point deficit in the polls. There were several polls. There wasn't a single poll where he was uh, anywhere near winning. He was, he was around 20 or more behind in every single poll taken coming into the election by different polling organizations. So uh, it, w- it was the biggest polling mistake ever, ever in primary history. And uh, it probably was a lot of it based on the younger voters. Also, uh, uh, the black voters, even though they mostly went for Hillary, it wasn't nearly to the same margin as in the southern states. And people think some of that uh, was because of concer- certain concerns that uh, Michigan voters had about the auto industry and, and other industry and other manufacturing industries that people in Mississippi did not have. So, so that. Uh, Sanders connected a lot more with those voters where those voters didn't trust Hillary, thought she was too much on the side of big business, that she's uh, not really a populist, she's just a friend of Wall Street, and that, that really hurt her. So they, they, they think that was... Now, now, how this didn't show up in the polls, I don't know, but that's... Uh, we have a call coming in from 979. Maybe they can explain what, why they think Bernie outperformed the polls so much in Michigan. Call her on the air. Hey Jeff, uh, did you see the uh, did you see the Oregon story where the kid, the uh, guy got murdered? Which, which guy? Well, I mean, technically he was a uh, he was shot by cops. I'm not did sure. You what, see that or no? Uh, who is this calling? Yeah, who is this calling? It's kind of a non sequitur call, but uh, yeah. Who, who, what's your what name? It's not, not non sequitur. It's Dix. Who is it? Uh, Lloyd. 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 Are you the one who's been bashing us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why, why were you so like Lloyd? You're usually pretty supportive. Tonight, you're just like all over us. Why? Why are you so pissed off tonight? Oh, I was trying to be funny. That's okay. All. Okay. Wait, is this the Lloyd that tweets at me? I am Lloyd. No, no, that is a different Lloyd. Oh, I don't nope, know this Lloyd. Not, no, 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 we have two Lloyds to listen. Okay. Oh, so we really have two no, fucking you, Lloyds. But you know the... the odds. Okay. So what happened in Oregon? Someone got killed by a cop. Well, no, you saw the uh, the whole like uh, refuge where they took. Control of the. Uh, oh, yeah, those guys. The, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't know what did he's you talking see, about. Did you see? Yeah, that that, that whole well, situation not, in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, I know that whole thing. Yeah. Okay, it's not interesting if you know what I'm talking about, though. I can't. Well, I, I know. So, so go on. Well, explain well, did you those see what... don't know. Explain. Just tell the story. What happened in Oregon? Well, the guy was uh, he was killed because he like trespassed. He like uh, he was in a vehicle. He drove past the FBI, whatever, and then they gunned him down, right? Yeah. Okay, so then the uh, on Facebook and whatever, obviously, which Facebook a joke, I realize. This is the point where I'm calling. Is uh, like they had like the real video of what happened, and then you watch the video, and it was just like the dude got gunned down. So and they accused like, Bernie Sanders of doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 sorry, no. Uh, but it was like. Wait, so this has nothing to do with Bernie Sanders, then? That's why I got confused. I think, honestly, I think I was on like a time gap, so I don't think I was calling in at the exact oh, same time. The time gap. Mm. Wait, what time gap? We don't have a time gap. No, not one dedicated line. There's a time gap. No, 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 no. I don't think I. I'm so confused. Go ahead. 
I'm so confused what's going on here. Like, are Trader you Ruski, to, can you help us figure this out? Are, are you trying to call to change the topic, or, or were you somehow hearing this show like two two uh, two hours behind, which I don't see how that's even possible. But uh, Well, TBS used to run things five minutes past the yeah, hour. Yeah, I know. We, we, we covered that. Yeah, I was five minutes, yeah, I was five minutes past the hour, apparently. Oh. No, honestly, my topic was on time when I called, and now you're acting like it wasn't on time. Wait, was he on hold? No. I don't know what he's talking no. about. I'm, I'm like in a time no. warp here or something. I think he is. I think I think he's like... Wait, when do we start, first start talking about the organ thing? I, I think he's remember. calling from like a parallel universe and we're, we're, we're on at a different time. I think it's something like that because I, I'm not understanding this. I took his call and we were in the middle of talking about Bernie Sanders and Hillary But you Clinton. have another... What I'm saying is you have another line that plays the show. Like right now someone's listening and they're like, hello, welcome to the fraud show. This is what we're going to talk no, about. No, no, no. It's, like, it's like two seconds behind or something. It's, it's nothing. It, there's no way he could have heard this on delay. There's no way. So, Lloyd, how do you answer to that? Jeff basically said that you're being dishonest or you're in a parallel universe. So I which think one he's is in a parallel it? universe. I think this was happening. Lloyd? Lloyd. Well, the one way that you could be like behind, I guess, is if you're listening to the live stream and then you paused it for a while oh, he and then went back he and up. started. I think the aliens got him. <laughs> hmm. How yeah, can we have a thousand listeners and we have two Lloyds? What are the odds of that? <laughs> Maybe we have ten thousand listeners. I don't realize it. There's actually, you know, there's a, a lot of ways to listen. I guess that uh, I don't even get to see. Like, I think on Poker Fuse, if you listen through them. I think I don't even see that stat because I think they download. So sometimes you're just laying in bed and decide to call your own call-in listener line to hear the radio show. Yeah, I, I do. I'll tell you, like I never before because I'll tell you the difference between now and before. Before I would actually have to go choose an episode, start it, get to a point that I think is going to be interesting, and I have to listen to the intro. Like it was all too much work. Now I can just call up a phone number, be connected very quickly. Not do anything else to have to get there. Just call the phone number. It's right there, and then it's playing to me a an episode that's running that it's selected randomly. In the it's like of the fraud show. show roulette. It is, and, and and it's so easy. It's just so easy. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's playing now, and I'm just kind of curious. Oh, uh, I remember this from three years ago, and then I hear myself, and I hear you, Brandon, and I hear uh, – I even heard Northern California guy, oddly enough, not just once but twice when I called up. So uh, I've heard everybody. I've heard Trader Ruski. I've heard Daredevil. I've heard China Maniac. I, I've just – I've heard everybody, and in fact, that call to listen line is what brought back Daredevil in a way because I, I was calling to listen to it once I set it up, and it was playing a show with Daredevil, and I go, oh, I kind of miss having Daredevil on here. So I, I messaged him and said, hey, would you like to come back to the show? And he did, and that's that's how it started again before it ended. So, yeah, I, I call it, and let's see here. So let's let's get back. To, I, I don't know what Lloyd was doing there. I, I Uh-oh, Brandon. I think we lost Brandon. We're losing everybody. Try to put him back here. You hear Brandon? I'm here. Okay. okay. I was, uh, we're losing everybody. I, I think the aliens got Lloyd. I think what happened is the people controlling the universe. I think. I can't hear you. Oh no. Okay, I can hear you. Okay. Now I, I think the people controlling the universe has realized that we were connected to a different universe where we're talking about something different at this moment, and they're like, "Crap, crap! We got to stop this before they realize what's going on." That was that was such an odd call. I can't explain it. Like it's no, okay. Northern California, your theory is that he had paused the fraud show, but even if he had done so. But we weren't talking about that. We weren't right. talking about Oregon, but I was saying the, the one way that you could be off on a time gap, I guess, is if you paused the live broadcast and then, like, started it back up 
like yeah, an you're, hour you're later. correct. Yeah, if it's if it's like buffered and then you just uh, yeah. you pause it and start. You're right, but but we were never talking about it. So that still doesn't make sense. Like I, I, maybe Lloyd can explain this. I was trying to understand. I just I just couldn't. I and Brandon couldn't either. We were we were trying. We weren't we weren't rejecting. We were trying. So okay, so so going back to the the Hillary and, and Bernie thing, I, I agree, Brandon, that he still has no chance. Partially from the superdelegates, uh, partially from that, that she already that she's she's going to win everywhere that uh, everywhere in the South, everywhere that has a, a high enough black population to where she's going to win, and uh, and, and because it's proportionate, even if he squeaks out a few small victories, like this was a small victory, he won by. T- she won by two points. He won by two points, which is a decent victory, but it's not, it's not a, a clobber. She still won for the day. She still won for the day, right, because she clobbered him in Mississippi. So even if he squeaks out a few victories in some big states, that doesn't mean he's going to get a ton of delegates. He's just going to get a slight edge on her in delegates. And then if she clobbers him in other places where she's very strong, she'll still gain even more on him. So even without the superdelegates, she would end up winning this election. So... Uh, it is. I think the Republican part is more interesting to talk about than this. Well, but what what I found about this is interesting though is that it does show that she's just in general not as strong as she probably thought she was, and this this has got to make her concerned that if in a place like Michigan where she thought she was going to kill it, she lost and, and in fact had the biggest polling upset ever. So that's got to be concerning to her for the general election, even if uh, this overall is not going to matter because she's still going to win the primary. So so let's talk about the Republicans. Uh, Marco Rubio has really, really been struggling, and on, on Tuesday it was a disaster. It, it was a, a, a about as bad as it could possibly be for him, because he, he didn't even finish second in any of the races uh, on on Tuesday, and he finished fourth in most of them. Let's see, let's see if I can bring up the results here. Uh, where's the uh, March eighth primary results? I can tell you them in my head. You you know all the results for all of them. I mean, I know who won in which place. I don't no, know no, no. But who like finished fourth and third? Like that's, that's where I, I know all that. Really? Which state? Yeah. Oh. Which state? Uh, how about Hawaii? Uh, Trump won in Hawaii. Cruz finished second, and then Rubio was a distant third. Hmm. You sure he was third, not fourth in that one? I believe. Well, you know, I'll look now. <laughs> Um. Okay, here we go. March eighth presidential primaries. And I think the the most stunning thing was Hawaii with Trump. Yeah, and I, I lost. I, I tell you, I lost money twice on on Tuesday. First on 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 Hawaii, I bet on uh, basically not Trump. Everything but Trump. A field bet against Trump because this was a caucus, and Trump had not done well in the caucus format. And, and uh, Cruz had been pulling out a lot of uh, victories that weren't expected as a result of that, like Alaska, for example. So I, I thought I wasn't sure between him and Rubio who was going to pull it out, but I thought a, a field bet with uh, everyone except Trump, where I got very slightly above even money, was a good bet. And instead, it wasn't even close. Trump opened up a huge lead at the beginning. Uh, it got a little closer towards the end, but it, it never got close enough to where you thought it was even possible that uh, Trump wasn't going to win, and Trump uh, easily took it, 42% for him, 33 for Cruz, 13 for Rubio, and 11 for Kasich. Yeah, told you. And uh, Idaho, who do you think finished third on that one? 
I'm going to guess uh, Rubio. You're right. He did finish third. It was 45 for Cruz in Idaho, 28 for Trump. So that was Cruz's big win by 17 points. And Michigan and Mississippi were just embarrassing. Michigan, uh, Trump crushed with a 37% against Cruz's 25. But the one who uh, – and then Kasich got 24, almost finishing third. But Rubio got a whopping 9%. <laughs> <laughs> And then if you think that was bad, Mississippi was even worse for Rubio. Trump got 47%. Cruz got 36%. Despite Trump almost getting half the votes, Cruz only finished 11 points behind, which is a lot behind. But when the guy finished with 47, 36 isn't that bad. Uh, Kasich got in third with ninth, which meant Rubio was fourth with 5%. And Rubio did not... Garner won single. He got the same amount of delegates as you and I did on the eighth. Right, right. He airballed zero point zero. He he airballed, he airballed, the Tuesday election, the primary election, completely. He so, bet the flop to turn the river, and and he had nothing. Yeah, nothing. Not yeah. Well, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now this this is uh, so he started with one fifty one. You add one fifty one to. Zero point zero. And he has 151 delegates still. Trump has 458. Cruz still within striking distance, 359, though he did fall 15 back. But, but also it's misleading because the states that we have moving forward are not states that are going to be uh, very good to Cruz. Uh, I mean, Cruz has no shot at New York, no yeah. shot at New Jersey, no shot at California, yeah. no shot at Florida, no shot. And you could say, oh, well, you know, the polls from this. and he, He's not going to win. Do you think Cruz is going to win California? Do you think no. he has a shot to win California? No, I don't think he's going to win. But, but no. for Florida, there's no chance. No. New York as well and New Jersey. So, so. Yeah, so, so it's looking like Trump here. And uh, so uh, Rubio, the, the, he's only won Minnesota and Puerto Rico. But so. it's not just what he's won. To, to not pick up a single delegate in those four states on Tuesday and to finish with – Thirteen percent, sixteen percent, nine percent, and five percent. How, how's how's that going to lead to the presidency? And I he's the party's it. choice. Yeah, I, I can't see which, it. Which which is so insane to think about. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. And you've got a, a, a cross section here. This, this is not like these are four similar states. It's not like they're all next to each other. This is Hawaii, Idaho, Michigan, and, and Mississippi. These are four completely different states from one another. And, and all of them, he got sixteen percent or less with a with five percent. In Mississippi, so that's that's never going to lead you to the White House if you're if you're breaking that badly in those four. Well, his his strategy, from what I've read, is that he's just hoping to stay in long enough, make sure Trump doesn't get to the magical number of twelve hundred and change, and then win it on the floor in Cleveland. That's yeah. what I mean. That's the only strategy he can have. Yes, because you know some somebody pointed this out yesterday, and it, you know all this propaganda and all this media hype. Well, Florida, 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 Florida. The whole campaign is on Florida. So what if he wins Florida? It's one state. He's not going to win any others after that. Yeah, it, it is true. I mean, what, what he's what he's trying to do, like if he, the whole point of taking Florida is to take it away from Trump, and then uh, yes. then keep Trump from uh, getting the majority. Go ahead, Northern California. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Oh. Oh, I think we lost him. Did we lose him? Maybe he's trying to speak and then the paralegal. No, I, I mean, it's not. Oh, man. oh we lost everybody. Wow. Yeah, I lost you for a second. I couldn't even hear you. I, I don't know what's going on. And then, and then yeah, maybe call back. Well, I wouldn't bother with that Trader Risky kid. 
is yeah, he has right now. He's snoring right now at a Law and Order SUV. Yeah, there he is, Northern California. Northern California, your take on the the GOP, specifically Rubio, and his embarrassing performances. Northern California. Northern California, hello. I'm also back. Yeah, you is, are you having trouble hearing Druff? Yeah. Yeah, Uh-oh. so am I. Let's see what the chat room says. Let's see if they, people can hear me. Um, can you guys hear me in the chat room? Am I loud enough? Am I loud and clear, or is it uh, is it bad? Could just be Skype. So, Jay Step pointed out, and it's pretty accurate. I haven't I haven't seen the polls, but I have to assume Kasich's going to win Iowa, uh, which is a take all state. But I don't, you know, I think that's what really, you know. The whole plan is from all three of the, the when I say three, I mean Cruz and, and, and Rubio and Kasich, is to just not let Trump win it. Not that they have any shot at winning. I mean, Kasich has, Kasich has to know he's not going to get the delegates, but just to hope this goes on the floor. And, you know, the thing that's so interesting to me is from what I read, the, 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 the GOP establishment basically hates Cruz. As much as Trump, if not more, they do, and, and I think I think they're almost regretting everything now. I think if they if they had to do this all over, uh, I think maybe they would have tried to get more behind Kasich, who who has the least baggage and the least uh, problems as far as uh, uh, electability, as far as uh, appeal in the general election, as far as far as uh, things that could put people off within his own party. Uh, he's harder to criticize than the others. He he at the beginning he in the debates he came off as not very presidential, but he's improved with that. But I think if they had gotten behind him, uh, this he may have been a viable candidate. But he was I kind mean, of a, how, he was kind how, of a non-factor. He's got fifty-four. Up in, he's got fifty-four. No, delegates. I know, I know. But I'm, because he because he was it's too little, too late. At this point, it's too late to promote him. I'm saying if they got behind him and hyped him like the way Rubio was hyped up, uh, Ru- Rubio just couldn't get it done. He just wasn't wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. And, you know, there's so many interesting dynamics in this. I mean, and then you have Mitt Romney's little fucking fiery speech last week that, if anything, all it did is impel people just to say, fuck you to the establishment. You're not going to tell me who to vote for. You know, you know what I'm talking about. He came out, and you know, for those that aren't really into politics, Mitt Romney, who was the, the nominee uh, four years ago, came out last uh Last week, sometime in the middle of the week, maybe it was when, maybe it was a week ago. Things were after radio. Maybe last Thursday or Friday, and basically told America in various states laid out a game plan to steal the nomination from Trump. Okay, to basically tell people how to block Trump from winning. Meaning, this state should vote for this person. This state should vote for this person to basically ensure that he can't get the the magic number and and, and get the nomination. And a lot of people were pissed. A lot of people said, "Who the hell is this white, rich?" This is a story leader? about doers. <laughs> Sorry, what go on. That? It's a story about doers. We go on. Oh. Who the hell is this white, rich elitist that's going to tell me who I should vote for? You know, and and I'm telling you, I wouldn't have thought even a, a month ago that the GOP would have the balls even think about stealing an election and, and robbing the people of free will. But now in this crazy year, after what I've witnessed, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. 
it wouldn't surprise me if we see absolute mayhem. And if they end up doing that, I mean, it, it's going to be the destruction of the party. Yeah, it might be. So I mean, here, here's some things that Mitt Romney said. I'm, uh, I'm not here to announce my candidacy for office, and I'm not going to endorse a candidate today. Instead, I'd like to offer my perspective on the nominating process of my party. Back in 1964, uh, just days before the presidential election, which incidentally we lost, Ronald Reagan went on national uh, television and uh, challenged America, saying that it was a time for choosing. He saw two paths for America, one that embraced conservative principles dedicated to lifting people out of poverty and helping create opportunity for all, and the other, an oppressive government that would lead America down a darker, less free path. I'm no Ronald Reagan, and this is a different moment in time. But I believe with all my heart and soul that we face another time for choosing, one that will have profound consequences for the Republican Party and, more importantly, for our country. I say this in part because of my conviction that America is poised to lead the world for another century. Our technology engines, our innovation dynamic, the ambition and skill of our people are going to propel our economy and raise the standard of living of Americans. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead here. This is getting boring. Let's jump ahead if I can. This is not. This is like, like this is not. This is not on YouTube. It's on some fail thing. Yeah, it's, it's Times. fine. It's not. It's not letting me skip but, up. Anyway, so, he, but and, and the, the thing about this fucking schmuck is that he's, as he just heard from Druff's clip, is not announcing his candidacy, but he has left his options open as to whether he would. Uh oh, we're losing Brandon here for a second. Now we lost Brandon. Let's try to put him back. I don't know what's wrong. Let's see if we can reach him. I'd like to think it's on Brandon's end. Yeah, we, we Hello? Lost you. Yeah, you're back. Yeah, uh, Northern California kid just called me. He said that he can't hear you. You're cutting out. Hmm. Do you, you got some kind of fail connection this evening? I mean, people can hear me on the, on the in the chat room. Yeah, maybe it's a Skype issue then. Well, let's get that Northern California kid I'm back trying on. To put him back so on. anyway, what I was saying is that, and this idiot literally said, did he, Northern California guy, did you just change your Skype picture in the middle of a, a No, no, it's been, that, it's been that picture the whole time. No, I saw a little, like, it looked like a tractor or no, something. No, no, it just didn't update for you. Huh, that's weird. Is that you, Northern California no, he's, kid? he's not on. I can't connect him. But how's, oh. I think that's uh, him, yeah. So anyhow, Mitt Romney stated that he is not announcing his candidacy for president, but he's leaving his options open as if he would run as an independent, or not an independent, excuse me, if he would run, if so asked to, in a brokered convention, which I, he would, 100% he would. This guy's got the an ego comparable to Trump. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So anyhow, that's what he said. Uh, he said that he's not going to announce... He's not running, but that if, it was, if that if asked to, then he'd have to because of his civic duty to America, and he'd owe it to America to have to consider at the convention. Well, you know what's probably going to what will happen if anything like this occurs is Trump has stated that he if he loses outright, that he he won't run as a third party, that he'll accept the loss and and say all right, 
That's that's the way it fell. But if, if he feels he got ripped off in any way, such as a brokered convention where he's not selected or any other shenanigans, then he says he will probably run as a third party, which will doom... It's like a suicide mission. It'll kill both his candidacy and the Republican candidacy. It'll be... Uh, yeah, but how does that even work? How would he? I mean, I know there's a timeline and there's certain criteria for each and every state for you to even get on the ballot as an independent. Some states, it's it's, it's somewhat easy. In other states, you have to have so many signatures and so many things have to happen. It, it's not that easy. No, you know, they make he, it that way so people like you and I couldn't just announce we're running for president. You know, so uh, I, 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 I don't even into, know. How I haven't looked into the logistics possible. of it. I haven't looked into it, but he he seems to believe it's it's possible to do. It isn't possible. Not at this point. There's not enough time left. I don't, he, to get that, on the ballot. That, that's what time, he was threatening. He was time. talking about being uh, treated fairly. So that's what uh, that's what he was saying. I, I don't know if he can pull it off, but that's what he's saying that he'll do. So, so okay, and we do this, you know, every fraud show. Right now, what do you see happening? Uh, I think we you already said we both agree on the Democratic side. You know, Hillary and I. And I I am shocked. I thought this would be a cakewalk. I thought she'd have an excellent. Excellent advantage going into the uh, main event, if you will, because she just was going to have a cakewalk through the Democratic primary. I didn't think she'd have even this kind of resistance. Um, so I am shocked to that degree, but still, nonetheless, it doesn't phase me. Uh, it is rigged to the extent that if you took away the superdelegates, do you know how many she'd be trailing Bernie Sanders by right now? If you took away the governors... Former governors, former presidents, senators, former senators, that basically 90% plus are all on her side. What do you think it would be without superdelegates? Just the people's vote. Would she be like a little bit ahead? Uh, she'd be ahead six, 760 to 546. Yeah. Now, again, that's still certainly distinctively ahead, but by no means is that a runaway. I mean, it should, he'd, he'd be 214 delegates behind. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's rigged to big time where he, he especially has no shot because of the, the rigging with the superdelegates. You'd, you'd have yeah. to just be clobbering the other person to, to get past the superdelegate advantage. So I don't know, you know, and I'm very, very interested in this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, last week you and I both learned that basically the superdelegates make up everybody that's ever held office in the in the, in the party before, but... In in the state of Nevada, okay, well, you know, let's do do a state like California. Maybe you know this. The proportion of people there, how does it work in terms of how many people are equal to one delegate? Do I, know, I, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Okay, do you know how many delegates California has? No, but it's the most of all the states. Okay, I don't know either. But give me a ballpark. I see. I don't even. It's, it's even different with both parties how many delegates there are. So. I'm, I'm not even sure. I haven't paid enough. Okay, attention. well, you know what? Let's 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 do. Uh, okay, hold on. How many delegates are in Florida? Wasn't it like 146 or? There were 99 Republicans, but there's more into the Democrats. So I don't know how many. Okay, well, let's do Democrats. I want to see. And this is my question. Democrats. Uh, okay. Okay, there are 135 in the state of Florida for Democrats. So, and I guess it's done through each of Florida's 27 congressional districts. So I, I know this is just stupid math, okay, but I'm just saying. So there's 135 Democratic delegates. How many people would you guess live in Florida? Okay, let's just say, I know it's not accurate, but let's just say 13.5 million people live in, in, in Florida. 
And, yeah, well, I, I, I'd, pro- I'd probably I guess, guess like I'd probably guess about uh, fifteen to seventeen. Well, the point I'm trying to make is, what is one delegate equal per person? Like just in terms of population, uh, like in, in the state of Florida, for Democrats only. Like, what would you guess? Like, would it be uh, fair to say like like one hundred twenty thousand or something? So okay, so so say that's fair. So in essence, and again, please, I'm by no means a political science major. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Using the numbers that you just said, say you know, say one hundred thirty thousand. So one super delegate's voice is worth one hundred thirty thousand people's. Is that kind of in essence what this is? Yeah. The whole thing's rigged. I mean, it's it's, it's BS. It's I'm surprised. I'm surprised. But I mean, that's basically how it works. Like 130,000 people have to vote to get one delegate, okay, for for a certain person. But Bill Clinton or whatever, whoever the former head of the DNC or whatever, they have one delegate that's equal to the same amount of people. Well, and is that correct? We, and yes, and what's and what's yes, and what's so outrageous that's about fucking them, crazy. No, no. What's even worse is the number of them there are. If there are only a few people had this opportunity. If they, they had like a like five super delegates total, it would be the same numbers, but at least they couldn't influence it that much. But with this many of them, it influences it huge. So that's the problem is that with how many there are, it is uh it really takes away the will of the people of the Democratic Party. And I'm surprised people in the Democratic Party are not making a bigger deal about this. I mean, there, there's complaints, but you would think there'd be major outrage over this that essentially the election is rigged. For Hillary to win, now she would win anyway, probably without the superdelegates. But but this makes it where he has zero chance. Yeah, but there, my point is that there shouldn't be. Okay, so Bobby Orr in the chat, shout out, nice Canadian kid, said that California is 341. No person should have that impact. I mean, there's 341 of the biggest states. No, the whole, states, thing's the, most... the, whole, the whole thing's stupid. Yeah, of course okay. not. I'm glad we agree on this. Yeah, it's, it's so precise. Everybody thinks it's stupid. There's very few people who would defend the superdelegate thing. Uh, and let me ask you, how would that need to be changed? The, the the party would have to change. The Democratic Party would have to say no more. They they can change their own rules. They just don't. They're just not doing it. So this isn't anything like in the Constitution or no, some no, law. No, no, it's, no. It's by the party. The Republicans so don't have So if they it. wanted to decide in four years no more superdelegates, they could do it. They, yes, so yes. Thinking, the Republicans okay. don't even have it. This is a Democratic thing, and they uh, and I'm, I'm surprised that there's not more outrage uh, in the Democratic Party about the rigging of these elections through the superdelegates, and that that's basically what it is the party elite uh has such a major say in who the nominee is going to be that anything that's not a blowout they can decide the nominee which is crazy anything that's forget just close anything that's not a blowout they can decide by by all going one way do you do you remember back in 1992 or i guess it'd be 1991 when clinton was first campaigning as this southern governor that no one really knew that much about and he, and he trailed in the polls do you remember who the front runner was that year i mean you would have been 19 or 20 um, i was like 16 i, I i'm trying front. to think but i just don't remember they didn't really have a, a clear front runner john Kerry was actually running then uh paul songus was running uh i'd have to think paul songus was probably the, okay he was I'm trying to remember who else was running then. I'm gonna look. I'm no, no, no one was. No one was like a, a clear front runner, but but Clinton was, just came out of nowhere. He wasn't even in the conversation. Because I think the, the reason why I'm asking is I'm trying to wonder how he got all those super delegates back then when he was a nobody. I mean, you know, as well, much what, as the governor, they, once they saw promise in him, that's why uh, that's why they backed him. Promise meaning what votes? Yeah, that he was very charismatic and very good at campaigning. All right, let's see, uh, Bill Clinton. Jerry Tom Brown. Harkin. 
Yeah, yeah Har- right. Harkin uh, was one. Yeah, Paul Jerry. Harkin, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Harkin, Brown was. Harkin. Jerry Brown was running. Yeah. Paul Songus, Bob Kerry, God, and, and you know what? I, I just remember. I, I what was it? Just like the first couple primaries, Clinton didn't do well in because I mean he won thirty-five states. Jerry Brown finished second with six. I mean he actually had a he, he was a commanding win. He got fifty-one point yeah, nine percent of the votes. It was Jerry. Jerry Brown was kind of the uh, he was the Bernie Sanders of that year. Yeah. Hmm. So, 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 okay, let, let's, yeah. uh, so should, anyway, just, just getting back to the, the whole thing. Oh, yes, you know, I, and this is something else. I'm sorry. Lastly, this is really interesting. I didn't, I don't remember this. I was so young and I, I don't follow things as such. Uh, it actually got heads up between Jerry Brown and Clinton and it yes. went all the way to the convention. Yes, I remember. And that. then he withdrew during the convention. I didn't know that. That's yeah, that's what I was saying. He was like the Sanders at that time. Yeah. And it's similar. He was the, the challenger from the left. But he, but he's he's a little bit different than Sanders. He wasn't uh, Jerry Brown. Kind of has his own ideas. He's not. Uh, um, he's a little bit different. He's he's not as as far left as, uh, as Sanders. And then this is uh, the first. I'm just reading this. It's so interesting. The first caucus, the first you know, was Iowa as it always is, and Clinton got killed. He got two point eight percent of the vote. Two point eight percent. Tom Harkin. I mean, was he from Iowa? If he was from Iowa, then it would make That's sense. That's probably why. I don't remember where he was Yeah, from. he was from Iowa. Okay. So, but then in the second one in New Hampshire, he lost. The third one, he lost the second one in Songus. The third one in Maine, he lost. The fourth one in South Dakota, he lost. And then it wasn't until Super Tuesday where he started crushing in the South. Yeah, he picked up, he picked up steam very fast. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm looking. It's actually amazing. No, I'm sorry. You know what? It wasn't. No, it wasn't even Super Tuesday. He only won one state. He'd only won one state until March 7th, which is the you know basically the primaries we were just talking about. And then he whooped like one, two, three, four, four out of five states, and that's that's where it just all the momentum came from. Then he never looked back. Like he just went on to steamroll. It's kind of amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing, and so uh, it, it's. You know Hillary's going to win that. Trump is looking like uh, he's he's pretty much got it at this point. Uh, Cruz is the only one who has a possible chance to catch him, but probably not. And and it, so so the the biggest chance that Trump doesn't get it isn't from Cruz beating him. It is from the brokered convention thing happening, especially uh, if Kasich wins Ohio and if somehow Rubio uh, manages to win Florida. If those so, two things happen, then then, uh, then Trump starts to. Uh, then he's going to ha- start to have a hard time picking up the majority with delegates, and that that could be the problem. And so it's more of just like robbing delegates from Trump, not robbing, but just making sure he doesn't get the majority. And uh, and so my my understanding in a contested uh, convention is that everyone keeps voting, and these delegates keep voting until they get to that magical number yeah, of twelve hundred. Right, and, and they can cho- they can choose whoever they want at that point. So in theory, they could literally, even if Rubio doesn't win another, I mean, which he will, but doesn't win another contest, doesn't pick up a single delegate to the convention, he still could somehow become the nominee. Yes, he could. That's fucking nuts. It is. It, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. So, so do you think Trump is going to wrap it up, though? Do you think he'll even reach that point? I, it's it's going to be close. We'll, we'll see very soon. That, that part's going to be close. 
And I if think, and, okay, so then to say that happens, what I, is your prediction on record? Do you think they'd give it to Cruz? Oh, I don't you, know. Yeah, th- that's so hard to predict because they don't they don't like Cruz, they don't like Trump. But then, but giving, how could they? I mean, don't but, you think the backlash? Of that's giving, the problem. They don't know what to do because they don't the, like the nomination of somebody with with less than ten percent. That, that's of the, the vote. problem. They, they don't know what they want to do because they, you have two candidates they don't like who are who are beating the other by far in the delegates, and then and then. Uh, if they hand it to anybody else, it's it's going to look ridiculous because they got so few. So it's, if they had to pick between Cruz and Tr- and Trump, what do you think they all get together? The old I, man. I, I think they probably take Cruz because because he's uh, less outrageous, but uh, but they they also hate him. So it's it's tough. It's yeah. it's, it's tough. They, they they wish that it was Cruz and Rubio switching positions, and they could much more easily go for Rubio, but and they could justify it that he was fairly close to Trump in in delegates, even if he didn't he, he had fewer. But but Rubio getting clobbered like this, then they have the the two they don't want to pick. The two they don't want are, are way up in front, and that's what they don't want. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, if, if Trump does manage to get the necessary number of delegates, then it'll make it a lot simpler. Then uh, they're just going to have to swallow. Their medicine and, uh, and deal with Trump being the nominee, and uh, a lot of people won't be happy about it, uh, myself included. So I, I, I'm going to have to finish this show pretty and, soon. And also, uh, just to let you know, Starbucks, <clears throat> excuse me, Starbucks Spunk Bucket says that uh, he did send you a hundred to go check okay, that email. I, I'll, I'll check it. I, I didn't see it, but it's once in a while I've had this where someone says they sent something, I say I didn't receive it, and then go back and check more carefully, <laughs> and I did receive it. So that can that can happen. So I, I'm not. Sure, I'm just saying that I don't remember getting anything from him. Okay, so here the final topic tonight, and I'll tell you honestly, the reason this is the topic is because I, I've had a number of Facebook arguments with people over this uh, over this topic, and I decided to bring it to the radio. I've probably discussed it here before, but I it's becoming a very popular topic in general discussion, even though it's been around for... 25 years in the U.S., and that is socialized medicine coming to the U.S. Should it come? This is a big thing that Bernie Sanders is pushing. And What is socialized medicine? That, that's just basically where the government pays for all health care. So you go to the doctor. Oh, okay, yeah, right. It's Why is it called socialized medicine instead of just... So, well, it has some names, socialized universal medicine. Universal health care. It's another name. Single-payer health care oh. is another name. It's got a number of different... But it's, it is socialized medicine. That's really what it is. So whatever you want to call it, uh, it, it's very simple, and a lot of countries have this. Uh, in Europe and in Canada, a lot of countries have this. Where See, you, I'm going to be bad at talk about because I'm kind of torn on this issue. That if you go to the doctor, uh, you just you don't pay a bill. You yeah. they, they, the government covers the whole thing. So I'm torn on it. So so the this has been discussed in the U.S. for about 25 years. I remember this being discussed in the early 90s, but back then it wasn't gaining much traction, and and the vast vast majority of people were against it. Over the years, as as there's been more and more problems exposed with the healthcare system. Some people are so fed up that they, they want to try this, even if they uh, aren't in love with the whole idea. They and they they can see some flaws with it. They some people just want to try it because they think the whole system right now sucks so much anyway. Uh, why not try something new? Uh, then there's others who are very very much for it and, and think, hey, if it, if this works in Europe, it works in Canada. Uh, why not try it here? So and this is a, a big thing that Bernie Sanders has been pushing. Uh, as you guys know, Obamacare passed in 2000, and it, it was implemented in 2014, which guarantees that everybody can get health insurance, and that if and if you're poor, that the government will will pay up to your entire premiums. But that doesn't mean everything's free. That just means you have insurance, but you still have copays, you still have uh, uh, a lot of 
potential fees that uh, even more so you're fined increasingly if you don't if you sign don't have up for it. it right right so so I this don't like that part so this isn't going to be a discussion about uh, Obamacare this is going to be about socialized medicine and and someone was arguing with me on Facebook and this is I'm going to tell you this is what really bothers me about Bernie Sanders supporters these days and I know there's some people listen to the show who are big Bernie Sanders supporters and if you are if I piss you off and then so be it but this is what gets me angry is that they don't want to acknowledge that there's any possible side effect or downside to what's being proposed. So rather than saying there is a side effect, there is a downside, but the upside is better than the downside, so we should do it. It's just like taking a medicine. You, you get sick, and, and you, have to take, you have to take pills, you have to take medicine. There's often a side effect, but if, if the cure is better than the side effect is bad, then then you've you've had a net gain from it. Sometimes the it's fine to accept the side effects. It's like you know, the other day I'm listening to this medicine for heart or commercial for heartburn, and then the, you know at the end when they tell you may cause this, it's like may cause instant death, may cause seizures, yeah. and it's kind of like some scary shit. There there is, but but so so what, what's, what's bothered me recently with Bernie Sanders supporters, they don't want to acknowledge any side effects or downsides to Bernie's proposals. Everything is roses, everything is win win for everybody, and so they do this with the socialized medicine. In the past, at least, people who were on the left politically would say, we need socialized medicine, we need single-payer health care, and they'd give all the reasons, all the benefits they claim we'd get from it. But they would acknowledge, if, if asked, that it's going to be expensive, that it's going to cost money, that it's going to be something that uh, is going to increase overall health care costs for this country, that it's going to re- result in raising taxes, that it's going to result in, in general, the country's going to spend a lot more money on health care, but their argument would be, it's worth it. Now, I don't agree with this. I don't think this is the right way to go about it, but at least I can understand it, and at least then I could respect the the argument that they're bringing up, yes, it's going to cost a lot more, but I think it's worth it. That's a matter of opinion. But what pisses me off is recently the argument is coming out, we should have socialized medicine, we should have single-payer, but... Not only should we have it, not only is it beneficial to have it for everybody, but it's also going to cost us less than the current system. (laughs) And and they say this with a straight face, and they write this with a straight face. They really believe that this will both save money and be better and cover everybody. It's it's the greatest of all worlds. You can go to the doctor, you can get treated, you can get whatever tests you want, you can go to the ER when you want, you can go wherever you want, whenever you want, get whatever you want done. Everything's free. The government covers it, and guess what? It's actually cheaper overall. We're going to spend less on health care using this method. So so while, yeah, maybe the rich 1% will have to pay more, uh, the average American is going to end up spending less money out of pocket on health care than they already are. Let, and me ask get- you, let me ask you this on just the most basic level. Do you think that people that low income or whatever the situation may be, do you think Americans should be entitled to either a free or, or cheap Healthcare. Yes, it, it, I, I do. Yes, and I'll, but I'll get okay. to, I'll get to that in a second. But okay. this, this sort of gets me mad when the people say things like that because it's not true. And let me tell you. What, and so, so I of course said this is not true, and I and I got back a bunch of nonsensical studies slapped back in my face from from very left wing websites showing uh, the cost of per patient in in uh, this country in Europe, that country in Europe versus the U.S., which is so much more. And and if we went to that, if we went to their format, it would be uh, that much less. And and I. And then they also showed they're going to save this much on administration. They're going to save this much there, save this much uh, doing this and that. And, and sound like you're getting very upset. Are you okay? I, I am upset. So, okay. so I 
what what got me pissed off about this is that they are ignoring a very very big factor that, that they don't like talking about. Nobody likes talking about who supports single payer health care, and that is that utilization will spike big time. That means people are going to go to the doctor and get tests and get procedures way, way, way more than they currently are where it costs money to do so. Uh, I'll give you an example. I, I have one for myself where I was feeling some pain in my right knee, okay? And I had to decide, number one, is it worth going to the doctor and, and, and just paying the copay even to have him check this, or should I wait to see if my knee starts to feel better? And number two, even bigger, if it suggested I get an MRI, which is probably where it would go, because it's very hard for the doctor to just look and say, oh, your knee's got this problem. They need, they need to have an MRI just to uh, get an idea of what's going on there. Uh, X-rays, MRIs. I, is it worth paying for all this? Because you know, I have a substantial copay, and I have insurance, but, but for these things, there's a substantial copay for them. So I had to decide, is this worth it to do? And, I think and then, you should just live with it. And, and, and not, not, not live with it, but, but wait to see if it goes away. Wait to see what happens, and and you say, well, why should I do that? Shouldn't shouldn't I have the right to just go in there and get it treated? Why should I have to deal with the pain for a, a few weeks or, or or two months or whatever? Well, the reason is because there's not infinite healthcare resources in this country. There's only a finite number of doctors, a finite number of labs, a finite number of testing facilities, and of course, each time anyone goes to one of these, it costs money. So if everything was being paid for by somebody else, meaning the government. Yeah, I'd take all the MRIs in the world I'd need. i take every freaking test I need to take. Why not? It's free. I, I, I'll go to the doctor every time the slightest thing's wrong. Why not? It's free. And it's not just me. Everybody will think this way. If you take costs out of it, there are so many things that people will go and get done, get tested. They will flood the doctor's office, flood the labs, flood the testing facilities. And not only will it create huge waiting times for people who really need the care, but it will skyrocket the costs because there's going to be way more utilization. And this is human nature. I've never seen anything ever where it costs a lot of money and then becomes free and doesn't get used way, way more. Think, One of my ex-girlfriends had a lazy eye. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you saying? That you get that I'm done? saying though, it was the, the copay was too much. Well, uh, okay. I'm I mean, saying... That's kind of like what you're talking about. Your knee, she just determined it's cheaper to have a lazy eye. Okay. <laughs> that's not why the relationship ended because I would be shallow and vain. But go on. Okay, okay. okay. So, uh, so so, the point is they don't they deny that there will be an increase in utilization. They're telling me, the people arguing with me about this are saying, no, uh, we don't think there will be. Uh, it will all be the same. Everything will still be the same. And I said, how can you possibly say that? How can you say that something that costs so much – Currently, if you make it free, that people will not take advantage of it more. Can you name one thing ever where they've turned something expensive into free that it, it didn't get used more or purchased more if it was free? And so, well, so I was told the, back – let me tell yeah. you the ridiculous answer I was given back. I was given back that the way it's going to go down is that if people see the doctor earlier for problems, then it will, it will prevent – bigger problems from developing, from not treating it, and therefore uh, it'll require less treatment, and that will counteract it. So, therefore, utilization will be about equal. Now, the, one girl, the one girl that you were fighting about on Facebook, I don't want to say names, about the all these people you are fighting about the veganism a while back. Do you remember right. that? Are these the same people? 
These crazy people. No, no, I, I, I remember that crowd that was. Yeah, I, I troll that years. crowd. I, I, I troll that crowd every once in a while. But, you know, that, that's a different crowd. That that's the vegan oh, fanatic I maybe crowd. The same crowd. No, that that's that's the vegan fanatic crowd. And while they're very yeah. left wing too, I, I kind of troll them because of their not so much of their beliefs. You know, if they believe that they don't want to use any animal products and they don't want to eat animals because they love animals so much, that's fine. That's I'm not going to hold that against them. But but it's their tactics about it. They try to compare meat eaters to Hitler and things like that. And I go. You're not going to win any converts that way. You you can't approach people that way. Say, by having a hamburger tonight, you're Hitler. So you better change. Like no one's going to listen to that. They're going to think you're crazy. So I, I so I try to that's, reason that's with quite them. fanatical to be honest. So, so I try to reason with them. If you want to convert people, if you want to see fewer animals consumed and fewer animal products used, and see, have people see it in your way, you you've got to come off like a sane person. You you can't come out with this extreme and they, and they just go off on me. Uh, how can you not understand? This is barbaric. This is like Hitler. And I go, oh my god! I can never mind, guys. Like, like they just they don't they don't. I, I go, your your message is not going to be received by anyone but other fanatics unless you tone down your rhetoric. And they they weren't getting it. So I just I, I do this every so often just to troll them and rile them up, and then, then I get tired of it. And, but but uh, but with the the thing with a, with a single payer, it's going to cost more. There's going to be more utilization. There's going to be a lot more waiting. If now, it, let me say something. If there were an infinite number of doctors out there, and if they were all willing to work for free, and every lab was willing to work for free, so if every, we were like Cuba, <laughs> well, but I'm no, but seriously, you know how much the doctors get paid down there? No, like nothing. nothing. I know, I know. Like nothing. If, but they still don't have that many. But if you had like, if you had so many that, like, let's say just everybody wants to study to be a doctor, and they're willing to work for free, and every lab technician, everybody works for free. Uh, then sure, it's great to go to the doctor every time you have a slight thing wrong. But otherwise, you start having huge waiting times. Otherwise, it's going to start to get really expensive. And so they ask back to me, okay, if you, these are your theories, how come this isn't happening in Europe? How come this isn't happening in Canada? And my response is, it is. What is happening are the long waiting times. Now, what isn't happening is the the, the expense. We're not seeing a, a, a we're seeing a much more expense over here than there. But that's not because. They're claiming it's because of insurance company profits, blah, blah, blah. It's not even true. In fact, a lot of the insurance companies are not even doing well. Some so, wait, are... you're saying the major issue is that we're low on doctors? No, the, we, we don't need to be low on doctors. The, you shouldn't run to the doctor every time you get a cold. No, but I'm asking you, are we low on doctors? No, we're not. So we have more doctors per capita No, my, my, of No, we, we, we shouldn't because people don't need to run to the doctor for every tiny thing that happens to them. I can afford it, and I don't do that because it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. You, you don't have to run to the doctor for every little thing. I never yeah, go if I... Yeah, talking about the hypochondriacs. I mean, if your knee is hurting you, you should go to a doctor. No, eventually, but not, not, not the first week my knee's hurting. You shouldn't do that. You should wait well, right. to see if what happens. A, if it's a lingering, yeah, long-going right. problem, then you go to a doctor. Right, and that's... And that's like the old girl did with the lazy eye. Yes, that, that's, that's when you go. But the problem is, a lot. if you made this free, people would jump at every little thing and go because it's free. Why not? Why not take every test possible? No, Northern uh, California... What is your view on all this? Jump in, please. Uh, I I agree. I agree with Todd. I absolutely think that if they made it free, people would go way more often and for way more things. Now, let me ask like you this. almost unarguable. You're bailing some hay out, taking <laughs> care of the crops. You yep. hurt your back. Okay, it's not like you can't bend over. You're laid up in bed, but you have a very bad back pain. What do you do? Do you go to a doctor in a week or right away? Would you do what Druff is doing with his knee? Wait a little while, a couple of days, a week, see if it's healing, or do you run? Out I would definitely, I would definitely wait and try and take care of it on my own. I don't go to the doctor unless it's very, very serious. 
Alright, I'll go with something if, if it's uh, if it's dragging a long time. There's no progress. I will and, and have gone, but but I don't run for every little thing. When I get a cold, I never go to the doctor. If I get a flu, I never go to the doctor. Like I just if it's something I think is going to resolve on its own or has a good chance to. Yeah, but the people really go to the doctor for a cold? The, the oh, people, they do. They the people, people do, totally and, do. And, and especially will if if really? it's free. Especially will if it's free. And I'm hanging out, I guess, with normal people because I've never heard of. Anyone going to the doctor for the common cold? Well, most don't do that, but there are some who do, and there's a lot of – and if it becomes totally free, you're going to see a lot more of that. And and so the pro, one of our problems with health care in this country currently – and this is not going to be solved by single payer. Single payer just changes who's going to pay for it. One of our problems in this country is that we have – everything is just too expensive in general. Pharmaceuticals are too expensive. Uh, test, lab tests are too expensive, especially the, uh, the the tests involving any kind of machine, a CAT scan, an MRI. These are very expensive. The, the cost point involved in all these has gotten very high and out of control, and that needs to be addressed. In what way, I'm not sure, but it needs to be addressed in some way, and that's what's really driving up costs in that testing is now far more lucrative in medicine in the United States than actually doing – any kind of actual medical work. The, the, the doctor who's performing surgery or doing you know, really meaningful work is making much less money than the doctor who's doing a whole lot of tests with, with machines he buys. So the, the, it's, it, the focus and the money is being spent in all the wrong ways. There, there's, and, and not only that, for that reason, there's a lot of tests that are prescribed which are unnecessary or, or barely necessary. And, and so oh. that's, that, that's one pro- – another problem is medical billing is such a freaking disaster here. It needs to be reformed. When you go to the doctor, it, it's so hard to tell – if they really take your insurance, you, you, you hope you, you, if you don't look this up beforehand on your on the website, which is not always working for your provider, you can say, "Do you take my insurance?" And you so, have to you trust know, them. Let me ask you this: There was a recent study done uh, that stated what percentage of Americans, and it didn't have a, an age bracket; it wasn't broken down by you know young, middle aged, senior citizens, but what amount of Americans are on some sort of prescription pain medication. And I'm not going to give you any other information other than that. What would both of you guess that number is? I would say between 15 and 20%. Yeah, I was going to say 35. 28%. Okay, that's close. It's a little less than one in three Americans are on pain medication. I, I think more than anything, and, and, you know, listen, both of you guys have to admit, you know, I don't go to the doctor much, uh, I mean, I, I'd have to sit here and actually even think the last time I went, it's been that long. I mean, it's, and it's not out of cheapness. It's not out of it, – it's just, I, you know, I've been lucky. You know, I've, I've run good. I mean, I've had little food poisoning and, you know, colds, you know, little small things. But you know what? Just like old remedies, rest up, have soup, you know, f- hydrate yourself, you know, nothing that I couldn't fix myself. But I think the real problem is and, – and I see this – just in my day-to-day interactions with people. Do you know how many people I know? And I'm not talking about junkies or, you know, or crackheads. I'm talking about people that have jobs and have – these are mothers and fathers and sons and, you know, people that, that perform a service or upstanding citizens that are on paid medication that have been on it for years and years. Well, that's, that's a different because problem. That, that's, that's like instead a of getting problem. whatever needed to be done to fix the situation, doctors are now just, for the most part, giving out prescription for pain medicine, and that's basically their answer. To well, everything. okay, so that, that's actually, you know what? That's actually a uh, a different 
a different issue. Now, it's somewhat a social problem. And it's also somewhat of a problem of the way medicine is being practiced these days in doctor's offices, which I, I was going to mention, too. Uh, it it kind of ties in with this. But uh, one, if, if you go to the doctor and uh, if you just go in there blind, if you don't do any research yourself on what you think is wrong, you just go in there blind and say, I've got this and this and this, they are, they're likely to get it wrong. Unless it's something that's very straightforward and easy to get. If it's something that's even a little bit obscure, you're never going to get the right answer. And I've seen this time and time again, not just with myself, but with many people I know, where they have something that it doesn't wouldn't jump out at, uh, at a doctor right away that they'd have right in their head uh, what it would be. And it's, it's one of these things that you go in, you tell them, they'll take a totally wrong guess about something that's just kind of a general, oh, you're, you're low on vitamins, you're low on, on this, you're, you're, uh, you're tired, you're, you're, uh, maybe it's a cold, maybe it's a, the, the, the flu. You get all these wrong diagnoses and sometimes even sent to take expensive tests that are totally in the wrong direction. Where if you just sit down, and, and I've mentioned this on previous shows, you just sit down, get on the Internet, start Googling your symptoms and start reading until you finally hit a, a description of your problem that sounds very close to what you really have and be honest about it. And then you go to the doctor and you, you hear what they say. And if, if it doesn't agree with that, then you suggest you let them say something first. Then you suggest to them and you, and you try to go to a specialist that covers whatever you have. So whatever you think, whatever's going on, you try to go to a specialist associated with what you think you have. You go there, you let them diagnose it. If they don't get what you think you have, then you tell them what you found. And then let them go from there. And and that's often how you really get diagnosed properly. Otherwise, if, if you just go to them and just let them take a shot at it, they, they don't go and do that research on Google. They don't go and, and, and research this. Uh, you'd like to think they do, but they don't. They just very quickly tell you something off the top of your, their head. And if they can't get it, that's when they'll go to things like, especially the crappier doctors, well, here's some pain medication make yourself feel better. That's that's how it happens. It, it, there's, we're still what's, – what's unfortunate – and this is, again, a little off topic. It's about healthcare, But what's unfortunate is that the way a lot of doctors diagnose people is stuck in the 70s and 80s when we're in 2016. We have the Internet. We have very easy tools for doctors to look up symptoms. What, what should happen is you should go to the doctor. You tell them the symptoms. They'll say, hold on, I'm going to go back and research this. I'll be back in 15 minutes. They should go to a computer. Enter your symptoms, start looking things up, see what if it matches, and then and then at that point use their medical training that you don't have as a, as a. As but a I don't know. Hold on, I disagree. You don't think the doctors should be trained? Like it's the impossible. Days that's, that they should just know. No, they don't ever like, know. That's that that see that's the problem. Everyone thinks they should be. There is so much to know that even an excellent doctor in one specialty is never going to know the, the obscure things in another specialty. There are some there are some semi-obscure things you can have, and I don't mean something that's like one in a million, but semi-obscure things that you can have that most doctors will never guess unless they go look it up. There's just too much to know. There's so you're literally saying they should go into their office while you're waiting and go Google it? Or, or research or whatever tools, Google or some kind of tools they have to look up symptoms, something like that, and come back. The problem is they don't do that. They just on the fly, off the top of their head, guess, and, and then and then guess with authority, meaning they guess it and then tell you that that's what they think it is. Now, like, well, give me ex- give me an example. Uh, I mean, I, maybe I've just been lucky. I've never had anything that needed to be diagnosed to that point. But give me an example of something that that you've had in your life. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one right here. Okay, so uh, 
Uh, Benjamin. I'm not saying this in a hostile way. No, like, no, I, I know that. I know that. The chicken. Ben- Benjamin. The chicken now has got me kind of the whole thing. Remember the chicken episode? Well, let's not talk about the chicken. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> when Benjamin was a, uh, a young baby, he had it was something pretty scary. His temperature went all the way up to 105. I remember this. You told me that. So I was I was very concerned about this. Uh, and you uh, don't want to wait. You know that that's the temperature you get him to the ER. Well, no, no, you don't go that far yet. I was worried about that. One hundred five? No, not for a baby. Babies, their temperatures get a lot higher than when they get sick than adults or even kids. Wait, you have one hundred five and you don't take them? See, that's no, you don't do it. That that, that, that's the first mistake. Right away to the ER. No, that's 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 a mistake. You don't do that. You'll you'll be waiting forever too. What is the temperature of death? Like what I mean, you know what I mean. What is the there's highest been studies on this. There's been studies on this for for very small children. They can take temperatures all the way up to 107 without brain damage. But but, uh, but that's two percent. That or it's two no, degrees. That's scary. No, no, that's a huge difference between the two. And okay. and, uh, and and 106. At 106, you definitely do. At 105, you get very concerned. You want to at least go to the doctor. By the way, does he like that button still? Not to be off topic. He, he likes the button. He likes the easy button. Yes. He, so okay. so. So Benjamin had a fever of 105. So he had a fever of 105. And that's when I started to get worried. And, and the funny thing is I, I called up the doctor's office and got like an after-hours nurse. And she's, I said, so what? when should I be concerned? She says, well, around 104. I said, no, you shouldn't be concerned at 104. I had 104 tons of times as a kid. I, I, nothing happened to me. I said, there's no so, way 100. So you're questioning the nurse? No, no, I, she, was, <laughs> she was wrong. I, I was right when I said that. I, I looked it up later and she was full of crap. You don't, you, don't, you don't run to the ER for 104. 104 for kids is very common. I, I don't think there's a kid alive who's never had 104. Uh, Northern California, did you know that? I'll admit, I did not know that. I, I don't really, I don't really know anything about that stuff. I don't think there's a person listening to this show. Children. I don't think there's a person listening to this show who never had 104 fever. I think every single person who listens to this show has I, had 104. I just don't remember my family ever saying that to me. But Northern California, are you with me though in the sense that if you had a fever or had a child with the fever that high, would you take him? To the emergency no, room. No, no. So what I did, hold on. I, I took him to the. Uh, I took him to urgent care rather than the ER, which, which the doctors there always suck. But I, I went there in lieu of the ER, and and the doctor there wanted to do all these tests, including some that were very painful to him, too. And, and he was going. He, I could tell he was just shooting off with all these guesses off the top of his head. Well, it could be this. Could be that. Let's do this. Test. It wasn't with any kind of intelligence. It wasn't with any kind of uh, direction having to do with any symptoms. It was just. Let's let's guess at this 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 and test for this 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 this, this and maybe we're going to hit it. Now, and, and these were like uh, painful tests for him. I said absolutely not, and and I was uh, um, I, I refused. I said I'm not doing it. And we went back home, and we just tried to bring his fever down. It wasn't responding to. Oh, that was the other problem. It wasn't responding to medication. That was what was the most uh, concerning. But uh, anyway, we, we if, might... he, if so, if this whole podcast and poker career doesn't work out, could you be a nurse if you had to be? Do you think? You well, know right now I couldn't be. I don't wow. have the training to be a nurse, no. But but there but that doesn't mean that I can't find errors in what they're doing. I've, I found I found errors in other professions before, and I, I wouldn't be qualified to do that profession. But if I know for a fact something is wrong, and they tell me something, I I can tell them. Why Why is it common for young children? I, I don't know this. I'm really being educated to have. High fevers like that. I see. I don't know why. What's different about their body that causes that in particular? But their bodies are different than ours, and uh, and they and children. Their it's just their their body. Your fever goes up to fight illness. It actually raises your body raises the temperature on purpose to fight illness. So children's bodies raise it higher than, than adults' bodies. If you get 104 now as an adult, then it's, you have to be concerned because that's that's an unusual fever for an adult. Uh, but as a kid, very common. You shouldn't worry about it. So, uh, so for 104, I, I didn't worry at all. 105, I had never, I never got 105 as a kid. 
So, so the 105 that wouldn't respond to medication, I was a little worried. That's why I took him in. But, but they wanted to do all these tests that, that with no direction, just, just kind of, I could tell, totally shooting in the dark. So, uh, like what? What, what, what kind of? I tests? don't remember anymore. It's just other just, than like blood tests. No, it was worse. No, or? much worse than that. I don't remember what they were. It was things that were going to be painful that that I, I didn't want them to do. Oh wow! So I said no way. I said if, if you, I said if you really notice symptoms in a certain direction and wanted to do a test, then of course. But but not to don't to take random guesses. Oh, it could be this. Let's do this painful test. That could be this. Let's do that painful test. No, you've got to have a reason to believe it is. So so uh, it turned out the next day, uh, a rash appeared. And by Googling around the, the, about that rash, the, the way it looked, it turned out to be something called roseola, which is a harmless, uh, a harmless uh, ailment that kids, kids get. Adults don't get it, which has a high fever. It's like ringworm? No. No. It's, not, no. It, it's a high fever. Roseola. It has a high, fe- high fever first. It doesn't respond to medication. And then a rash shows up afterwards of a, of a very specific type of rash. And, and I found this all through Google. Now, I don't blame the doctor for not seeing that because, well, I partially don't blame him because there's no I've rash. I've never even heard of that, there to was, be honest there was, with you. there was no rash yet when we showed it up there. But, but, but what I, I would hope, like you would hope at least they'd know about a something that a one-year-old would get that doesn't respond to medication that's common is roseola. Now, the rash hadn't shown up yet, but at least you'd think he'd say, well, maybe it's roseola, watch for a rash. Nothing. He didn't, he, of all the things suggested, he didn't say anything about roseola. And, and, uh, and so it turned out waiting one day allowed me to figure it out through Google. So, now, is roseola something common for kids, you yes, said? Yes, yes. And, it, and it's harmless. It. It's actually harmless. Oh. It's scary, but harmless. And it's, was this a, a child's doctor, or was this a regular doctor? It, it, was, a, it was an urgent care uh, pediatric, yeah. So, so, and this is one of many things. I, I've known, I, I, in fact, Ben's teacher at school was out for a week because she had uh, she had terrible sharp pains in her knee that was misdiagnosed by urgent care and then by her regular physician. Then she went to an orthopedist who diagnosed it right. I hear this over and over and over again where they just take guesses and get it wrong. My girlfriend said the same thing happened to her. Everybody I know has had the same thing happen to them where they go and the doctor just takes a guess in the dark and gets it wrong. And then they treat it wrong or or or, or it just persists and they get frustrated so right. I, there needs to be some research on the part of the doctor. There's no shame in saying, okay, I'm going to look into this. They don't want to say, hey, I'm going to get on Google. Just, okay, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I'm going to look into this and go do a little research online. Then at that point, they use their medical knowledge of, of what they've been, you know, their medical training. to See, when I find stuff on Google, the best I can do is just compare my symptoms to what I'm reading about and see if I believe it's the same thing. But I don't have any medical training where they do. That's where they, they have an advantage over me. But the difference is I they can the, use that information and do something powerful with it. Yes. We're, 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 so, but the thing is I actually have the advantage over them in diagnosing that I'm willing to take the time and do it on Google, and they're not. So, so that's, that's what's so sad is often I can diagnose myself better than doctors can just because they won't spend the time. They just take the guess where I spend the time looking up online. So, so that's, that's a little off topic. And here. how is your knee feeling now, by the way? Is your knee better? Uh, somewhat. Okay. So, is this so, from the skiing incident? No, no, no. It's it's from no reason. It's from getting old, I think. But huh. but anyway, uh, I never I never hurt my knee. So very interesting. So, but this. anyway, just go, going back to the social the socialized medicine thing, I I just don't. I think people should go to the doctor as necessary. I think they should take tests as necessary. Do- doctors love to overprescribe tests as it is. Whenever I'm prescribed tests of any kind. If if I can't determine for myself that I th- whether I think it's correct or not, because I can sometimes just for myself, for common sense, realize like, do I do this or not? Like when I broke my ribs and I went into the ER when I was thinking I was having a spleen problem because the symptoms were kind of showing it, 
even though I didn't have that problem, they wanted to do an EKG on my heart. And I said, what? Well, why, why are you doing that? And they said, well, because it's, it's around your chest and you're having chest pain. I go, I'm having chest pain because I broke my ribs. <laughs> and they go, well, but we always do. I go, no, don't do it. There's no way this has to do with my heart. And so, wait, you're fighting with doctors about giving you? I was right. Guess guess what? I got I got home. I'm sorry, I have to laugh. Listen, listen. I was right. I got home and I I called my brother and I, who's a cardiologist, a very good one, and I asked him, was I right to reject the EKG? Or he says, of course, that was ridiculous to to be doing. He said they're just trying. They're just trying to pass. He said they're just trying to pad their wallets over there. What is an EKG cost? Okay, for you, I mean, just an average. What would you have had to pay for an EKG? I don't even know. It would have been hundreds of dollars at least. Even after the insurance? Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, so I said, no way. I, they're bringing the machine over. I go, what's this for? I'm like, I'm not. I don't need an EKG. I, I I'm not having heart problems. I, I either, I, I hurt my ribs, and it's possible that my spleen is is uh, ruptured from it. That that so I want. It's to... really on that level that they're trying to pad their pockets by giving people things they don't need. Yeah. But, like yes. They have. They have a flimsy justification. If you say your chest hurts, they, then they do it partially. That and also partially protect themselves from lawsuits. So just in case it's a it's a coincidental heart problem, then they don't want to be blamed for not testing it. But I knew why I was having chest pain because I broke my ribs. Of course I had chest pain. It, it wasn't unexplained chest pain. I broke three ribs. Of course I had chest pain. Like it was no question. So, and I was right. I was right about everything there. So so anyway, the the, the thing is here, it's going to cost more. It's the weights are going to be more. The the there needs to be reform and costing of the cost of tests, the cost of prescriptions in this country. Uh, it's not going to be easy to get this reform through. There's a lot of special interests that would fight it. I, I do believe those costs have run out of control. Uh, that's the main reason our health care costs are going up so much. And, and that and, and other countries don't have such steep costs for, for these these areas like, like we do in the U.S. That's where we have major cost problems. Another problem that there is, Brandon, have you ever gone to the doctor and... Uh, you get a bill afterwards for all kinds of things, especially for tests that you had no idea they were that expensive. You just go and you get a bill. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been a long time, yeah. but I remember I had one issue, and it wasn't just with one person. I went into a doctor. I went in for actually to a hospital for a certain reason, and then when I came out, I had bills from eight different people, and it took yes, me a while yes. to figure it all out. Yes. And it's very difficult to figure out if you understand the whole system. It's The thing is, not only is the medical billing incredibly complicated and difficult to understand, even for people like me who've made an effort to learn the whole system and understand it, but right. it is next to impossible to figure out when you go in for something what it's going to cost, unless it's very straightforward, like just an office visit to check something, then you know your copay. Other than that, anything beyond You never know that, what you're going to pay for. You never, know what you're, you never know what they're going to bill, what they're going to pay, what they're going to split into four different pieces and, and call four different things when it's really one thing, and they can all do this legally. You never know. And so I say this should be like when you bring your car in for service, that they have to give you a written estimate before they can do anything done. I'm, I'm serious, because... <laughs> You seriously? I'm serious. I'm serious because the problem is the problem is this. The problem is the problem is you go in and the doctor does the number of things, tests the number of things. You never know what's included with this, what's going to bill, how much your insurance is going to cover. How, is this going to be an expensive thing, a cheap thing? You don't know until you get the bill. It's it's they do it first, you get the bill later, and whatever it is, you're legally responsible for. So they can bill you a million dollars. You're responsible for a million dollars. I'm not kidding. You really are. So. The, the, you need to know before you pay. I've never heard of anything else where you don't know what you're buying until after you've bought it. And that, that's what it's like with, with medical care in this country. Is that you don't know the cost of what you're buying until after you've already bought it, which is insane. 
you, you have to know. You have to have a way to find out. And right now, it's difficult to impossible, even for a very diligent person, to find that out. That's why people get these shocking medical bills where they think they just went in for something relatively minor and the bill comes up $3,000. They go, what the hell? Uh, there's, there's, there's a huge medical billing problem. i got to give you this. You're very, very passionate about this subject. Well, I, I've, I've watched it happen, not just to me, but other people. I know people who have huge medical bills just because they didn't realize what the doctor told them to do, which seemed very minor that they get a bill for 6000 bucks. They didn't understand that this machine, which takes 20 seconds to, to scan them, is going to cost them thousands of dollars. They, people have to understand this and, and sign something saying... But I think is- you'd have to agree, though, that there's certain things that you really can't just give a written estimate like a car. Well, that's what they—that's what they said back then about the car. That's funny you mentioned that. That was said before. You know, how are we going to give a written estimate for every possible thing that we could do on the car? There's things we find, blah 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 blah. But they've managed to make do. And and he, you're right. Every like in an emergency situation, a true emergency, they can't. But other than that, they know what they're going to be doing. If they prescribe a certain test or or or, or, uh, uh, or do a certain procedure, they know what they're going to do. It's the, we're in the age of computers. We're in the age of the internet. They should be able to interface with every insurance company and have an instantaneous answer of how much the patient's going to have to pay, how much the insurance pays, and then uh, say, okay, this is the schedule of what we're going to do, how much each thing's going to cost. And then you sign, and then if you see something on there of what they want to do, if, if it's like $20, $20, dollars $40, uh, $30, $500, you go, whoa, whoa, what's this $500 thing? Oh, that's this test. Okay, then I don't want it. Now you just do everything and you just get the whole bill. And you go, oh, my God, $600, have that happen. Yeah, but we shouldn't be at a point, though. Where people's health care is de- determined by the status of their income. I mean, that's just. But, that, but there's that, things that are. See, they, you, you should gotta, never say that I don't want this test because I can't afford it if it's something that really could help with an ailment, detect something. I mean, that's just awful. But there's a cost. There's a that. cost to everything. It, it depends what it is. And and as I said, the cost of, the, of some of these things need to come down. And there, there needs to be solutions to that, and not just have the government pay it, but but to actually bring the the actual cost of providing it down. Uh, but uh, but there's also something to be said about not just doing frivolous testing just because you can, just because uh, uh, someone else is going to pay for it. And that's uh, you, you should intel- intelligently decide to d- to do tests. And yeah, not but that's just, never you're never going to eliminate that. Well, problem. but that the, the way you eliminate that is by having a cost to it. So there is, there is a benefit to having the cost is that it weeds out people from wasting it, and that's uh, it's. I agree. Uh, I agree with Druff on this one. Yeah. yeah so so that's what. I, but now it shouldn't be a crazy out of control cost, and there shouldn't be a situation where someone who has essential tests. Or okay, essential well, give me an care, example of something. I mean, I'm just trying to understand and wrap my, my my head around all this. Give me an example of something that would have to have a cost as a deterrent, but. I mean, yeah. Just, oh, okay, just, like, like an, an MRI. You think uh, – I don't think someone whose knee is hurt – I've never had one, so okay, I don't know well, I don't think someone whose knee is hurt for a week should go in for an MRI unless it's excruciating pain, okay? So I, I, so that's that's where if, if an MRI is free uh, because the government's paying, uh, then people may go do that. There should be a deterrent for that, but at the same time, it shouldn't be a back-breaking expense. Uh, that that uh, that makes it to where you really need it to to where poorer people just can't pay for it. So the, so there has to be uh, a middle ground between the two, 
and, and, and that's what we don't have at the moment. But, it, but unfortunately, what the other side is proposing is just make, make everything free, let the government pay for everything, and then people are just going to use it like crazy, and not only will it cause insane weights, but the costs will be up, so, be up so high. And I've heard the argument, okay, well, how about we get the costs under control? How about the government mandates that these things can't be as expensive as they currently are? And then single-payer will be fine. And my answer to that is, fine, do the first part, get the cost under control, but then we don't need the single-payer. Then, then we've solved a lot of the problem already, and then we reform the rest of it. It needs reform, as I've mentioned, a lot of reforms we need. And I don't know if the solutions I proposed are all uh, exactly doable or, or if they're all exactly the right solution. But, but something in that direction. We, we can't leave it the way it currently is, and, and we also can't... Uh, but I, but going to single payer and just having the government foot the bill for everything is going to be a disaster. And and uh, uh, also, this is a very consumerist country. People like to consume. People like to use things. People like to take advantage of free things. Uh, that's just part of the culture here. And and if you make these things free, people are going to go crazy. It's just it's going to be such a burden, such an expense. And it's and you also have to understand the government has a hard time implementing anything. And if if you had told a an opponent of Obamacare back a few years ago, that healthcare.gov, that site where you signed up for Obamacare, it was going to cost $560 million to build that fail site, which it did, and it was not going to work, uh, you would have been laughed out of the room if you said that. You would have been laughed out. What, $560 million? And it's not going to work? Yeah, right. You'd be called a, a right-wing conspiracy wacko by saying that. But that's what really happened. And that's because the government was very incompetent and didn't uh, provide any kind of oversight with the company that was hired to build the website. So the, these type of fails will occur with the government. You think Caesars is bad with managing things. The government's like ten times worse. So, so uh, this is another reason. People are, are imagining that the government is going to be super efficient and, and eliminate a lot of the costs that, that's currently going towards uh, profits or, or marketing or administration of, of the private health care companies. Uh, you put the government involved and uh, uh, wait till you see what happens. So that, that's another reason not to do it. So I, I'm very against this, but I do think that health care needs some serious reform here, just not that reform. And, I, and I'm, I'm not someone who believes that people should be shut out of care because they're poor. There has to be a solution for people who are poor. It shouldn't just be tough luck. You're not getting treated because you can't afford it. That should not be the case. For things that are, people need, they, sh- they should get it done. If they absolutely can't afford it, there needs to be some sort of public assistance for them. And that's they can't get, they can't get insurance, I understand. It's like it's, a kind and softer and gentler druff. I like it. No, I, I, think, it, I think it makes sense. But, but I think too much the other way, just, just everything's free. The government pays for everyone. Is, is it, that, that's, that's outrageous to me it's it's ridiculous and uh, and, and it will never work in this country and what do you think is uh, going to happen with uh, obamacare assuming hillary wins and there's a, a democrat still in office well it, she, it depends she, she wouldn't the, repeal it would she no, she wouldn't it's, it's a question about the the uh, uh see what would happen is if if the republic if there was a republican congress and they try to uh, then she would veto it, so it, it wouldn't go anywhere if she wins. But, but that 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 has a lot of flaws too. And they fixed one problem with our health care, and that was people not being able to get it, uh, individual plans if if they had even the slightest pre-existing condition. So they fixed one. That Obamacare fixed that, but it broke a lot of other things. But uh, we're we're getting about to the end of the show here. I, as I mentioned, I have to uh, do some other things. In fact, I actually. Believe it or not, I have to drive somewhere tonight. So I'm, I'm not even... Now, not, what AM station will you be listening to on your drive home? Well, I'd like to say 1400, but uh, apparently yeah. I can't. But uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to be there 
Uh, I'm going to be uh, in Las Vegas very shortly. I'm going. Uh, don't to, tell uh, the hotel because remember they'll they'll call. No, the I, I know, I know. In fact, I don't want to because uh, you know Benjamin will be there with me, and Benjamin's mom will be there with me, and they're going to get uh, we'll get woken up. They. Uh, it's like by, you guys start using an assumed name. Now, a couple of things. Can we just cover two quick things before we go off yeah, yeah. Uh, the air? Uh, you know, this was mentioned on the Fraud Forum site, and, you know, it's been in the news. What is your take uh, over this whole, and I guess this is, other than the presidential stuff, this is what's dominated the media the last two or three days, this Aaron Andrews thing. It's yeah, Marriott. It's, I, actually, I, I, but it's I, not I, really I, even Marriott. Apparently, it's Marriott licensed the name Marriott to another company. So Marriott, and this is actually one of my biggest pet peeves when the media doesn't even investigate a story yeah. right to report it. Now, if it was just a common Joe like me, you know, I would be thinking, "Wow, Marriott really fucked up." Then you have the wife, and and you know, people are saying, "You know what, honey." We're not staying at Marriott on this trip because they let Aaron Andrews from Dancing with the Stars get violated. Yeah, no, the, so, the media screwed up, but but that, that's, that's also when Marriott gets for licensing their name, you you end up uh, getting your brand uh, diluted and. Uh, yeah, but so anyhow, she gets what is it, fifty five million twenty eight? Yeah, that, that, that's insane. Never... I, I don't I don't understand that that judgment. It's uh, yeah. Uh, and but I I posted on the forum. I, I said, wouldn't this be funny if this whole thing was a setup and she like had the guy do this, and then and then sued him. And of course, he has no money, so it doesn't matter. If she beats him. But and, we're and... not talking about someone that's faking, you know, a finger. No, and I, I no, I don't. I, mean, I don't think this, this is woman's really... got money. You know, she's. No, I don't think that's really happened. I just thought that would have been really clever yeah. if that got pulled off. But look, that's an insane judgment for this. Uh, I, I can understand. I can understand uh, suing them and, and winning some kind of judgment for what happened here. I, I don't like any kind of judgment. How, how do you get fifty-five million for for when nobody was 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 physically harmed? How, how is that even possible? Nobody's physically harmed, and, and her, her her privacy was violated. Yeah, and now she claims million? that she can't walk into an NFL stadium without feeling embarrassed. That's all right. They, they, I'll let someone look in the peephole of my room when I'm taking my clothes off for fifty-five million. I'm serious. Somebody's got fifty-five million dollars. But that here. was my point. That you thought the judgment was was too much. I, I, yeah. Well, not should. only that, but uh, here this is. Let, let me get to the list of things. No, but if you take it apart and look at it, the fact she's only going to get half of it. Then when you talk about lawyers and costs and fees, she's only looking at maybe six or seven million out of the whole thing. No. What do you mean no? How is she going to get six or seven out of fifty? Well, she's not going to get the twenty-eight million from the dude. The dude is is is, is judgment proof. So take away twenty-eight million right there. Okay. Then that so that leaves twenty-seven million. Then the other thing you have to realize, and this is something I did not know either. That in cases like this, uh, I'm trying to think of the term they use, but because there is no harm done, no physical harm done, she will have to pay taxes on that judgment as well. I didn't know that. It's it's taxable. So, well, okay, so the judgment was 55, and it's going to be appealed anyhow, so it's kind of useless, I guess, that we're debating this. But it's 55. The dude pays 28. The sicko dude pays 28. Okay, never going to happen. He doesn't have 28 million. He doesn't even have a job. Okay, the Marriott affiliate company that they sued, the twenty-seven million. Okay, so from that twenty-seven million, there's court costs, there's you know attorneys' fees, and most people said it was like forty to fifty percent. Is not normally the rate? No, not not in a huge case like this. They, they they when there's this money this much money to recover they they'll do it for less they, the the forty percent thing is when you're in an auto accident and they they got to recover uh, you know ten thousand dollars and they, they to make it worth their time they have to charge a higher percentage. 
But anyway, the, the point is here that even if you ignore the, half the judgment that went towards the guy who you will never collect from, it's it's still too much. It, it's still too much. Nobody nobody got hurt. It was a uh, an embarrassing thing. I, I understand how uh, someone ha- should pay for this, but uh, n- not anything to this extent. And uh, and not only that, it wasn't malicious. People were just stupid. The only malicious person was the the guy who recorded her, and she's not going to be able to collect anything from from him. The the rest of it was just negligence. And then, did you hear the day before the jury finished their deliberations? Uh, one guy in the restaurant of the hotel, who's an executive for the Marriott, was caught at a table watching the video. Yeah, I did heard you hear about this. Yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, like what is just what is wrong with people? Just in general, how I don't. You know, I, I, mean, I watched. I watched the video. I found it boring. I turned it I off. After I mean, a short time. It's, yeah, it is. Northern California guy, please give me your take, sir. I haven't seen the video. Well, it's on the fraud site. It's, you're not missing that much. No, you're okay. not missing much at all. And but, and uh, yeah, this is what she said uh, that that she's changed. Uh, oh, it's the same thing you changed, or the yeah. same thing you do anyhow. I read yeah, that. Yeah, is, she puts on the do not serb sign. Yeah, she this is what she said. She, said. she said that she, as soon as she gets to a hotel, she changes her room from the one she was originally booked in. I, I do that pretty often. Uh, Andrew, she, she doesn't allow anyone to bring her bags to her room. Well, you like do me. that too. Uses the do not disturb sign. That's the first thing I do when I get there. And, and doesn't allow room service to deliver food. That sounds like it's me. So no one gives me $55 million to do. Like She's talking about all these hardships that she has to do all these things. These, these aren't really hardships. These are things that a lot of people do just because they uh, they like privacy. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to admit, though, they still fucked up. How are they going to tell? Of course tell, they did. They, I mean, you can't give someone their, you know. They, I mean, they and they enabled the dude to stalk her. I mean, that, it's, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean. Well, yeah, yeah. I, there should be some penalty. I thought that was excessive. Okay, so what, what's the other thing you wanted to Last about? thing, uh, and I know you're not that much of a sports guy, but it, it was major news. A living legend retired, uh, what was it, Monday, two days ago, okay, from their uh, respective career in sports. You know who I'm referring to, Jeff? Probably the, out of the three major sports, it's the one you don't follow the most. Peyton Manning? Very good. There we go. So I just figure it off real quick, little, you know, let's sum up his career, our opinions, therefore. And ironically enough, he left the Denver Broncos because there really wasn't, as they like to use in these uh, political terms now, a path going forward, meaning he wasn't going to have a place on the team. And the quarterback that was supposed to be his uh, replacement uh, left today via free agency, uh, Brock Osweiler, and left to go to uh, Houston. Anyhow. Drop your thoughts on Manning. I know you're not the biggest football guy. Uh, one of the all-time greats. Do you think he's the greatest ever? Second only to Brady. What What are your thoughts on Manning? Well, he definitely had a great career. Uh, it was time to end it. He, he first of all, he didn't play well at, at the Super Bowl, and uh, and that's overlooked because this team won, and, and because Carolina played so poorly, so he uh, he got away with it. But he didn't play well. Uh, if if Carolina played better, or if the defense there. Uh, was worse than the, the talk would be how Manning choked at at the Super Bowl in his final Super Bowl. Uh, he he's forty years old on March twenty fourth. Very good. He, uh, he did you look that up or did you know that off the top? I, of your I head? knew he, I knew it was in March two thousand sixteen. I looked up the twenty fourth part, but I knew Very it was in March two thousand sixteen. He's been forty years old. He he was playing like he's forty years old. 
uh, it was time to end it. It's, it, it. You had a great career. There's no point to stretch out an extra year or two when you're going to be a shell of your former self. I think a lot of athletes make that mistake. They just don't want to accept that. Uh, uh, Father time has caught up. Yeah, with them. that they're just not the same person athletically as they once were. They may have. They may look relatively the same, and they may be the same person, but uh, their body's not the same anymore. And do, and uh, do you think he's one of the best ever? Yeah, he's he's one of the best ever. And and, and uh, I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to follow this up in your lifetime that you can remember. Name for me the five best quarterbacks in in order of greatness that you can remember. And I'll well, I'll do the same. In Northern California. I'm not sure. Who watches that? Well, Northern California. Do you watch American football? Yeah, I do. Okay. So draft just five in your life. I mean, you know, people say Joe Namath or. You know, Terry Bradshaw, I mean, I, I just don't remember. You know, I wasn't alive, or in that Terry Bradshaw's case, I was too young, so I never really include them. You know, the first real quarterback I remember that was great was Joe Montana. And Steve Young, like that era is when I first started to really be able to follow. So what are your five? Hmm. Well, oh, uh, you know, oh, I, had to, I had to put, uh, I had to put uh, John Elway up there. Yeah, and, I agree. And... Uh, I have Elway up there for sure. Tom Brady is, an, is another one, and uh, and Peyton Manning, and uh, let's see who else. You got guys like Marino, Steve Elway. Never okay. started Steve Elway, Steve Young, Marino. Some people would put Rossenberger in yeah, there. I think, one, Ross, two, I think Rossenberger, maybe maybe Marino, and. Uh, uh, Jim Kelly, even though he didn't win a Super Bowl, he's regarded as one of the best quarterbacks of that era. Went the four in a row. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Northern California, your thoughts and opinions on Manning? I think that retirement was a no-brainer. I didn't really understand why it was drawn out as long as he could, but I don't know. I kind of thought this last Super Bowl came on borrowed time. Because about halfway through yeah. the season, they were talking about how he might not ever play a game again. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, borrowed time. I mean, I, I think it's probably good that he got his second one so that he didn't have the his brother looming over him with one more Super Bowl. That was probably kind of an embarrassment for him. Well, but, that's a huge thing. I mean, people don't yeah. realize he's now going to he's gonna finish his career with a 2-2 two and two record in, in Super Bowls. And there's a big difference between two and two and one and three. I mean, yeah, this, I think this, it changes the narrative a lot. Yeah, that, that oh, is a huge difference. Total, yeah. Totally, totally. And he's also, which is funny enough, he's the only quarterback he's to, to go to four different Super Bowls under four different coaches, and he's the only Super Bowl quarterback to win two Super Bowls with two different teams, which I didn't know. I kind of would have figured some other quarterback would have moved to another team and, and won a Super Bowl with them, but I guess it never happened. I can't think of one, and I read it, and I, I'm thinking, no, that can't be right. No, I heard the same thing. But yeah, he, he's the only one, and he also, like I said, four different quarter, uh, four different uh, coaches he's had. Yeah. By, by the way, I, I I I don't think I mentioned Joe Montana. I know you, I think you quickly mentioned him, but he, he yeah. should be he should be in the top five for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, definitely. I don't. You know what? I don't know. I, it'd be hard pressed for me. And I'll just say a couple of things, and I'll be done. We can get off. It'd be hard pressed for me to actually name a top five in like order. And that's what I asked you to do. Yeah, so I, I, I would. I would generally go with the same quarterbacks that you listed. Um, you know, I know like a lot of people are going to be biased, and they take Tom Brady easily. You know, I'll be honest. If he had won every single Super Bowl, 
or had gone, maybe lost one. What is he? I think he's four and two in Super Bowls. I believe that that's what his record is. Um, you know, I, I'd have to say hands down, just based on that. And you know, listen, there's no taking away from him. He, he he's a great quarterback. And uh, you know, Manning. The one thing I could say about Manning when people ask, uh, he, he was great. He's great. He's one of the all-time best. But you know, the thing about him is, I think he could have been the best if if he would have won. If he had never lost the Super Bowl, maybe even gone three and one. Uh, you know, right now, basically, he has every record. You know, he, 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 I think it was two years ago in Denver, he broke Brett Favre's, you know, for touchdown passes and yards. And, um, I mean, but you can't even argue he was the winningest NFL quarterback in regular season in the history. I mean, it just, his numbers back it up even more over Brady. Uh, but, you know, it just, there's something about him, like, and like I said, although he's great, I don't ever think he's, anyone's ever going to say he was the best there ever was. Like, think about Jordan. You know, there are a lot of people that say Michael Jordan, you know, was the best. And even football, you hear people say Joe Montana was the best. I don't think you're ever going to really hear that from, you know, with that degree about uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, I think it was a no-brainer that he retired. The one thing I'm afraid of is he may come back. Now, I mean, Denver literally has no quarterback now. And you know how these guys are, especially quarterbacks in football. They sit out a year, a team comes calling. You know, Brett Favre did that with uh, the Jets, and then he did it with the Vikings. Um but either way, you know what? Uh, the worst thing they can say about him over almost 20 years is that he mooned a trainer as an 18 or 19 year old kid in, in Tennessee. And that's all stupid. You know, it's all being brought up now, which I never understood. I knew about this 20 years ago because I lived in the South and, and, you know, Tennessee was, you know, a rivalry in the SEC with, with school I went to. And so that was never news. It came out, you know, 20 years ago that they paid the trainer. And now it's kind of strange why, why, it almost seems like they're trying to smear him now. Um, he's never been a guy that you've heard about getting DUIs, you know, beating his wife, getting any kind of trouble. And then, of course, the thing with the HGH, you know, with his wife, which, you know, like it, it, the way I thought about it, and I was talking with a friend about this the other day, uh, if he used HGH to recover from, you know, he had three neck fusion surgeries and uh bunch of other elements. I mean, the guy literally is lucky he can even walk. You know, it was a tremendous risk for him to come back and play football. If he used that to rehab, uh, you know, I think they need to just re-examine the, the, the whole sport of, 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 or just all the sports in general when it comes to that. Uh, yesterday, I just saw Maria Sharapova, yeah. who's won every sort of tournament. I'm not, a, I'm not a tennis expert at all, but she has like what they call the career grand slam, and she's a big name in tennis. She's looking at at least... A two-year suspension from the sport, maybe even four, which would effectively end her career. I mean, she's already 31, I think, or 32. Uh, really? That long for a drug that was just yeah, know, put that's, on the that's, list? I mean, that's, that's pretty harsh. That's what ESPN says. And, I don't, you know, again, I, I don't – I just read the news and I can tell you guys what I read. And, you know, that's what, that's what it was. It's four years. And then if there was some extenuating circumstances, it could be two years. Um but because, you know, I think it's actually even different than if it was like a recreational drug. I think if she was like using cocaine, you know, or definitely pop, but even if cocaine, she probably would have got off lighter, uh, you know, because it's the fact that it, that, that now this is the thing. And this is why she's going to have a hard time apparently litigating this. The drug company came out and said that their drug that they make should only be is only recommended to be used for stretches of four to six weeks. Um she had been using it for 10 years, she claimed, which is why she didn't know that it just recently, as of January of this year, was on a list 
of banned substances. I guess it helps with your breathing and, and your stamina, you know, basically like every other performance enhancing drug does. So, but, uh, anyhow, uh, you know, it, it, it seems kind of strange or it will next year when football season starts and Peyton Manning isn't there. I mean, he's been basically a fixture all, you know, for my entire adult life in football. Um, but I'll go on record and say, I don't know if he's a hundred percent done. I wouldn't be shocked if he took a year off or six, eight months off and rehabbed his body, his feet, and just got some rest and, and came back to a contender. I wouldn't be shocked. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to say that I think that may happen. I think he may have one more rodeo. Maybe, maybe not, but I, I'm, well, if, if he's that. smart, he won't do that. Okay. I, we, we've got to end this here. So well, can we, can Northern trader, your Northern guy say goodbye? Yeah, we've got, we got the song here. So. Yeah. Northern, well, uh, I, just, I actually wanted to bring up like one super quick thing that I yeah, saw that was stop the music, Druff. Go ahead. I, I, this will only take a couple minutes, but it was something sure. I noticed. I don't know. Are either of you guys wa- watch Jeopardy? I, wa- I haven't watched in a couple weeks, but I am a big Jeopardy guy. Okay, so two, not this night, but the night before, I saw something that I almost never see on there where going into final Jeopardy, this woman had more than double the second place guy, so they call it runaway. Yeah, and she actually bet a huge portion of her of her total that actually did she would have break put her the, at risk lose? to lose. She lost as a runaway. No, no, she actually she actually won, but she bet enough that if she'd got it wrong, she would have lost. That's, that's I've insane. never she seen that before. That's insane. I'd never seen it in all my years. You know, that's like that's like the poker equivalent of, of having. Uh, one of the biggest stacks in a satellite, in a super satellite, and then being on the bubble and and, and getting aces and deciding you're going to go all in. No, even more so than that. It's like being in first place or second, like that you're already assured that you're going to win the satellite, not even on the bubble. Like you, no, 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 no. I said it's on the bubble, and, and, you're, oh, and you're assured. Oh, and you, you're already you're guaranteed. You're, you're guaranteed okay. because your stack, you can just walk away in a blind, I, blind off and win, and, and you get aces and you go all in. I, I, I've watched... I mean, I don't know, a thousand episodes, you know, by Alex Jacob was on and I watched the entire tournament of champions. And normally when there's like a special week that comes on, I'll, I'll you know, actually even watch it live. I've never seen that before. What I have seen, which is strange, is I've seen all three contestants finish with zero. Yeah. I've seen that like three times. I saw is, that recently, too. Yeah, there was one. There, there was one a couple of weeks ago, which, uh, you know, is odd. But I've never seen anyone do the math where there is no way they could be caught and still risked. You know that, that's crazy. But she, she had fourteen thousand six hundred, and the next closest guy had seventy two hundred. So if, <laughs> obviously, if he doubled, that's fourteen four. But she bet over seven thousand on final. Do you know, well, there's two things I think that we could really only explain it. The first thing would be if she did the math wrong, which I, I, I don't think that's possible because I no, because it wasn't even close. Yeah, right. And I also yeah. know like it's not like it is on TV. Like there are large breaks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when they're done with the final round, you know, it's not like... She'd have time to calculate Exactly, right. And the second, the only other thing I could think of, possibly, is whatever the final Jeopardy subject was, maybe that was her specialty in college. Well, yeah, well, maybe she just wanted more money, instead of thinking. Yeah, but that doesn't... It's dumb, but... I mean, would you, could that, would anyone that could make it that far in Jeopardy and be that intelligent risk getting knocked off, you know, not coming back the next, excuse me, the next day to try to making another seven thousand dollars yeah it's crazy so maybe do you yeah. remember what do you remember what the subject was yeah it was uh i believe it was western hemisphere and the question was there was there's two 
state capitals and two Panamanian ports named after this European explorer. And it was Columbus, and I got it pretty quick, and all three contestants got it. So she got it. She nailed it. But it just still seems like a, a crazy risk that you ne- I've never, ever seen that on all the episodes I've watched. I just thought it was something noteworthy to bring up. Wow. Okay. You know what? My favorite all-time Jeopardy question, or final Jeopardy, is because I nailed it. And, and, and I was in a room full of people that didn't know. I'll ask you, uh, Northern California, the only two states... United States that have absolutely no form of legalized gambling. I know it. I know Hawaii it. Hawaii and Alaska? Nope. Nope. Drop, go ahead and tell Hawaii them. Hawaii and Utah. Yep. Hawaii and Utah. There That's you it. go, kiddo. Good job. Very good. Good job. All right. Well, when, when are we going to be back, Druff? Next week? Yeah, next week should be normal time, uh, March 16th, 2016. It'll be daylight saving time, so be aware of that if you're in an area of the country which does not have it. We're going to be starting at 7.30 Pacific Daylight Time. So if you're in Arizona, for example, it'll be 7.30 your time as well. And same with Hawaii. Uh, be careful because it's you don't have daylight savings there either. Just keep in mind we'll be on daylight savings time next week. It's going to be on Sunday. The clocks move one hour forward. Hey, can we incorporate that law and order soundbite into what we're doing now? Because that's kind of good for the fraud. It's like a good fraud sound. <laughs> All right, so... I mean, Trader Rishi claimed that he was a huge law and order fan, so every single one day he couldn't even name two of the, the most pro- prolific characters on the show. Yes. You think maybe he's not who he says he is and there really is no assistant? Maybe there's no herbal tea. Yeah. Well, maybe the maybe the herbal tea is just a little stronger herb than the chamomile. You're <laughs> <laughs> the California guy. You a Law and Order fan? Uh, I, I've seen a few episodes, but I wouldn't call myself a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Druff, what about you, Law and Order fan? You know, when I've seen it, for the most part, I've enjoyed it. But it's one of these things I just don't ever seem to seek out. So I have, I've seen very few episodes. Would you have known either of my questions? No. All right, people. So, as I said, we'll be back in a week, and uh, it should be a normal episode at that point. And Hero Poker for the win. Isn't it strange that an episode that's about four hours and 45 minutes is a short episode? But that's what this was. Handicap me's not sending any money out, he said. Oh, well. It happens. That's, uh... That spunk, uh, Starbucks spunk bucket, he's telling you to check that email. I will. I'll check oh, everything. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And shout out to John Commode in the chat. <laughs> that handsome kid. Shalom. Shalom.